Hey friends, it's time for another season of the Adam Shearer Podcast. A big thank you for myself, Adam and Billy, for seeing us through to an historic fifth season where we're going to be looking at the reunion of DX and the absolute bowels of sports entertainment that was the 2006 period. We're very excited to get into it. We want to say a big shout out as always to our backers over at Patreon, patreon.com forward slash AE podcast where you can get access to all sorts of audio goodies and an extra special double big shout to Cell Games. They're a band who have done the absolute beautiful job of providing us with our theme and bed music for the new season. And if you like what you hear, you can check out Cell Games on Spotify or you can check them out at Cell Games Band on Twitter and the socials. Give them a listen, give them a like, give them a follow. Now let's get all aboard this big train for season number five of the Adachira podcast. Big train rolling down the line Makes me lonely Sometimes I wish To ride away Sometimes I want To ride away Yeah Hello everyone and welcome to the Adachira podcast season number five premiere hello once again it's me your old pal captain kevin joined as i am always in this new look at another attempt to cash in on the successes of the attitude era by my cohorts comrades and colleagues firstly to my right unquestionably the beanest man on the planet Adam Bibolo! Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. I feel strange. Uh, I'm good. It's, it's, it's a scary, scary set of circumstances for you. The it shoe is. is on the other foot this season. It literally is. This is the first time where I'm, like, just to put it in simple terms, I'm the Billy of the podcast mm. this season. <laughs> and it's not like we're doing a few episodes like this. This is a whole big-ass season where I've got no idea what's coming. So, this is going to be an intriguing journey for you, Adam. I'm very excited. I think you're going to like a lot of what you see, but I'm not going to lie, you're going to fucking hate a little bit. <laughs> yeah, let's remember that the theme of the season is the DX reunion. Yeah, the theme of the season is not Billy's Revenge. I've seen what some of you have been saying on Twitter. It's not the theme of the season. It's not. This is the part of DX that DX fans are like, oh, that wasn't very good. <laughs> and if I didn't like the DX that all the DX fans love, then I'm really not going to like the DX that the DX fans don't love. Why will say that this part is better than the 09 part. Okay. In terms of DX reunion. So and it's only going to get worse. Yeah. And the man with the lowest bar on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> the original Billy of the podcast. It's Billy Keeble. Hello, Hi. Billy. Hello. Wow, we're back in uh, the heady days of 2006. So headier these days that you and I literally reviewed the Saturday night's main event that came the week before this. Yes, we did. So go listen to that again if you haven't listened to it. So I feel like either you and I are going to bond even closer than ever before or absolutely bitterly fall out beyond all recognition over the course of this season. Maybe both. Maybe both. You know what? I forget given you for boys picks oh god you're officially forgiven excellent and adam you and i are joining up together for the next boys picks that's right you got the new two-man power trip right here baby we're double campaigning it i know some of you at home going that's interesting that kevin forgave billy and yet is teaming up with adam does that mean he's forgiven adam remains to be seen Hmm. this this i'm telling you the season-long background b storyline is going to be can they coexist? <laughs> this is big Clegg and Cameron energy. Absolutely. We, we've hired a director of long-term creative for this, you know, uh, so we're really excited yeah, for you, how the season's going to go. You sort that out. I'm just going to start chiseling away in my stone. 
start eating bacon sandwiches wrong, you know, just making it my <laughs> way. Ultimately, this this analogy just means you you two win. When did Ed Miliband chisel some do you stone? Not, do you not remember the his stone, stone his stone tablets? Yeah. Like, it, Ed's Ten Commandments. I know what we're watching after we finish this recording. Yeah. I've never heard of this. Couldn't find the WrestleMania 22 press conference, but I have that press conference on my <laughs> Well, here we are at the start of another season. Let's hope a pandemic doesn't derail this one like it did the last Aww. one. Uh, I, there was there was people who were telling us that you have to hurry up and start the season yep. unless another pandemic starts. As if we have any power over these things. I mean, let's be honest, we do. Like, I mean, we yeah. we kind of dragged it out a little bit because we didn't want to do Survivor Series. That was but... pretty much it, wasn't mm, it? Yeah. And I mean, there were goals and plans in season number four. I think we set out with some some things we wanted to, to, to look at and to kind of accomplish. We wanted to look at what came before our first season. We wanted to look at particularly the role of D-Generation X. Yep. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's rise and other characters as well, like Rocky Maivia becoming The Rock, Mankind yep. becoming you know, kind of more of a household name, etc. And we should also say, because we alluded to this in the past, but we knew that we were doing this. Even before we started season yes. four, we knew mm. we were doing the DX reunion. So we were watching DX through that lens of knowing that yeah. we're going to see them again later on. And actually, I think it's interesting because one of the original, original kind of motivators for us to do this very podcast was when we started... It felt like there was this awful amount of chat that DX were the architects. Yeah. And that yeah. word was coming into the lexicon because obviously we had the shield appearing in 2013 and mm-hmm. Seth Rollins became the architects. Yeah. We want everyone to know that these two tricksters were the architects of the most successful period in, in wrestling. And to, to further prove that, at time of recording, we're just about to have the 25th anniversary yep. episode of Raw dedicated to DX. And One keep, more time. The thing about the DX reunions is that they keep getting better. Every, every, every time. Every, every single every time. Everyone remembers Raw 1000, which we covered. You know, everyone just stood there. X-Pac wasn't allowed to say anything. Yep. And know. this time, Billy Gunn will not be allowed to say yeah. anything. No. <laughs> and don't any of you in the audience think of saying anything about him either, yeah? <laughs> Ominously, apparently, they have a plan to deal with that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> just guns <laughs> trained oh, on the audience. If you dare say, scissor me down. Yeah, we got Colton backstage held hostage. Don't try it, yeah? We got your ass, boys! (laughs) Now, I don't want to try and surmise everything that happened in season four because obviously the the joys of doing these seasons is that it's it's long form and we discover Mm. new stuff along the way. Who would have thought we'd have learned about the Ballad of Del Wilkes when we started in season Mm. number four? But I think a lot of stuff kind of came along the way. Is it safe to say we all gained a new appreciation for one Brett the Hitman Hart yes. oh, yeah. throughout the course of that season? He was the unanimous MVP of season four, I think. Yeah. Like, he, he really, my opinion of him changed dramatically as a result of doing that. How about your opinion of one Shawn Michaels? Because, I mean, we'd all heard the stories, and of course we had made great sport in making fun of those stories in season one, but actually... You know, not him just being like a visiting professor, him being mm. there every week, worried about him. I mean, did that make you more sympathetic to him? Where were you at with Sean at the end of season four, fellas? Um, I, I, I still think, for the most part, he was still putting on great matches all throughout, yeah. even, even post-injury. So I think match-work-wise, you can't really fault him. It's just the backstage stuff that was... In fairness, not orchestrated by himself, mm. but egged on by himself and Brett. A, v- a victim of both Vince McMahon, yeah. I think a little bit of Triple H so as well. I, I, yeah. think, I think there was some sympathy, because like, before season four, my opinion was, you know, Brett is just a, a bit old man. Yeah. Because I, I knew nothing about Brett, yeah. other than... 
he whines a lot. There are old episodes out there of the podcast where you're like, oh, Brett, he's a fucking miserable prick, isn't he? <laughs> like, you really and, fucking and, hate and, the and, guy. And that, that opinion hasn't changed because mm. he is a miserable prick. But, but there's, a, there's a justification. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, seeing the justification and hearing the stories of you know, him and Sean backstage and their words getting twisted around mm-hmm. each other by other people. Yeah. Sean having to go to people in management literally crying because of things that have been said about him. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, I think I've done two episodes now about HBK for How To Wrestling. Mm. I mean, I thought I knew the whole story for the most part, but in the last year or two in particular, Sean has opened up a little extra layer of that onion and been willing to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, what he was going through. And, you know, it ain't, it ain't hyperbole to say that, you know, Triple H will be setting an alarm every night, you know, every two hours, wake up, go, make sure the dip is out of his mouth, yeah. you know, make sure he's rolled over on his side. So when he, it's not a question of if, when he gets sick yeah. in his sleep, that it will not be, you know, a terrible ordeal, he won't die. Mm-hmm. And also as well, he would literally load him onto a luggage car and take him out, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like it's just good to touch on that because we're going to have a very different Shawn Michaels. That's true. Very and true. A different, but ultimately very similar Triple H in, yeah. in this season. Mm. As much well. more empowered and emboldened Triple H than we had last time. Yeah, like, now I want to talk a little bit about you, Adam, because you've uh, recently just kind of come to embrace it. We're in 2022 now. Since the end of the last season, there has been great upheaval in the world of wrestling, and no mm. doubt by the time this has come out, even more upheaval in the world of wrestling. Yep. The man sits on top of the literal throne of wrestling. He does. Triple H. Yep. He's your guy. He is my guy. He's your guy. I've taken the public stance now that I'm not shying away from it. I'm not dancing around it anymore. I fucking love Triple H. Don't get me wrong. Well, we've all, all three of us have been Triple we've H We've always guys. been Triple H guys. We've always been Triple H apologists or the ones that will always like, you know, praise him when he doesn't otherwise get praised. And I feel like over the years of like enough instances of me praising Triple H and enjoying him over and over again, I have to admit that I actually just am a really big Triple H fan. And is that like in ring or him as a character or him as an executive slash creator? Is, is it the creator or the destroyer? Which, which dragon am I chasing here? Huh? As a performer, a character and a creative mind, I have a lot of respect for Triple H. I do think he's a massive prick. I think he's a big piece of shit in many, many ways. And yeah. he has done a lot of awful things in his career. Like, it's not all yeah. gold. If like, someone's coming at you with the laundry list of things he's done wrong, probably you'll be familiar with almost everything on that list, I would yeah. imagine. But it's like one of those things where it's like, no, I can't fucking stand that band, man. And someone's like, but you like this song, and you like this song, and this song, and this song, and this song. And it turns out, actually, I am a fan. I've just never acknowledged it before. Like, yeah, I should probably point out that Adam, who did come dressed to one of the live shows as Triple H, yeah. coming out to Triple H's music, I it's fucking... probably less of a shock for some people. I worked <laughs> out like Triple H and ate like Triple H. I mm. lived Triple H's life. Of course I'm a Triple H fan. Because you are a Triple H. I That's am the game. We should probably get through this nice and quick because you have to go back to running the wrestling company yeah, now. I'm fucking knackered, mate. <laughs> get yeah. three hours sleep every night. Yeah, like. this could be like something to wrestle after Bruce Pritchard came back to WWE and like fall asleep in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Keep the energy up. We'll keep it going. Don't worry. We'll keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> So here we are with an episode that I once put forth for boys' picks. You did? And no one voted for it, and yet everyone seems 
delighted that we're like we did our live show recently. I have people coming up shaking my hand, be like, "Thank you for doing this." Yeah, like, you know, genuine. I I've been stunned by the response because this is us moving away from the attitude era again. Like we did that in season two, we moved away from the attitude era, but we were like it was very short and condensed. This is a big fleshy season of ruthless aggression, and a part of me was worried. Like, are people gonna care about this? Oh yeah, people really fucking care. For a lot of people, this is their childhood. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of people like yourself, Billy, which is this is peak nostalgia for them. This was my first WrestleMania. Oh, this Bill. is the first WrestleMania I ever saw. Oh my god! Like, I didn't ask this question. I think in season four because I would get varying responses of I don't know. I was a fucking child, but mm. I will ask y'all now at the start, April second, two thousand and six. Do you know whereabouts you would have been in life? Also, brackets, what was your wrestling fandom looking like at that point in time? I'll start with you, Adam. I was in year 10 of high school. I was finally... That's a shit year, year 10. It's, it? it's a shit year, but I'll be Grow honest. up, now. I, I, had, <laughs> I had such a fucking rotten year 8 and year 9 that year 10 is actually when it started to get a little bit decent. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. when you get to like, pick your own subjects. Yeah, and I... More autonomy. And I had a good group of friends by this point who like we always like looked out for each other. So what age whatnot. would you have been around that time for the, for the Americans, etc.? I would have been 15. Okay. Oh, no, sorry, at the time of paper, you would have been 14 but okay. like around that ballpark yeah, yeah. and at this point in time wrestling was something that i still occasionally like chatted about with friends and like joked about because a lot of my pals loved the attitude era growing up but we were all in agreement of like yeah, we don't watch it though anymore oh right it's lame now like we make jokes about J- you remember when jr at wrestlemania 17 was like my god my god son of a bitch we would joke about things we remembered but we were all in agreement like we we don't fucking watch it though right. we keep, keep an eye on each other make sure i'm not watching that shit like and like this is intriguing for you because like you're you're at that kind of period like you're talking that now you're like post wrestling fan and i think that's when i was 14 or 15 which would have been around the time of i guess season three when we did that i think was the height of my you know wrestling yes. fandom as a yeah. kid so the idea of you being like kind of post wrestling yeah well, now my brother would have you know, given up a similar age bracket as well and for him it was like oh the new guys the the randy orton's the batistas yep. the people who he's like when they debuted he was grumbling about it. and then it's like two years later they are like the names in the industry yes. so it's very much like a wrestling's not for me anymore mm-hmm. was it like that with you were there particular characters or people who would come in or conversely, you had left that made you feel it was no longer your show because kane's still there man you see it was more like it became for a big part of it it was sort of like the judgment of being a wrestling fan like everyone fucking stopped during or just after the invasion like everyone i knew that watched wrestling at that point in time gave up on it and it's not because they were all wcw fans was it no 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 no. No, it was like a sort of a thing of like oh no i'm done with wrestling now that's for kids like i've grown out of it and if you were someone that still watched wrestling and had the nerve to admit it out loud you would get the fucking shit ripped out of you for it. Like people really piled on whenever they found out someone still watched wrestling. Would you? Like, would you have been a pile on her? Would you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was absolutely. I was such a Richard Hammond kid where I'm there like, ah! <laughs> so they're making fun of someone else, not me today. So I'm loving this. Like, yeah, like imagine like in wrestling, like hiding your cane mask. Under that's your it. Like, and there was for years there was a curiosity. Like I would occasionally, if my granddaughter was watching wrestling, I would sit and watch it with him, or I'd tune in on Sky Sports and be like, oh, Eddie Guerrero's fighting. That's Bradshaw. Oh. Wow. Wow, okay. So you would had, see your bits here and there, yeah. I had a morbid curiosity where every now and then I'd have a little peek and see what's going on. But I had this sort of base level embarrassment of like, oh no, I can't watch wrestling anymore. It's for kids. Like, it's so interesting. Like, I feel like there's part of that that I think is like probably definitely relatable for the youth of today still. But I always think Stuart Lee talks about this uh, uh, in, in his book where he's like, 
you know, back in, you know, the seventies or the eighties, and I'll extend that to the nineties and early nineties. If you mm. wanted to get into something, say you wanted to get into yo-yos or whatever it was, you have to like, you know, put in the work, the research, you have to find those people, you yeah. have to maybe start a correspondence right away, join yeah. a magazine. Whereas I feel like I mean, when I was teaching, I knew a lot of kids who were like massive wrestling fans and they were an island upon them, upon themselves because it was entirely online. They consumed media online. Yep. You know, they watched Brian Zane and like, mm -hmm. you know, that. and I remember thinking there was like, hey, I've got four or five wrestling fans in this class and all of them are in complete isolation. Yes. And I don't think that Individually could, enjoying it. I don't think that could have happened in 2006. See, I mean, the, the, the internet's still there, but it's not like, yeah. it, not like now Even with the without, social plug-in. Like. Without the internet, I just want to sort of go back and say to my young self, just be like, just watch it and just keep quiet. If you're so worried about what, because mm. that was the main driving force is I was worried about what other people would yeah. think. Like, yeah, I didn't enjoy wrestling as much as I used to, but I probably could have carried on if I wasn't so concerned with what everyone else thought of me. And yeah, at the same time, I'm happy to like go home from school and go to my bedroom and play with Lego and toys years after yeah, everyone yeah, else yeah. had their <laughs> toys. So I was okay keeping that secret, but for some reason I couldn't do it with wrestling. Like, uh, would a wrestling game take oh, you yeah, fancy Absolutely. I, I never yeah. dropped out of the wrestling game. So I, I got like, shut your mouth and here comes the pain and oh, Smackdown versus Raw. Good stuff. So I always had a baseline knowledge of like, oh, okay, so that's Randy Orton, the guy in the blue pants with the yellow stripes down the side. Okay, I got it. Like, I had a rough idea of who people were on the rosters and stuff. It's very interesting. I think it might be something worth paying attention to throughout this season, but I know there's a lot of people listening who, you know, maybe some people older, some people younger, but those video games, that was the fandom for many years. Yeah. You know, the show wasn't maybe for them, but wrestling video games kept that torch alive Absolutely. and they got back into it later. Exactly. Now, Billy Keeble, 2006, how old were you? Where were you at wrestling-wise? Uh, I would have been 14, just... And also, the great level of restraint for every time you've told me your ages, I have not went, if you know... What I mean. <laughs> because I got a very heartfelt email from a Beatles fan who was like, please stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Do so. It was, it was a different time. It was, it was the attitude here, man. You know? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would have been 14. I would have been in year nine. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would have been watching. Like, we, I, I still can't put an exact finger on when I started watching wrestling mm. because there's stuff that I remember from like 2004. Yeah, that's oh, it. You, you said before, I remember like La Resistance, like, and they're, they're like feud to try and move WWE head offices to Montreal. <laughs> and like, I can't remember when that was. That's 04, I that's think. That's 04 yeah. or 05. So mm. I've been watching for eight years, but I don't think I was watching pay per views. Yeah. yeah. I was just I was watching Raw, I was watching SmackDown, I was watching Velocity. Ah, baby. I, Velocity. The, the big three. Yeah. I, <laughs> and I knew nobody else who watched wrestling. Wow. And so what drew you to it then? Because I think you know, for a lot of us, it's like, for me, I, I know I started watching wrestling because it was like my brother and his friends, they yeah. seemed cool and they watched it. And I remember being super snarky about it at the start and then be like, oh no, I love it. Yeah. But like the idea of an isolation, I know you marched the beat of your own drum. What what drew you in? Was it just something that was on TV that was different? Yeah, or? like I think, I, I, th I think it literally started with me just flicking through Sky mm. and it being like a Sunday morning where they had like, you know, the condensed Smackdown. Yes. Ah, or yeah, the condensed yeah, yeah. Raw yeah. Yeah. like condense it down to like an hour and a half mm -hmm. or like just an hour and i was like okay and it was the thing that drew me to it because me and my brother who's two years younger than me got into it at the same time he was very drawn to the faces you know he loved cena he loved triple h he loved sean i was instantly drawn to the weirder characters along with the heels right yeah because mm -hmm. yeah. i was at that time i would have been a goth kid 
with sh- below shoulder length dyed black this is hair. This when you were yeah. Will, not Will. 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 Will on Will. Yeah, this, I was in a I was in a shit band called Diavora and Viva La Bill. And like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I was listening to my Mudbane and my Siva. Uh-huh. You're gonna basically recognize all the. Music oh yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> and like, all oh, that was my jam. And like, I, I, it was just I was just I just got hooked. It felt almost as if it was like a cultural fit for you. Like that's it. it. Was your yeah. music, yeah. your scene, your style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like every every pay per view had a song. It was like there, there were some bands like I didn't like, like Theory of a Dead Man, who were like mm. big WWE mainstays, but like. Mudvayne got used in pay-per-views. Yeah. The, we, we talked about it. Remedy by Seether got used at one of the Bill, uh, Bill's picks. Yeah, so it's so a question. What, you said this is your first WrestleMania. What yeah. took you from the kind of casual, oh, it's, it's flipping through the channels, to I'm going to watch WrestleMania? Because this is in the period, I think, when you would have to start paying for it. I know there was a long period in my childhood where they were for, all for yeah. free. Mm. This would have been a paid yeah. for or a bit of business. Um, so. It was Vince versus Sean. <laughs> Wow. I, was, I, was, I was like, I've, I've got to see this. Yeah. I, I, I have to see this match. Uh-huh. Fucking and because, like, I liked Sean more than I liked Triple H. Yeah. But I also had no idea what DX was. Yeah. And they were so, starting to allude to yeah. this, is, this is why we're coming here. Yeah. I, I, so I had no idea what DX was. I just thought Vince is so evil. I need to see him and Shane get taken down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, I, I convinced my dad to buy this pay-per-view. Wow. So like, and at this point, you were definitely, like, solidly on board. Because we've already had SummerSlam 05 with Eddie versus Ray for Dominic. Mm. Like, so you were definitely, like, firmly, I am a wrestling fan now yeah. at this point. It's just time. I wasn't watching every pay-per-view. I'd, yeah. like, catch every... Like, some of, the, some of the pay-per-views would be free still. Some of them would be uh, yeah, yeah. full yeah. pay-per-view. But and they're like, never on at sociable hours either. No, like, we had a lot of correspondence from people where, like, this was the one where I finally worked up the courage to ask mum and dad yeah. for the bill payers' permission we before would... I pressed that big red button, brother. <laughs> we, we, we had a t- big TV setup because obviously my dad's massive into American football. Yeah, yeah. That gets shown late at night. So we had, like, a three VCR setup kind of thing. So, was, so, like, he would, like, wake up at 2 a.m. because the NFL starting then, mm-hmm. press record on his tapes, yeah, and then record all the games on VHS. HS. Wow. So he bought Sky and all of this just for NFL. Yeah. And see. then wrestling was like an added bonus on top of it for me. Amazing. The Americana running through the yeah. cable Seriously. So for me, I, I would have been just 18 at this point in time. Wow. Which is wild to think. And the, the greatest thing that happened to me at that point in time was for my 18th birthday, I'd saved up all my money and asked my mum and dad for a, 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 a computer which the DVDs loaded on the side. On, oh, on, yeah. Cool. No tower here, folks. Yeah. Uh, that's right. I found a way to have all of the lack of functionality of a laptop with none of the portability <laughs> as well. <laughs> so I basically, that that was the year I think my rest and fandom and kind of, you know, I was the, the die was cast, let's just say, because mm. I was around two or three years at that point of like, no fucker watch rest and scale yeah. at all. Because I had my original kind of attitude era childhood I had that kind of shaky moment, you know, what we talked about in season three, where I kind of people who were fans who I met suddenly stopped being fans. Mm. But what was always interesting for me was that 0203 and the rise of Brock Lesnar. That was when wrestling fandom was in this weird kind of rowdy place because all all the boys in my boys' school who are all into rugby saw Brock Lesnar as mm. the alpha male of our species, as Pat you know likes to call him. Yeah. And they all adored him. You know, this is the type of time where, like, you know, if you were in PE class and there was a big enough boy there, you were going up for the F5. Like, you know. <laughs> so you might as well watch wrestling. It was the most... And there was a lot of people who watched wrestling because... 
the, the rugby team watch wrestling. Yep. And then I remember watching WrestleMania 20 being there with all the all the big meaty beefy boys. And uh, guys, put the Cree team down. The the Brock Lesnar Goldberg match is about to start. Oh no! And I was the only one in that room by the end of the evening. Oh. One wow. by one, people literally left, and mm. then I found myself in 2004 being the only fucker in the entire school who watched wrestling again. I'd go down at night on my own. And it used to be like 10, 20 people would come down and sneak down after hours in boarding mm-hmm. school to watch the pay-per-view. I'd go in on my own. I'd just be sat on my own watching it. Like, um. So it became kind of very isolated. But it also became the time where like, you know, the wrestling channel had been around for a bit at that point. Oh, yeah. My taste had broadened a little bit. I'd mm-hmm. seen TNA, Ring of Honor, a bit of CMLL. And the big, big, big thing that happened was when I got that computer and I had, I had you know, proper internet for the first time at home. I got LimeWire, so I started yeah. you know, downloading old ECW oh, shows. Yeah. I got to see One Night Stand 2005, which yeah. I didn't get to see before. And I started filling in the gaps of my knowledge and finding out mm. more of the stuff that I liked. And this is such an interesting period. This was absolutely, unquestionably, I, this was a frustrating time because I thought wrestling was, had never been better at this point in my mind. Mm. And I'd been the boy who cried return of wrestling greatness yeah. too many times. I'll never forget getting my cousin be like, no, come here, come here. Come here, come here, come here. And he's like, what? He's like, just, just come here. It's like before, like when we were young, right? Look at this, look. And it was This Mick- guy, Gene Snitsky. Yeah. <laughs> so this is him. you, Gene. <laughs> and it was it was Mick Foley doing the, the promo on Randy Orton. Oh, the, yeah. The yeah, Caverns yeah. of Gore. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was literally like covered in goosebumps. Like, you're, this is the greatest thing ever. And you're going to like wrestling again, right? Because you love Mick, remember? Mm-hmm. We love Mick. This is him. And he was like, why is he spitting so much? And I was like, no. Oh, it's too late. So I was kind of like post thinking I'd ever have wrestling comrades yeah. ever again. Mm-hmm. But man, this was a period that I was absolutely jazzed for because it felt like there'd been so many years when they were trying aggressively to put distance between themselves and the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. Forget about Austin, he's gone. Forget about The Rock, he's gone. It's all this different stuff now. And I was reading Brian Gerwitz's book, you know, over over the summer. And mm. he, he wrote in there about when WrestleMania 19 came around, a couple of years before this, they said the idea was we're going to take two steps backwards now. And then we're going to take a giant step forward. Like the idea that WrestleMania is going to do a third of the buys that it did the year before. They're like, it's fine because we're going to do the brand split. Mm-hmm. New guys, Randy, Batista, Cena, you know, 20 and 21. You can see the evolution of those characters yeah. being crowned. And at 22, like, those are all names that are considered to be the top names of the sport. Yeah. But what's so interesting that even though we're here in 2006 in the midst of that huge leap forward, possibly on the tail end of that, we're bringing back DX. Yeah. We brought back McFoley. Mm. We're bringing back ECW. Yeah. It yeah. feels like we've taken a giant leap forward, but our eyes are firmly placed yeah, on the past. Yeah. And I was more than ready for some late 90s nostalgia in the middle of the 2000s. Which I do still believe is saucy and spicy, very much like the early Attitude Era. Oh, for mm. sure. It's fucking ruthless aggression. That's the name they went with. Like, it's going to be spicy for sure. There'll yeah. be multiple times throughout this where I will ask you folks legitimately, do you think Russo would have pitched this? Mm. And I think the answer would be like, yeah. no, that's a bit much for a man. Uh, and, and we are going to see much more blood than we ever did in yeah. the Attitude Era. Oh, yeah. bloodier. And this is a bloody-ass WrestleMania. I'm just going <laughs> to say, we never had a blowjob throughout the entire Attitude Era. <laughs> And we're getting one this season. Finally! Like, we're getting a blowjob. <laughs> I'm not going to tell anyone how to do their, their watching all that, but have you guys planned on watching Raws or the pay-per-views? Or what's the, what's the what's your idea? I, I'm going to watch all the Raws. I don't know if I can do Raw and SmackDown. It's a big commitment. We're not doing the SmackDown pay-per-views. We're just 
you're doing the Raw pay per DX is a Raw branded tag team, right? Raw so. and Jewel branded pay per views. Okay. So there will be a few SmackDown ones that get mixed up. Right. Because there's no fucking way in hell I'm doing another Punch Up Well, in that case, yeah, I'll watch all the Raws in between. I was going to watch the last month of Raws in the run up to WrestleMania. But I decided, no, I want to sort of go in blind. Going fresh, and, yeah. And I'm really fucking happy. Yeah. I had no idea what WrestleMania's, to expect. WrestleManias are usually good for that because it, like, it feels like an end and a start at the same a time. A and a finale right yeah. into one. And I will say the build-up to this WrestleMania hasn't been particularly, like, mind-blowing or anything okay. like that. And it's funny you mentioned, you know, Sean and Vince. If there was, like, a marquee match, it kind of would have been that. Yeah. You know, which is odd to say because... John Cena, top guy, and has been top guy for well over a year now, mm. or, or thereabouts, he's struggling. And yep. I'm very excited to look at the struggles of Big Match John, oh. because he's someone who I'm a big fan of now, and I wished bloody murder on him in 2006, oh. for reasons that are still a little bit unknown, but maybe we'll tease that out as we go along. You planning on watching the Raws as we go along, Bill? I might watch a couple. Yeah. Obviously, my jam was the SmackDown. Oh, and we're not going to be doing SmackDown. No, no Deuce and but, Domino, Bill. But, but also, at the same time, all the guys that I loved on SmackDown were guys who never made it to pay-per-view. Right. So we're not getting any veto. Oh, no dude. VO. We're not getting any VO. Jimmy Wang Yang yeah. in the house. Jimmy, Jimmy Wang Yang exclusively did dark matches. Never had a pay per view appearance. Shit. So like all, all my guys are like not there. So I don't I don't think I can I could watch the Smackdowns purely out. Of, and they, they still haven't uploaded Velocity onto the yeah. network just, for whatever reason. Just a couple of important questions while we're talking about this right now. What brand is Kane on? Raw. Raw. What brand is Undertaker on? Smackdown. Oh! <laughs> oh! Oh! Branded, yeah, I'll Reds. see him occasionally. You'll see him occasionally. Okay. Well, it's the start of a season and the start of one of the best goddamn pay-per-views I think the WWE has ever produced. Does it hold up? What's it like watching now in the heady days of 2022? It's time for WrestleMania 22! What's going on? There are still magazines available in 06. There I do are. Recall. They're just very different to how they were in season four. Things have changed a little bit here. Any, so. ma any mature fan? Uh, well, as you remember, Raw, Raw magazine was for the mature fan, which was a mm -hmm. bit more kayfabe break and everything. Raw has sort of shifted into like more of a Maxim kind of magazine, like a men's interest kind of mag now. There's, there's lots of like interviews with the divas and stuff like that, right? Yeah. yeah. And what was WWF magazine has now become SmackDown magazine. So you have the dual branding. You can actually just say like, Billy, a mm. SmackDown fan like you, you could go out and buy a SmackDown magazine I specifically. See. Which I do remember guys. doing so. 
Oh, man, we'll see if you remember any of these as we go through okay. them over the months. Because even though we're not doing SmackDown pay-per-views, I'll still keep looking at the magazines just because yeah. it'll be fun to see what's it might, going on. You're not getting off that lightly newsy. It, 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 <laughs> it might be fun to look at the cards of those SmackDown pay-per-views as well, just to see what, what what's going on missing. on the what's other going channel. On over there? We're going to yeah. do all the fucking SmackDown pay-per-views. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! So on this month's Raw magazine... We've got a big picture of Edge and a very booby Lita here. It says, Edge mouths off. I want to be the person that everyone hates. I pride myself on it. That's my job. Oh, breaking the fucking that, fourth wall there, yeah. man. That, the face on Edge and Lita there literally looks like Edge has farted and Lita's just smelt it. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say Jim Carrey's the Grinch. Like, look oh, at that oh, big yeah. smile he's got going there. We've got a bunch of headlines here. The one match you thought you'd never see. Bret Hart versus Shelton Benjamin. That is the one match and I... And you're match. not going to see it. Is, is, sorry, is this, match, is this magazine solely for Shelton Benjamin? It's oh. <laughs> made by his mum. Yeah. <laughs> we got the 10 most important title wins of all time. Is Chris Masters the greatest superstar of all time? Yes. <laughs> and he is. It is a little something. They're about 15 years ahead of schedule with this one. Preparing for the WrestleMania backlash. Baby. Oh. I love me some WrestleMania backlash. Yeah, first instance them using that fucking pirate theme bollocks that they used like nine oh. times in the last year. <laughs> Over on SmackDown magazine, we got a big picture of Ray going, ah! Ray Mysterio is WrestleMania bound, flying high. Old school, WrestleMania's proudest traditions. Okay, so this is really funny that the Raw magazine was literally bursting with headlines and content. And the SmackDown magazine, and it's like, if someone did this as their presentation in school, the teacher would have been like, you're not really giving me your all here. I mean, I think this reflects the shows. Raw is still TV 14 at this point in time, yeah. right? SmackDown has always been PG. Yeah. And I think this is a more kid-friendly magazine compared... I mean, look at the fucking differences in covers. Like, you got the cool, like... There's really... a lot more cleavage on Lita than Ray. I'll That's give you that. That's what I'm saying. Kid Cash, ready to steal the spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I had friends who did a little spot with Kid Cash, uh, uh, oh, musicians, yeah. and he roughed them up yeah. <laughs> to protect the business in Bray. The Big <laughs> 80s, part three of our history of wrestling. That's quite nice, mm. a little ongoing yeah, story of wrestling. Yeah. And the Divas take over 24-7. God, give him a break, give him a rest. Yeah, seriously. I, I, I like the offer of a mega-sized Rey Mysterio poster. I want to know what mega-sized means. Well, it's just going to be the centerfold, because that's actually how tall Rey is. Oh, no. <laughs> Unnecessary. Oh, it it's a staple, actually. <laughs> yeah. Billy, I don't know about you, but in the year 2006, it felt like there was more culture than ever. So give that me was. some culture corner. Please. Okay, as we always start, UK, Irish, and US number one singles. Okay. I am in the firm camp. I'm in the phone camp, but Ireland wins. Ireland always wins, Billy. Don't forget our catchphrase. <laughs> UK number one is a song I've literally never heard of in my life. So Sick by Neo. No. Never no, heard of it. Not a clue. No. Uh, US number one, Temperature by Sean Paul. Okay. I yeah, remember yeah. Okay. Sean Paul. I remember, Sean I remember Paul. all of his songs being the same. Yeah. Um, and which means they were all great. Yeah. <laughs> Irish number one, Kevin, I'm sorry. Jumbo breakfast roll has been beaten. It's been dethroned. It's been dethroned. Pat Short has been finally <laughs> slain. The tyrant Pat Short. For the best of these three singles, Crazy by Niles Barkley. Oh, okay. yeah, there it is. There we go. Easy. I think it's crazy that Pat Short hung on for as long as... For, that Pat Short hung on as long Six as Six weeks at Irish number one. That's baby. You know, think of how many breakfast rolls you could buy with that. <laughs> Film-wise, as, as per usual, can't get Irish film. No. Uh, I, can, I can tell you, overall number one film in Ireland, but we, we want what's number one right then. Yeah. But UK number one. 
Uh, Inside Man, which is a great film. Is that Denzel? Yeah, it's the Denzel and uh, Clive Owen bank yeah, robbery yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a great one. That's a good heist. That's a, that's a great movie. The US, on the other hand, having a little different vibe. Ice Age The Meltdown. <laughs> which I think is the second one. Uh, D- Denzel's in it, but he's not as good. I, I thought it was a bit a bit strong of a character. I mean, Scrat will never be Denzel, but he could be Denzel's friend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, games we've got we've got some Bobby Dazzler games wise uh, some that we've talked a little bit about on when we covered Saturday Night's main event oh that's oh, true yeah here we go yeah we're in the we're in the same wheelhouse Burnout Revenge one of Brilliant my favorite one of my favorite games Fucking ever you guys, yeah you you you've got that run through your veins yeah love Burnout uh, Metal Gear Solid Three Subsistence oh that's which the one the expa- I had it's the expanded version what of extra disc what extra was in there it was like they made a couple of tweaks to gameplay and then it came with a whole disc of like behind the scenes content you can like look at the cutscenes from any angle look you at all like the babes and, and, and yeah. the ton, tons of shit <laughs> like that. Uh, Final Fantasy XII was released in Japan only. It would take another year to be released in Europe and the US. Oh, Taking no. Final Fantasy twelve years to beat us. <laughs> we got twenty four. The game. Oh, oh yes! <laughs> I played the demo for that. I, I got was the demo. Disc so excited! It had, it had that and Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> on it, I say. <laughs> One of these is not like the other. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Uh, Elder Scrolls Four: Oblivion. Yes! yes. Big deal. True Fuck Crime: man. New York City. Oh jeez. Oh man, it's no Streets of LA. That the original was the best in my opinion. Hey, I bet you. You guys just want a big hug. They're shooting at you, man. They're shooting at you. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 2. Oh, well, Never played it. a Kingdom Hearts, but I know that was a very popular you game. You can stream it on Switch. Unfortunately, the Switch just isn't powerful enough to play Kingdom mm. Hearts 2, but you can stream it on there if you like, Ooh, baby. And we'll provide capabilities for cloud streaming of Kingdom Hearts in this episode <laughs> of the Attitude Podcast. And uh, finally, the scourge of wrestling fans, because of how many times Uh-oh. it's mentioned in signs. Mother 3 was oh. released in Japan. Oh, I think we're going to send out Backyard Wrestling 2. No. There goes the neighborhood. You'll always see a sign that says Port Mother 3. It's true. Still to this day, still has not had a Western release. Events of... I did March and April for events. Yeah, okay. okay. Because we're Fair. only second second day yeah, of April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be honest, not a lot happened in April. Okay. So uh, this is mostly March. Okay. Now, you know this is going to happen now. You're going to get yourself into one of these magazine loops because once we get to April you'll be like oh I guess I'll do May instead yeah. before you know it yeah. you're out singing yeah, we'll Newsy's get... got you by the scruff of the neck yeah. uh, so English language Wikipedia reaches it reaches its one millionth article good for that. Jordan Hill Railway Station <laughs> that is a classic to be yeah. fair that's a hell of an article they should delete it just for a gag now like. <laughs> Uh, we had the 78th Academy Awards. Oh, but I got the Oscar fever. Is Have it, you yeah. got it too, Billy? I got the fever won? for the flavour. It is when Crash oh. won. Crash wins Best Picture. Ang Lee won Best Director for Brokeback Mountain. There weren't which, enough movies Which that also year, probably should have won it Best Picture. definitely should because have. Because it's a, a great movie, Brokeback Mountain. Best Actor, Philip Seymour Hoffman for Capote. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, Best Actress, Reese Witherspoon for Walk the Line. Oh, Which yeah. is like, mm, okay. but then I looked at the rest of what she was competing against. It was not a great year. Mm. Um, best animated feature beating Howl's Moving Castle and The Corpse Bride. Uh-oh. It's Wallace and Gromit Curse of the Were. Oh, it, well, in fairness, that is the best of all the animated yeah. films of 06. Yeah. I, I can't believe I've killed all the villagers, Gromit. <laughs> I've eaten them alive. Sincerely, just because I know this is an episode, we're going to get a lot of listens on the first episode of season five. Yeah. So everyone that's listening right now, if you've not seen it recently... Go and watch Curse of the Were-Rabbit. It's genuinely fucking here's excellent. Here's oh, such yeah. great lines as, 
I'm Wallace. I'm and Wallace. Of course, the vegetable competition. competition. <laughs> There's great enunciation in the movie. There really yeah, is. Ralph Fiennes yeah, kills yeah. it. A podcast. Billy Keeble turns 14. Hey, hey. That's months. not culture. <laughs> oh, it is to us, damn it. <laughs> we also got the first ever tweet sent out by Twitter founder Jack Dorsey, which just says, just setting up my Twitter, but he spells his own company's name wrong. T W T T R. That's that's what the cool kids are calling it. Well, that's that's some culture in there. Yeah, so, yeah. God, we had we did have Twitter in two thousand and six. Did it's the like the internet is proper up and running at this point? In I time. literally don't think I discovered Twitter until I was like eighteen. I, was, I don't think I was lonely enough. It was 2010 where I was a proper lonely in 2010. I was, I was too busy with MySpace. Like. Literally first year yeah. of uni, uh, during a really boring lecture, I was like, right, I'm going to join Twitter. I'm going to live tweet this whole goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs> and those hot takes that I'd meet you approach Adam Bibble would be like, there's a, there's a project called the Editor of Podcast. Project. We, we need people who tell it like it is. And uh, <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen your feed, man. <laughs> Well, it's time for WrestleMania 22, and we start off with Chicago and Destiny's Child's own Michelle Williams, who I don't mind saying knocks it out of the park with America's Beautiful. She does slightly miss a cue at the start. It, it's a proper look at my eyes yeah. kind of opening okay. to the song. <laughs> you might think that, but I have a theory because I've watched enough WrestleManias now, and enough people have seemingly missed their cue. When you're considered a very, very good singer, it's almost expected that you start this song way too late. You reckon? Yeah, because it's always, Oh, beautiful, full sky. There's always, I'm telling you, put them all together, there's always a rush at the start. And I think what it is, is she's so good at singing, yeah? She just wants to fucking challenge now. Like in, in Mario Kart, when you're like, three, two, one, you let everyone else go. Yeah. It's like, I'll get to you in a minute. Yeah. I ain't sweating mm. this. Do it at my own goddamn pace there. Yeah. I love I, I love the imagery always when they have oh America the Beautiful. But this probably is quite reflective of the times that we're at. We yep. are firmly in the TV 14 era here. The first thing they show us when it's like, you know, the American flag waving and then it's Candace Michelle in a Santa outfit jumping into the arms of troops and you yep. can see her underpants. Mm. And then there's an eagle. And yeah. then there's John Cena, and then there's uh, Lillian, and she's in like a sexy, rare camouflage Santa outfit. My, my favourite was Ric Flair doing yeah. the flare strut with an army. Yeah, <laughs> with an army. <laughs> so it's a lot more babe focused and a lot less grain focused than some of the other ones yeah. that we've had. Very few images of Purple Mountains, for instance, no, in this one. None of that. Uh, yeah, I thought she aced this. I thought very well yeah, done, you know. Performance. And she gets a bonus point for insisting apparently they tell us in commentary later she insisted on sitting in the front row afterwards yeah. and watching the show because she's a big fan of the wrestling I like that I nothing like that worse than an act that does the opening song and then fucks off immediately mm. like. yeah I, I genuinely thought this erupted into a giant you screwed Brett chant <laughs> <laughs> it was upon closer inspection USA <laughs> although I should say expect a fighty crowd tonight they are feisty oh, this yes. is a weird crowd tonight this is the last time they did a non-stadium venue for Wrestlemania other than glorious Wrestlemania 2020 inside the gym well obviously obviously yeah and you know Chicago has got stadiums but they're all like open air and Chicago in April is going to be a very very cold Wrestlemania so we're not going back here for Wrestlemania anytime soon it was weird because 19 would have been in Seattle in Safeco Field so big baseball open air arena ironically for one of the worst Gates and one of the worst yeah, uh, actual buy rates. I think it's one of the most impressive looking WrestleManias. I think it's it's incredible. 20, Madison Square Garden. Again, mm-hmm. amazing looking, but smaller capacity. Very small. 21, they were in the Staples Center in LA. Which oh, wow. Is like, you know, that's 
teen, that's less than 20,000. Yeah. Teeny tiny, you know. And then 22 were are here in the All State Arena in Chicago, which is the same building that CM Punk would have had his big return to. Mm-hmm. It is amazing to see a WrestleMania where the attendance is not going to be trumpeted as this all-important number mm. in the show. Now, I do love the modern WrestleManias where you get the big sweeping shots and it's like, oh my God, look how big this is. Mm. But I much prefer this. Smaller, but still just as rabid. You can hear and feel the energy yeah. of the crowd so much easier. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's ever been stated explicitly why, other than Vincent Mann apparently after this WrestleMania literally took off the headsets and like, this is the last year we do uh, an arena as opposed to a stadium. Mm. Like, that's it. I want to do stadiums from now on. And that's that. Well, it's more impressive from like a business... Well, you can say we've got this many people crammed in here. Uh, do, like... do, I think it's because of the way that sound carries. I, do, that I was going to ask you, like... do you guys think it's been hijacked? Because, I mean, th- yeah, this oh, is no. the feistiest crowd I've mm. ever heard at Wrestlemania I think we get fuck you seen a chance in yeah. the main event tonight Vince does not want to want TV to hear that no. Yeah. so if you have it open air that sound gets muffled a bit yeah as we saw in the Roman years like the yeah. booze were much quieter because of the sound carrying yeah. away Like I did like a couple of things that they did that made this look Wrestlemania worthy even though it was perhaps a smaller sized arena mm-hmm. the actual set of the, the the skyline of chicago is very similar to what they did for wrestlemania 20 they did that for for, for Madison square garden i love that i think it's a great thing the skyline the buildings yeah, looks awesome cool. i love the pictures of people surrounding the arena same it gives me like you have the old flags and the old nwa tapings yep any particular they're not agreed just but like that's an odd choice for a giant banner to put up there. Anyone anyone strange up there? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm. Not here tonight. No. In any form or fashion. Yeah, I, jo- I, Joey Mercury also. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have put I wouldn't have put people who were not performing tonight up there, like Hogan. Yeah. Like as much as I like him. Hogan Bati- beside Guerrero as Bati- well. Bati- Bati- like I get Eddie being there. Yeah, I get Eddie Eddie should be there. Hogan shouldn't be there. I would argue that Batista probably shouldn't be up there. No. Purely because he's all he's gonna do he's tonight is appear in a back a backstage segment. I think it should have just been reserved to the people who were there and performed yeah, tonight. Yeah, strange choice. By God, let me tell you, it's good to have a WrestleMania intro that can confidently embrace all of its past. Yep. And, you know, this was probably the first WrestleMania I remember my brother and my friends who had probably stopped watching for four or five years. They were excited again because it's like names from the early 90s and the late 80s were being wheeled out again. I mean, in this intro package, you've got... Bobby the Brain Heenan, Ted DiBiase, Bret Hart, Wendy Richter, Lawrence Taylor's there, Iraqi Sergeant Slaughter, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Like, they're showing you everyone yep. except Randy Savage mm. and Jake Roberts. But it feels like. Well, they show Warrior. Yeah, they show <laughs> Warrior. <laughs> you know, it's only two years since that DVD. He's going yeah. to go over it now. It's fine. <laughs> uh, you know. uh, interesting, though, all of Warrior's blogs in 2006. So they never happened. What happened there? Strange. Strange, isn't it? Very huh. strange. Hmm. But I just think it's interesting for you know all of the early you know all the of season one and again hardcore in season four they were like running away like yes. legs pumping away from this past. Forget about that shit. No, don't yeah. don't think about it. And now it's it's ready to be embraced once again. I'll tell you what I was looking forward to embracing is I know this is WrestleMania 22 big time. I've known for years like, oh yeah, Peter Gabriel's the theme for yeah, this one. Yeah. Give it, oh, I can't wait to see the opening package of Peter Gabriel. Hello. We hear this fucking awful shine oh, to the show. Hello, welcome to, to the show. Let me introduce you to the characters 
who will be in the show. <laughs> the best bit about that is when he's singing, he goes, some stay young. He cut to a shot of Andre the Giant because he died young, obviously. Some grow old. Cut to the Legion of Doom. <laughs> like, <laughs> looking old as fuck. Fucking dinosaurs. <laughs> fucking hawk passed away like a year and a half so ago. Unnecessary. Oh I'm pretty sure Animal was in the dark match for this pay-per-view as well. Because oh, the dark, yeah, match, yeah. dark was. match was a battle royale. Yeah, he yeah. Did the, the Chicago native Animal there. Now, what was, what was good about this, I thought, was the bit where it's like WrestleMania, it's the past. Mm. You know, comparing this to 14 and 13, we would have the last season you know this was a proper gave me the old wrestlemania goosebumps feeling i thought once it got into here's the business of the night and here's the storylines we're promoting i felt the highlights of mark henry and the undertaker vincent hbk cena mm. triple h and the triple threat all seemed like something i would see on a raw or smackdown as mm. opposed to like wrestlemania, WrestleMania. yeah and i got the sense that they didn't think any one of them was particularly main event worthy if that mm. made sense or like there was no one match that felt like it stood above all the others I yeah. guess do you think a Wrestlemania should have the marquee match yes yeah at, at least one yeah uh, there should be one at, at the very least one massive marquee match per, like, per night <laughs> this is what it's all about yeah, like. yeah yeah I love this pay-per-view but I think my biggest gripe of it is the is the is the the, the order of the yes, matches. Yeah, I agree it's, with it's that. It's a strange order because because yeah. I I I think that Sean and Vince should have been the main event. I I think there's no universe where they would have done that. But I in my personal head canon that would have been the best ending to the show. Yeah, yeah. it should have at least gone on second to last. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, these two lads who would never in a million years. You know, they 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 like to be like the people are like no 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 the the main event should be the title etc etc. Yeah. Even though I think Vince McMahon has went back and forth in that many many occasions mm -hmm. and Shawn Michaels who put the kibosh and Mick Foley being a triple threat in the main event at Wrestlemania 15 because you don't have triple threat main events yep. for the title himself two years ago was in a triple threat main event for the title I mean, so <laughs> let's be honest here as well there ain't no way Triple H ain't going on yeah, last yeah for like, sure definitely not 100% I think one thing stood out of this amongst all others is when you're like showing Mark Henry and Undertaker and all these guys just the brief second where you get Kurt Angle and he goes nobody beats me oh. I was like oh it's this Kurt yeah peak Kurt you think this is peak Kurt well I've not I there's a big massive blind spot in my knowledge of Kurt Angle's career like this whole period of Kurt I've not seen and I was we'll talk about it in detail that later. wasn't accusatory it was no, 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 no. how it comes across to you we'll, yeah. we'll talk about it in depth later but I was blown away by all of Kurt Angle mm. tonight yeah Kurt Angle well let's just say there are certain characters who won't be here when we get to WrestleMania 23 mm, and yeah, there is, is an Kurt's interesting not got long left it's interesting to see someone who is by all accounts you know I think you can ask any true blue Kurt Angle fan or even ask Kurt Angle himself Favourite period of Kriangle, it's this wrestling machine character that yeah. we're getting here. Uh -huh. I think Big Time by Peter Gabriel is tied with Easy Lover by Phil Collins as my favourite WrestleMania theme of all time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, almost always without exception, a WrestleMania theme I consider to be like, always a banger like the last five or six years of WrestleMania themes I think I've loved them all like, yeah you know? they, they normally for the main sort of theme of the show that comes back recurring throughout the night they normally knock it out it's of the park it's the most on the pulse culturally Vince has been really you know using a song from 1986 <laughs> it's, it's, I, I love this this happens it's I, random innit it, I think it's literally because of Peter Gabriel greatest hits was that's released. it because yeah, they yeah. show you the album and it's like oh it's 25th but, anniversary 20th and this, anniversary and this whatever. song works so well for it oh, it I, does I, I think this is a, I think Big Time is as close to a, a perfect song you can get when they have the helicopter sounds going yeah. that's oh it's so cool and it shouldn't work because when you think about the kind of things that you have the sound of wrestling themes it doesn't sound no. anything like that it's a completely different I thing i love the combo of the big time with the 
the moving graphics that they do use, which is like them with like the big spotlights behind them, like yeah. turning dramatically. Yeah. Then you have it shown on the two big buildings. So cool. Fucking look. And it's aged really well. A lot of that kind of, you know, CG kind of composite stuff doesn't age well, but this like reminds me the purity of like a THX intro in the cinema. That's it. Or with the helicopter yeah. flying through. Yeah. <laughs> it's not photorealistic, but it's cool. Fucking love it. And you know what I love? That we're starting off a WrestleMania with an unlikely matchup as Carlino and Chris Masters, the most fucking 2006 tag team I ever oh, did baby. see. Sorry, Deuce and Domino couldn't make it tonight. Oh. Taking on, how much do these guys weigh? It's Kane and the Big Show for the Raw Tag Team Championships. And I'm very happy to start our first match off of our new season. Adam Bibolo, take us away through Thank what will you. no doubt be oh. a burn burner. Thank you Adam, so much. Best Kane has finally made finally it. Finally here. We're finally talking about bold Uncle Fester Kane uh, in uh, detail. Oh. And never mind best Kane, this is best big show. Oh. The fucking slick back hair. Mm. The man's fucking massive. He, he looks like a big Tommy. He's like a massive Tommy Dreamer yeah. or something yes. like that. I love it. And he's motivated as well. Damn straight. My, my only problem with this tag team is I believe that, like, I hate that they're just called Big Show and Kane. Yeah, there should be a name. Show Chemical. Show <laughs> Chemical! Show Chemical is right there. <laughs> yeah, and we need to have the themes combined yeah. as well. Okay, like... I have a couple here. Uh, big Politics. Good. <laughs> oh, no. Or, if you, if you want to be a little bit vaguer, this is only for the Americans. Big Red. Yeah, okay. Yeah, huh? yeah or, we have to wait for Eric Rowan to get that one used. Uh, uh, one a little bit outside the pale here. Team No More BS. Brackets. <laughs> Biden supporters. <laughs> uh, I think does, the, the liberal does, elites will uh, sicken of Brandon the way the rest of us in the real world have. I was going to say, does soon. BS stand for Big Show? No more Big Show? Is that oh. what it is? No, no more Biden supporters. <laughs> now, here's interesting, Adam. Is It's because this is shit Kane, right, that you don't like. No, it's no, not. Well, nah, 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 I'm nah. wondering if he's more of a target for political uh, subterfuge. Because he like, looks more like him. Looks more that's, like him, yeah. That, that is, right, genuinely, legitimately, that does make my enjoyment of this a little harder. Okay. He doesn't look like Glenn Jacobs the mayor, because he is still, like, he's a lot younger, he's bold. Pale. He's got the contact lens, he's very pale. And he's not but, got, like, you know, that kind of... Oh, what is it? You know, the... the the look of abject evil in his eyes. <laughs> that, that it, you know. Here when he's playing an evil yeah. villain. Oh, like. he's so much nicer, Steve, <laughs> isn't it? This cane setting fire to a Christmas tree going... He's <laughs> so much objectively nicer than anything real-life Glenn Jacobs has done in the last 48 months. Absolutely. But there is the occasional moment where, like, just from the right angle or whatever, I'm like, oh, God, that is Glenn Jacobs. Like, and it does... It mm. kind of ruins the enjoyment a little bit where the mask would otherwise keep it hidden. How about our opponents here tonight? We got any tag names? for them because oh. I got the apple lock as, the uh, apple there you go that's good. the best the apple get. lock yeah the master brackets we sent this to Carlito to do he said he'll do it in a week's time but we'll we'll fill this in whenever it is he does it <laughs> <laughs> allegedly cool masters master cool master cool, master cool. I forgot cool was part of the name Carlito Caribbean cool cool locks there you go. Yeah. What did you man. think of Chris Masters? That fucking Adonis. The, oh. the velour pants, Billy? This what? Is, this Big arse on him and everything? It's not my first time seeing either of these men, just to be clear. Yeah. Like, but I, I definitely got an appreciation for Chris Masters. Chris Masters match. was absolutely one of my guys. I don't think he had much of a chance to shine here tonight. No. So maybe I need to see a little more of him. But Carlito shined at his entrance, though. I love anyone who does a fun little fall. Like, Ric Flair does the flare flop. Yeah. Triple H does the speed. 
spaghetti legs. Carlito just does a little woo. And I, as someone, you know, back when I would have been, you know, around this time, I was someone that if I was walking around school and there was a big empty corridor, I'd run down and I'd do a little tumble like Carlito. I like, yeah. I like to do a pratfall or a little roll. I think he needed to do it here because his entrance was literally crickets. Like, I felt oh. so bad. It's like, WrestleMania big time. Here we go. <laughs> makes a peep for Carlito or Chris. How about we could call this tight team Super Chris Masters Sunshine? There you go. <laughs> I like that. Give me them steel drums, baby. Also, just to circle back to something you said a second ago, calling this shit Kane. I am... I've been won over. This isn't shit Kane. Okay. A couple of matches we saw on How To Kane when you brought me in with you That's and Joe. That's true. He wrestled Sean around this time. He did, yeah. and he wrestled Shane. He's, he's had good matches, and I do like seeing the more expressive side of his character is with it, Bold Kane. Is it just Finger 11 you don't like? It's not even that. I just, I was very prejudiced against this, Kane. Mm. And I think there is, let's be honest here, the antagonistic way in which you say <laughs> this is best, Kane, does rile me up. And also keep in mind, Adam and I have reviewed The Brothers of Destruction versus DX in Saudi Arabia. Just when you think you've seen the worst Kane. That's it. There's always another one in the back pocket. I'm mm. staking my claim that worst Kane is 2002. Just because my face is burned doesn't mean the rest of me is burned. No, 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 no. Worst Kane is heat stroke Kane without his hair and his mask. (laughs) (laughs) He just punched Kane's mask off. Who's that? (laughs) I still think worst Kane is wow John Kane. That's That's, pretty damn bad. Pretty fucking bad. Smothering with the glove Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With all that said, let's talk about some Kane, shall we? So we kick off the match with Kane and Chris Masters locking up. Kane easily overpowers him. And then he tags in the big man. When show comes in, he takes Masters right to it, baby. Home turf. Yes. We're going the corner. I was hoping Big Show would have his equivalent of Kane, like a hot bar, bar <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> We're just getting gunshots, slaps. Oh from my show. god. Big Show does these chops onto Masters' chest. And what I love is he literally he tells the crowd to be quiet, like, shh, you're not gonna believe this. BAM! So loud with the, as JR puts it, skillet sized hands mm. of the big show. I should point out this is JR's return to commentary after being fired yes. by now heel Linda McMahon at the Raw Homecoming back in 05. Joey Styles had been handling the on air responsibilities along with Jonathan Coachman and Jerry Lawler. What a weird combo. What a weird combo. And as JR said at the start of this broadcast, the Blues Brothers are back together. <laughs> he is full of beans tonight. Yeah. He's so excited to be back at WrestleMania. I don't know. Is Jay or Jake or Elwood? I'm not really sure. Like, you Oh, know. he's a total Jake, I think. Yeah. Like, slightly surlier. Like. Two bottles of barbecue sauce. <laughs> and white toast. Thank you very much. Carlito gets tagged in, who immediately gets crotched on the top rope. Big Show press slams Masters to the outside, and then press slams Carlito onto Masters yeah. as well. Like. Now, they are squashing these boys. And it's funny because... Big time. Would it, you go back to Jay? January 06 these guys would have been the elimination chamber and there was big chat like these are like these are the lads who are going these are Vince's (laughs) new guys you know and you know Carlito I think always it's the theme that makes people like it's not a theme that makes people go way you know too quiet you don't pop when you hear someone go that's that's not a pop Mm. noise but anytime he got tagged in there was the way you know that kind of a you're the folk hero that you get with a smart crowd and this is a very smart crowd. He is someone that I saw a couple of promos once or twice watching with my granddad back in the day. I occasionally saw a bit... And, you know, you see a guy with the hair like that and the apple in his hand. And I was like, you know, immediately my eye was caught by him. 
and I thought he was such a piece of shit. Like his healery absolutely worked on me mm. when I was younger. Seems to be loved by everyone backstage except for the people who it mattered. I've never heard a bad word about him. Yeah, no. oh, Vince apparently had big issues with him, and he's a guy who got the unmotivated label. And really, you know, when you think about the people of the history of wrestling and given the unmotivated label, I think mm. it's so ridiculous. Because I'm sorry, like you're on the road how many days a year? Yeah. You're putting your body in the line every night. You're dealing with mm. fucking pain, physical, mental, mm-hmm. non-stop nagging injuries, putting everything off. You know and politics and all that and you're unmotivated yeah. anyone who's unmotivated in wrestling wouldn't fucking show up that's yeah. it yeah. seriously and, and a lot of the time it's, it's, it's guys recognising I am not going to be an, uh, in the main event yeah, yeah. so, so why I'm, bother? I, I'm happy Mm. Being a being solid mid card, oh, yeah, and then that seen as that seen as a bad thing. Yeah, well, if you're the one be the main event, you shouldn't be here. It's like, I hate that. There's no there's there's actually a lot to be said for the the people who knew their fucking position and they mm. excelled at it. What you the know? fuck are you doing working at Tesco's if you haven't got aspirations of being general manager? Yeah, like, no, right? You don't deserve to be here. <laughs> I hate that attitude. I, you know what? Even though it's not a great outing for Carlito and Masters in terms of getting your new lads over, and these are like some of the few people you can go, these are new lads on this card. Yeah. It's a fun out match. Though, oh, it is. It is yeah. Like, yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. I feel for the young guys getting squashed by the two big brutes, but it is fun. They get both press slammed to the outside, and then Kane immediately top rope clothesline to the floor. Just. Oh, they were too far. You see, I watched it again. The lads have to like quickly run forward yeah. to meet Kane halfway. Yeah, he like. didn't do that at, Res- at WrestleMania 23, taking on the great Cali. I don't no. need to spoil anything but for hey, you. Bless him for trying. Yeah. Like, th- this version of Kane, your best Kane, Billy, he is still very nimble for a big yeah. man. Like He's still got it. Like, like he's wrestling really good. And I love Kane going for the 10 punch spot as well. Mm. <laughs> Stops at six, the fucking bastard. The like. most evil demonic number. Yeah, the master lock gets put over. Yes. They don't have the master lock get broken. It's still undefeated at this point. As of yeah. now. As of now, no it's undefeated. It. I like, you know what? I can count on my hand the number of times there's been a finisher that someone has not broken or kicked out of in WWE. I feel like in AEW, there's been a few examples of that. And I can't really think of it in WWE at this moment in time. Everyone's kicked out of everything, no. it feels like. And even in 06. I mean, the really... most recent one was Baron Corbin. Yeah, the end of days. Oh, yeah. When they finally That's did true. it, they didn't make, like, you know, they screamed it at the time, but it's like, I feel like that something like that, if, you know. There should be a lasting effect from that, really. Yeah, Corbin should bring that up in a promo. Yeah. You know? And as you all know, like, One Winged Angel, End of Days, you know, Baron Corbin, Kenny Omega, they're, they're both very good, you know, equal wrestlers. Oh, yeah. I mean, on obviously, par. obviously on par, on you know? Par. Oh, it's the same thing, you know? But the Master Lock <laughs> is obviously, like, so over. And even though the crowd don't really seem to give a shit about Carlito and Chris Masters, when Kane, he goes for a, another top rope clothesline, and that's when Masters catches him into the Master Lock. Yes. And everyone starts coming unglued. Big Show comes in and makes the save and breaks it up, and huge fucking heat. People yeah. booing Big Show for breaking it. Like. We were doing a WrestleMania moment well, if you lost you know, yeah. the, the Master Lock. I, I, I can't remember if the Master Lock challenge has started at this point. It is, it is yeah. It, yeah. Has, it has started. They did that pretty soon after he debuted. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's been used to but, put him over quite yeah. strongly, yeah. Week to week, watching, like, genuinely, like... I was so excited for the Master Lock Challenge every week. Yeah, on on TV. I love a weekly challenge in wrestling. Kurt Angle used to do his, you know, win yeah. the gold medal off me, yeah. wrestle me for real. That challenge, yeah. love that. The John that. Cena US Title Open, Open challenge, challenge was one yeah. of my favorite things in wrestling. I love that. So I, good. You have so many people over so many different ways. Matt Stryker got over with a fucking open challenge. Come yeah. on, like. And I like the idea of having like, oh, I'm going to watch it this week to see that. Se- you know, knowing there's a weekly yeah. segment yeah. that you're going to get every week is a really good feeling. How could they have that on two hour rolls and not three hours? I know, <laughs> and they're coming up to the storyline this in this match now, where it feels like the two heels aren't meant to be getting on, and they're at each other's throats. But I always feel like that's a kiss of death because 
you ain't turning either of these lads' face, no, clearly. Definitely not. And I should point out as well, Carlito, in the weeks leading up to this, he was the guy like Chris Jericho was the year before, where it's like, we should have a money in the bank match. This is my great idea. And everyone's like, oh my God, Carlito's calling the shot. He's, he's bringing back money in the bank. And then he loses his qualifying match like the oh, same night. Oh, why? And like, I don't think they're doing that to you unless they're wanting to punish you. Yeah, that's, that's intentional. And, and I think, you know, I've not watched shoots with Carlito and stuff like that. As he progresses and, you know, going from a lad who feels like he was the next guy to being a guy who they seemingly resent to have on their roster. Yep. I want to find out what's going on behind the scenes there. You know, yeah. I think I want to find out. Clearly, clearly not popular backstage going off this finish here. Kane is about to choke slam Carlito when Masters goes for a flying axe handle off the top to break it up. Kane sees it coming and is just like, oh, okay. So he turns and then Masters <laughs> hits Carlito instead. And then Kane does the choke slam and they get the one, two, three. Like, complete squash at the yeah. end there. Team Big Kane pick up the victory here. And I like the little button JR put on here. He said, Kane and the Big Show, opponents at WrestleMania 17, but teammates here tonight. I love that. Nice, mm. very good. And Raven, assumedly, is doing all right as well. He's somewhere else. Somewhere yeah. right. Somewhere and we get a lovely shot. Chris and Carlito are arguing in the ring, falling apart. And we cut to Kane and Big Show on the ramp like... <laughs> I, I just love I, I in spite of everything you know match quality storyline sense and the fact that these lads I mean we were pulling our hair out in, in season one they were put together so many fucking times mm-hmm. I think two lads have put together more in their career oh, there is literally a wikipedia page called Kane and the Big Show because it's that God. common of a team but just something about them big bastards and no one can beat them fuck yeah. it I yeah. love that I know Same. it's a lazy tag division rule to do it works though but it works yeah, yeah. I think this is such a good opener yeah, yeah. Well, unexpected like Agreed. just kind of a squash but like with guys who have a bit more substance to them than just regular old jobbers that's it a fun yeah. squash the people that no one gives a fuck about got squashed happily and the, the classic old guys that we've all watched since we were kids like they get to go over and have a nice big laugh together rowdy like, crowdy here tonight the real question is what happened after the match Ooh. fellas I got a little insight for you here oh my god it's jid time baby yeah we're gonna be getting a big heap and serving of jid all the way through season 5 folks I hope you prepared for it so let's get into this okay that night, they went along to the obligatory post-WrestleMania company-wide celebrations for which McMahon had hired out an enormous suite at a nearby hotel a few blocks over from the arena where the show had been. Oh, that's so fucking gross. <laughs> Chia Petta sentences, baby. I think when you write a long sentence like that, you can do a sentence a day and pretty much your book will be done in a week. There you go. You know? <laughs> Big fancy hall, men in monkey suits carrying canapes. Glenn frowned. He was in no mood for celebrating with these types. Don't worry, show said. <laughs> Sensing, this is we're gonna get a big show in journey. Yes, it's so excited. As it should have, and then you got Chia Petty going. Well, if I had that to work with, it would have been a very, very different story, wouldn't it? Like? Don't worry, show said. Sensing Glenn's unease, we'll show our faces, shake a few hands, then we'll swipe a load of beers and head back to our room. I hear they have the longest yard on the TVs here. <laughs> I'd like that, Glenn said, smiling at his friend. Show opened a light beer and lit a cigarette. Excuse me, sir. Oh, this is what I mean, the peak of Big Show's uh, smoking. He was uh, a big Oh, he's always loved them ciggies. He does, yeah. Excuse me, sir, a voice said. This is a no-smoking establishment. The voice came from a small, well-dressed man. His name badge read, Ralph Holland, supervisor. Big Show frowned. <laughs> <laughs> he stamped his cigarette out and grumbled. To give you monkeys a name badge, then you've got some smoke around here. Yes, <laughs> baby. Just then, Glenn thought he saw a face from across the room. It couldn't be. Surely he must just be tired. But what if? He stepped forward to get a better look at the face and accidentally bumped into Big Show, knocking the drink out of his hand. Show went beat red. 
Light beer on the floor! <laughs> a melee quickly ensued, and amidst the chaos, the pale face Glenn saw had vanished. He frowned. Hmm. I like this a lot, Adam. Mm. You know what? I'm thinking here as well, this is excellent because you're proven why a second reading of Journey into Darkness is worthwhile. Is worthwhile. Yeah. Goodness knows what a third reading would get. Maybe one day we'll find out. Maybe one day. Looking at Billy Keevil over here. There was a whole American football section that neither of us could understand, yeah. Billy, so we need to call someone else in. Yeah, I'm basically at this point in the reading round actively reading around bits. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to do with face. Well, just, just do the sports, none of this wrestling ball. Yeah, oops, all sports edition. <laughs> backstage, it's everyone's favourite backstage announcer. Ugh. Jonathan Copeman, a.k.a. The Cope. Okay, so this is what we're doing now, is it? Hey, Cope. This is, this is season five, is it? Cope, man. Yeah, yeah. that's all I can tell yeah. you. Oh, Get fuck up. me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking grey hairs over here. And over here, I'm Oh, come on! <laughs> He's pulled out the poetry book, folks. Interesting that, you know, because this one's called Introspection from Much of Me in Each of These. Restlessly beats the heart that knows the constant search for understanding, heeding a voice as the soft wind blows, stirred by the message gnawing demanding, ceaselessly scanning the earth and sky, Feeling the need for what? Nah. Oh! Nah. Thrown in the towel. I mean, like, it feels out of step, doesn't it? It's a little off. With 2006, mm. but I really do want poetry. Yeah. I mean, we're very pro-war at this point in time as well, Kevin. I know, and This but is a very anti-war book you've got here. That's it. There's too much humanity for the for the opponent no, here. I, I want to hear poems about Ric Flair strutting with some soldiers and stuff like that. I just feel like... There's too much of him in each of those. There yeah, really is, actually. Too know, much. I want to thank Brian Zane. And I want to thank Paul Bosch for everything they've done for this podcast. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to run this well dry and um, leave it with me. That's all I'm saying. Leave it with me. You're retiring the book, Kevin. I'm just saying leave it with me. Mm. I'll, I'll fucking retire you next. I'll tie you some giant. <laughs> run in when, when we're editing the episode. Turn it bloody off. Turn up Dolby Edition bloody off. <laughs> Anyway, the Cope Man, aka yep. the Cope, he's backstage with Shawn Michaels, who gets a legitimate mixed reaction. Yeah. Do you know why do you think that was, folks? I'm not sure. Like, mm. there are some people with the crowd tonight where I'm like, well, obviously you're going to think that about them, but there is other people like Sean where. I don't have the context of what he's been like the last few months. Maybe he's been really fucking annoying on TV. Like. He has been involved in the highway to hell here with Vince McMahon. Vince came back after his injury and yep. then basically had a... I would call it midlife crisis, but he was 60. So <laughs> whatever two-thirds life crisis, I guess, <laughs> for him in that case. And Sean said, hey, grow up, move on. It was around about this time that Brett had agreed to come back and do his DVD. Oh, yeah. And he also agreed to be in the Hall of Fame. And mm -hmm. that was pretty much the extent of it all. I bet that's it. And what it was, was that Vince and the WWE had made constant overtures to, to, to Brett, or at least made spitball plans amongst themselves in the writing room, that somehow, right, obviously, we're going to get Brett involved in this Sean versus Vince story. Imagine line. Brett as the referee for this. Oh. That's kind of what they were hoping for, I think. Yeah. And, you know, Brett was very much like, not that I don't think he wanted anything to do with them, but I think it meant a lot to him to say, right, I'm going to come back. And I'm saying I'm just doing the DVD in the Hall of Fame and yeah, that's, that's that it. and leave it. Because I think he wasn't at the point for forgiveness. And you've not seen that Hall of Fame speech where Shawn Michaels was asked to leave the, the building beforehand. Yeah. Probably was for the best. But fans here, you know, 
were on board yeah. with the speculation, and I wouldn't have blamed them at this point. I think mm. they were just assuming we're not getting Brett because of you. Yes. Or we're going to be getting Brett, so let's get our pipes ready and we may as well start booing, start you, booing now. you now. Yeah. But it's a legit mixed reaction here for Shawn Michaels, mm. who says, "Look." Every year for the last few years, I've given you my best. Yep. 21 was Kurt. 20 was the triple threat with Benoit and Triple H. 19 was fucking Jericho. Yep. Like, great matches. He's like, hey, no five-star match here tonight, no. folks. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. And, yeah, he alludes a little bit that he might be going back to a little bit of the old. Because Shawn Michaels was told by Vince, like, I want you to be a drug addict again. Yeah, literally. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Remember how great everything was in 1997? Mm. He wants the old Shawn Michaels. Well, Shawn says he's going to give him something worse tonight. Mm. Why do you think? I mean, I know you're you're aware of that Shawn, you know, the, the newer Shawn. Yes. But I don't think you've seen him as maybe a week-to-week character, you know, doing no. promos, setting up matches. I've seen the WrestleMania matches from this run and maybe a couple of other pay-per-view appearances, but I've not seen a great deal of the character on telly and whatnot. How do you strike you here? confusing at this point because this is obviously very specific tonight that he is towing this line of being like I'm the good Christian Shawn Michaels but also I'm going to be evil tonight like so mm. it's kind of hard to get a real grasp on him here if Christianity could ever be evil that's mad <laughs> <laughs> how'd you go with old, uh, old Shawn you know you say your brother was a fan how, did you, how were you with Shawn at this uh, point in time I, I like Shawn but him sticking it whenever he could to Eric Bischoff was always, always, <laughs> always damn good Eric fun. Bischoff like, it was always good fun like we talked about it yeah. when we covered it you know him having the look of like the older kid who's been brought in to see the principal's office he doesn't <laughs> care as much as the younger kids yeah yeah like i think sean was cool Ooh, as cool as you can be at the age of 42 here in fairness yeah, yeah there's not not a lot of middle-aged wrestlers that would give off that kind yeah. of energy of coolness i mean the direction of the season sean's gonna become a lot less cool yep but like I think I think Sean on his own, I think he's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I think the the return of Shawn Michaels was always something I thought was was very expertly hand because if you were watching two thousand and two, him coming back, it was it was done very much like he'll be back for the one, maybe yeah. two. Don't be thinking this is a run of you know, two years later he's every week having great matches. And it was like in like ninety nine and two thousand there was always this feeling of like you'd see him occasionally on telly and it was always like, Yeah, Sean's gonna come back. He's he's gonna come back. But I feel like by the time in O two, right, surely everyone had just kind of been like, Oh, he's obviously gone. Like was there any sort of people like hoping that he was still gonna make that comeback? Oh yeah, I think there were there were people there was. Who, who were thinking that okay. was gonna happen. But it's the fact is, you know, when Sean came back in 02, like, he came back with the NWO and, like, talked oh, yeah, for three yeah, you're months, right, he did. You know, and then he had his match with Triple H, and then they, like, did an angle of that where it's like, oh, Triple H has crippled him forever, he'll never wrestle again. And, you know, like, two months later, he was champion, yeah. you know. So I think they expertly played with people's expectations. But I think they were also very much wait and see with Sean. You wouldn't know it from here, but Sean Michaels' knee is... is Worse than ever, pretty much. Really? You know, he's got a big old knee brace on there and his leg goes out the wrong, Ooh, wrong direction. Yikes. But he's a man who figured out how to do what he did, you know, even if he was hurt, pretty much. True. You know? Second ever Money in the Bank ladder match. And what a fucking lineup this is. Yeah. Oh, baby. From Raw, we've got Mr. Monday Night, Rob Van Dam, the nature boy, Ric Flair, looking for the 17th world title, Shelton Benjamin, whose mama has just been written off television. <laughs> Big Bobby Lashley making his WrestleMania debut, looking somehow exactly the same as yep. he does now, yep. yet also incredibly young and naive. Big match Matt Hardy coming off the back of, honestly, 
something that stripped away legions of fans of his, the, the business with him and Edge and Lee. Yeah, Lena. that was last summer. And making his return, the agent who was in charge of Braun Panties matches has now come back to kill. It's Fit Finlay. What a lineup! What a lineup. Also, in Finley's defense, like he was in charge of them, but it wasn't his idea to do them. Like, just to be clear. I love brawn panties. No, you don't. They're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that video where the journalist asked him if wrestling's fake and he puts a bra on his hand? <laughs> is that is that fake? <laughs> what, what I need to ask very quickly before we get into any of this, how was Mama Benjamin written off TV? Uh, <laughs> Did she, she take like an F5 or something? No, she had a heart attack, and that was that like. Oh, yeah, God. she died like on she TV. It didn't die. <laughs> oh, really? And it was it was like played up mad seriously, but then it was kind of like you know, <laughs> Jesus. And that would come back to bite Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Jerry very much throwing the, the stones in the glass house of the commentary table. Jerry there. laughing at that while eating Burger King. Like <laughs> Fit Finley. Let me tell you, there's something about Taz's awe of Fit Finley, and I'm very mm. excited. I know we're doing all the SmackDown, but seeing Taz even a little bit here. Mm. I'm very excited. Yeah. Rocking the Orbulon look from uh, from from WarioWare with his big white glasses. <laughs> what a deep cut! Well, it was weird because we were watching this, and Joe was like, "There was some mascot, wasn't there, for yogurt who looked like that?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and what happened is she got mixed up with the Danone, did the the UFO shaped. The UFO shaped yogurt. Oh man, but yeah. Also, WarioWare, which we're big fans of, had Orbulon. I yep. don't think Orbulon was in the business of dairy, <laughs> but Taz is rocking that look here tonight, like. But yeah, he loves Fit Finley. This tough Irish bastard. Yeah. I think Northern Ireland is basically the red hook of Ireland in Absolute, his mind. That's like, what it is, yeah. Yeah, with the peace process, they kill the gimmick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely love this period of Ric Flair. I think it's one of my favourite things in the world. He is incredible here yeah. tonight. Oh, oh my God. Adam, I know you didn't see the Raws, but I would tell you, watch the Raw from before this, where Ric Flair comes out of the ladder and he's like, I want my 17th world title. Oh. I'm going to climb. And he goes like, wood step. And was like, yeah, a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they bring out like Shelton and Rob Van Dam and they like start beating, you know, Shelton beats up Rick and Rob like, has to come out and save me. You think, oh, Rick, the old man. And he just pokes Rob right in the eye goes, Whoa, I'm gonna win! And this is his only his second ever ladder match in yeah. his entire career. First one in January took on Edge, continuing their feud when Edge won the title. Wow. I'll tell you, Rick, when he this is when Rick still like he believed he could do it still, and maybe one percent of Vincent Mann thought, well, yeah, hypothetically, maybe he could. But the idea of him getting one more world title run, mm, that's exciting. It'd come up again around the time of his retirement. Austin apparently went to bat for him and said that you could do this and it could be the greatest storyline you've done I the last they 10 years. should have done it. Like, mm. Him going for one last Make run. Make it a one-night reign or whatever you need to do, but they really, that would have been so Who sweet. Against, well, that's it. The idea was that Rick would run up against all these people trying to go for the title and if he couldn't win the title by a deadline, that was it, he was done. And I think once they heard that, they were like, oh, okay, let's have him go up against all the young guys, but if he loses, his, his career is over. Yeah. And in Vince's mind, if something is as big a draw without the belt, why does it need the belt? Because I don't think he liked the idea of an old man wearing the belt. Oh, but I mean, just imagine like one night Triple H gets rolled up by Ric Flair. I know. Like, he pulls the tights and I he gets know. the quick, dirty win. One night. Like... One night. Oh, it would have been sweet. But, are, are we uh, gonna get? We're gonna get more Rick this season. A lot of Rick. Yes. A lot of Rick. Fucking yeah. You'll have you'll have his breaks, but you'll be getting yeah. Rick this okay. season. Can I tell Adam a match we're gonna have in like two pay per views time? Go on then. We're gonna get a two out of three falls. Rick Flair versus Mick Foley. <laughs> <laughs> 
Father of the Year, Couch Potato. Are you fucking ready, Adam? Oh man, season five, baby. And I'm enjoying this. It tells you what. It tells you what. Like it says a lot about Ric Flair that I've watched this match probably a hundred times and I was still going, "Go on, late. Yeah, yeah. same. Climb the ladder. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Big Bobby Lashley clearing house early on here. And Rob Van Dam is very much, you know, he's back from injury. He's back from a long layoff. He had to miss the first one night stand. And if this man had a chip on his shoulder before, he's got a whole fucking big share bag and he's opened it up in a family style. So everyone's going to have a piece. He is ready to prove himself. This is the year of Rob Van Dam as far as he's concerned. And it is the year of Rob Van Dam, but... Not like that. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I love Finley in this match because you obviously think there's no chance Finley's going to win this. He's literally here to take everybody's moves yes. Yes. and hold the ladder in place. Yeah. And he does a fucking spectacular job in this you match. Want, you want to talk about the, the elder statesman here, Ric Flair, but fucking Finley's like 51. Mm. Like, yes. You know? And he's someone who was like, oh yeah, you're done. Like he's been aged in from them for like five years. And he's yeah. like, actually, yeah, can I come back and do it? Like, yeah, go on, have another I, run. I didn't know that till we went, read William Regal's book that it was, the thought was, it's on a, he had a career in, ending injury yeah. and that's him done now. I had no idea this run was such yeah. a big comeback for him. It's crazy. Yeah, I think it's funny because we always view it as like a very modern thing with like Brian or Edge coming back. It was unheard of back then. Like, yeah, but you know, Finley, he similarly, he came back in his own way. He's so great. good. I, I always used to love Finley. He's so kid. good. Shelton Benjamin doing his best to steal the show here. Rob, of course, with some scary dives. Mm. But Shelton Benjamin, when he does that jumping springboard and the ladder goes, that is yeah. one of the greatest things in the fucking world. And the he- fact that everyone doesn't do it all the time makes me think that there's a degree of precision maybe involved. I know Kofi would do that a lot as well. Are you but... talking about when the ladder's leaning on the ropes yes. and he runs up here? Like... Oh, yeah, when he, he jumps onto the ladder and the ladder goes bounce off oh, the ropes yeah. and he goes fly. Like, it's fucking scary. He's a very he's very much an innovator in these kinds of matches. And I've got yeah. him to thank, I guess, because I think he was the first one that did the sort of run up the ladder yeah. when the year they added that to the games. Goddamn, <laughs> mm. literally every five seconds in yeah. the ladder match. Shelton Benjamin, whether you knew it or not, leveled the playing field in all your video game parties back in Absolutely. the day. Absolutely. There's liberal mentions of ECW here on the commentary. Yes. I want to know for you, Billy, at this point, if they're bringing up ECW, did that make any lick of sense to you at all? No idea. Yeah. I have no idea. It's funny because Taz will bring it up and he brings up Rob and he brings up ladders and weapons. But it's funny that they're trying to prep you for an ECW reunion. That's and it. yet there is a lot of stuff here that's showing you that WWE is the home of hardcore wrestling and bloodletting mm. and weapons and all that. Where are we at now then? Is there still another one night stand to come before yes. we get the third brand? Yes, we've had the DVD came out in 04, became yep. one of the best selling DVDs they did of all time. Mm-hmm. It, it joined up with WrestleMania that year, the charts, which made them go, oh shit, there's money here. Mm. 05 did the one night stand pay-per-view, yep. which... I think they overestimated that the people were like, well, if it sold as many DVDs as WrestleMania, it'll get a buy rate like WrestleMania. But it did like 300,000. It did good, yeah. It did like as well as like one of the best B-tier pay-per-views. Yes. Which considering that there were no matches advertised Mm. was a success. And since then, there have been ongoing rumblings and the ground has been laid Tommy Dreamer and Paul Heyman have got offices in Stamford. Mm. The zombies have been getting a phone call. <laughs> you know, Sandman's getting into the best shape of his career legitimately. Yeah. And we've got that to come. I don't know if we'll do it yet. We'll see how it comes. Okay. You know, if it's intriguing, we'll go down that route. Mm-hmm. I've already reviewed December to December on How To Wrestling's oh, Patreon page. No, 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 no. And fuck me if you're going to make me do it again, lads. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. 
Jimmy Corderas on the outside. He's there, I think, seemingly to keep Ric Flair safe. Pretty much. Yeah, he's, he's his handler, essentially. 57 years old, Ric Flair is in there. He takes what could best be described as the uber-duper pooper superplex. Yeah. Ow. Off yeah. a fucking ladder. There's a part of me that just expects whenever you see Ric Flair take a bump like that, but he's like body becomes like a like a non-Newtonian liquid where it's like where he doesn't have bones like Senator Kelly from X-Men 1 he's just, he's, get, like, he's just gonna like squish around and move around a bit before he like moves he's got no bones you need to have something not everyone can do it because I think it would be a big gag if a random wrestler took a move and started going ah but this That's is so perfect this is my joint favourite cell of all time Ric oh, Flair got up there going Jesus oh! <laughs> this is our grunt of the night yes! Yes! 28 minutes 32 seconds Ric Flair on his back going oh! There's a Terry Funk one from One Night Stand that I think may equal it yeah. in terms of a sell, but we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Yeah, the screams. He was pretty much in the match, and you would think he's not going to take any moves. And it's the first move he takes is a superplex That's off the it. ladder. It's incredible. And, yeah, Jimmy K throws up the X. They bring out a, they bring out a couple of medical professionals and they take him backstage. And I was like, okay, you know what? If Rick just wants to come out, take a superplex, and that's his WrestleMania, fair fucking play yeah. to you, dude. Unbelievable. Something strange, though, I couldn't help but notice this. When the security are taking Rick away, they have many pairs of scissors in their back pockets. Yeah. One lad had three pairs of scissors. <laughs> wow, what's like, that about? I don't... What are you, what are you cutting to them? What? <laughs> Someone was way ahead on are the scissors. Are we bringing back, like, are we bring back like, the bar... Like, maybe you have to have barber surgeons or surgeon barbers. At least to do both. Surgeon barbers. Like Victorian age. They, they, you know, they, oh, you know. right. I see. They'll cut your hair and they'll do your, your stitches. <laughs> yeah. like, I thought they were like maybe plans from Raven. It's like, my plan has finally come to fruition. This year, I will definitely cut the cord at WrestleMania. For fuck's sake. It's my team of dark knights. That's his masterpiece <laughs> right there. his masterpiece there. right there, baby. Three men have to join up to power Bob, Bommy Lashley. I really enjoyed oh, I that. I love that. JR, he's great to land commentary, but he has a few whiffs, including when everyone's throwing ladders at each other. He goes... This is a barroom type environment. Nope. No, it's not. No, it's not. Ah, yes. Going for a pint down at my local, the Lamb and Ladder. You, you know one of those pubs that has all this random shite stuck to the wall? Yeah, like ladders and shit. Mm. Flair's back! Within like three minutes! <laughs> I will never attack! <laughs> and uh, I think I'm using this phrase correctly. Three Tarhelians going at it. As That's we have right. Shelton, we yep. have Matt, and we have Ric Flair, all from North Kakalaki Way. And uh, the shillelagh comes out. Yeah. Flair goes off the ladder a second time. Like straight backwards, Shane McMahon yeah. style bump off the ladder. I oh. can't tell you how over the shillelagh was. At oh, this it time. seems OP. It's like. so like it is the most one of the most. It was one of the most protected weapons I of the series. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. It's like, see, it's treated like a sledgehammer. Like, mm. you get the shillelagh, the match is over. That's it. What's more protected, the shillelagh or the boogeyman stick that he touches your chest and you turn into a zombie? Okay, Adam, mm. it's a staff. It's a staff, okay, <laughs> staff, a sorry. Ooh, Gandalf and his stick. Come on, you know? <laughs> I think the shillelagh. Yeah. Oh, definitely the shillelagh. Mainly because the shillelagh was used... Like, actually, they later tonight, I think, is one of the only times I can remember the Boogeyman's cane being used in a non-zombie creating mm -hmm. environment. I was going to say, thank you very much. The zombie Santino Morella and the spirit of him would very much appreciate you putting some respect on that storyline. <laughs> Mamma mia! Brains! <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Lashley. I don't know who took 
the biggest, strongest, meanest, and seemingly stiffest, most legitimate athlete on the roster and said, why don't you Ron Simmons, the former stiffest, meanest, baddest motherfucker, why don't you take his finisher move and do it yourself? Mm. Who's queuing up to take the Dominator from Bobby Lashley? Not many people, I imagine. No. Good. I actually think I'd rather take it from Ron Simmons. Yeah. I think so, yeah. He's more of a squat, you know? But whereas Bobby just like, whoop, there you go. Yeah, scary as fuck. Ouch. Rob Van Dam, the drop kick with the chair off the ladder so onto cool. another ladder. Unbelievable. Massive ECW chance. Yeah. yeah. He's so over here. I feel sad for Matt Hardy, who was like the toast of MySpace, but six short months ago. And whatever they did to him, we talked about it in SummerSlam 05, they've done him dirty because he gets booze. He gets yeah. mixed reactions and booze. And he's it's lost not, it. We hate you. It's just that, no, not you, the other guys. That's it. I actually keep forgetting he's even in this match. Yeah. Like, many such, faves. A, such a non-factor here. I know, Matt, he, he takes his licks in this match. He does. But I think he is number six in a in a crowded field of six That's big it. boys. We've, we've described know? a lot of cool spots here that make everyone shine. And I feel like Matt didn't really have a sort no. of like shining moment. Rob trying to do the frog splash off the ladder. And he said in an interview that legitimately he was too high up. And he was like, yeah, and looked down and went, can't do a, fo- a frog splash, so weep. Oh, just a regular splash. Yes, uh, don't take me out of context when I said Rob Van Dam was too high to do a frog sake. splash. Not like that, all what's, right? What's, what's, what's the deal with being too high to do it then? Like, I don't understand how... As in, with the five star, the moves that you do to actually, actually wink, you know? The, the flowing, like, throwing the limbs out and doing the yes, little thing. Yes, he went too far forward by oh, actually having to extend his arms and legs. That pushes it could also forward. Go, it could also go wrong as well because the way he kicks out could topple the ladder. That's true. And let me ah. tell you, you know, as, a, as, a, as a team watching this, seeing Rob fucking excel, do a cool move and everyone in this WrestleMania crowd break out into unanimous ECW chant, mm. I was a fever fucking bitch. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know I'd had a, a couple of months now of downloading a classic ECW yeah, pay-per-views. You're talking to the man who the first purchase he ever made on eBay was buying two ECW DVDs and my mum wouldn't let me use her credit cards so I had to go and get postal orders from the bank. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy just said, yeah, no, those aren't legal tender here and I didn't get my DVDs. No. And he got my 12 euros. Oh, fucker. I was all about, like, I was the classic ECW fan who's the biggest fan in the world and he probably put all the ECW I watched in the world back to back it was probably like six hours <laughs> you know because I would just get my bits here and there when I yeah. could and I was like yeah wrestling's violent wrestling has kind of stepped away from the mainstream and embraced the kind of the internet and it seems to have embraced their, or at least not embraced but hardcore fans feel like they literally have a voice now more than ever mm. you can fucking hear them in all the shows yeah here we go ECW baby it's happening and that's why when someone like me takes a picture on Facebook where it's just me stood for loads of bottles of Pepsi Max because of another podcast I do and I wear an ECW shirt I get comments saying like it's never coming back it's so sad that what you think what the fuck is that it's so sad that you think that what just wearing a t-shirt means yeah. like, I'm, I'm campaigning I'm for this I'm actively one ECW <laughs> yeah. ECW is very dead and buried and it had many burials and re-earthings mm. but at this time it was exciting yeah I bet very I bet it was so. Shell Benjamin uh, warps onto the ladder. So cool. Mm. Excellent camera work yeah. here. Like, you've got the, the tight shot of RVD climbing the ladder, and then from out of nowhere off screen, Shell Benjamin goes bang and lands right on the very top of it. And him and Mass, they get knocked off the ladder, and it feels like the classic Christian situation where it's like, I'm going to take it. Oh no, it's yeah. way worse. That's really fucking way more. I bit off way more than I thought I could chew here. Yeah, Shelton miraculously did land on his head. Yeah. Matt looked like he took a fucking serious tumble and then some. 
Rob Van Dam climbs up Mr. Money in the Bank and he falls off in a way that you can't appreciate how beautiful it is until you see it super slow-mo. Mm. Like he does his cool like fucking karate fucking pose. All the way down. This was fucking great. Yeah, what an amazing One of my favourite ladder matches. Yeah. yeah. Is it the fact that there's six guys? It's not all high flyers? Why is it so much more compelling than... I mean, I would watch Money in the Bank we have a Money in the Bank pay-per-view these days we'll get two of these with like ten people in them. I think it's a different type of guys it like, is it's, it's a good variety of bodies and a, characters you've got, a, you've got a brawler you've got a strong man you've got high flyers you've got yeah. Ric Flair yeah everyone felt like they got their go yes you absolutely know? apart like, from apart maybe from not Matt Hardy yeah, yeah maybe yeah. not yeah backstage with the XWF slash Tough Enough's own Josh Matthews who's interviewing New Hall of Fame inductee and the first announcer ever inducted into the Hall of Fame, which is wild. It's me, Gene Okerlund. Here he is. Ah, oh, right up a big bar tab last night. A womp bump, do dump, a dump, bump, do do This is great. Randy Orton tries it and he can't get a fucking. Mean Gene's bulletproof. Like, right? imagine if he RKO'd him. That's like, what I was waiting like, for. That's what I was waiting I, I couldn't would... remember what happened here, but I was like. Just imagine just an RKO from off screen. Like, yeah. Oh, blow it out your ass, Orton. <laughs> he, just, he, he walks off. Randy seemed shaky as fuck here to yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's good at this point. I know he's had great matches with yeah. The Undertaker. That's it. But he's firmly established by now. Yeah, he's, the, had, he's the legend killer. He's yeah. had a world title reign to his name. Yeah. You know, but don't know what it was. Cold, cold interview. I think maybe part of what I convinced myself was that he gets so much better years later that you just can't help but compare him to what he would become. It's true. I love yeah. the idea that, like, because obviously this segment is Randy interrupts it and then Batista shows up and stares down it's, Randy. Batista is here and he is hurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I like the idea that that's obviously unscheduled. In kayfabe, it was like, okay, we had a great ladder match. Let's just have Josh Matthews talk to Mean Gene yeah. for a minute. Rand, you know, nice cool down here, you know. Batista gives himself a calendar year to win back the world title, which is an exciting and generous uh, deadline you set himself. Yeah. Batista is in the midst of his biggest run, but also is in the midst of his biggest run of injuries. Those two mm. things coincided. The man had to give the belt up many times. Yeah. But I'm sure he'll he'll pop he, up in yeah. some of the brand dual branded shows. Well, I'm See pretty him. sure he, I've, I've been pretty sure by WrestleMania 23 he is the champion, so he does he does keep his word. Yeah, okay. that's true. Oh, this next bit, fuck me. What this the fuck so, is he, this? He'll think. Oh yeah. man. Ladies and gentlemen, Hall of Famer, right. Hitman Hart was uncomfortable participating in this evening's event. However, at this time, would you please welcome the class of 2006 WWE Hall of Fame inductee! Howard Finkel, who we now know more than ever, took shit like this so personally yeah. and to heart, is the bad guy here. Ladies and gentlemen, Hall of Famer, Brett the Hitman Hart, pause, yeah, everyone get ready to get your hopes up, is not comfortable being here tonight. What the fuck? Out of the mouth of Vincent Man spews that poison. You couldn't let it go, could you? No. One fucking night. Seriously, I thought we were trying to court Brett back into the good books at this mm. point in time, and you're going out of WrestleMania and saying, sorry everyone, Brett didn't feel comfortable coming here to see all of you. Yeah, it's making it sound like Brett's too much of a pussy. It right? is. It fucking buries him. It's, it's such, I was like watching that and I was like, okay, there's going to be an angle later on. No, th that's literally it. That's the mention of Brett tonight. I thought that was in such poor taste. So shitty of him. Making Howard yeah. say it. And by doing that, you probably 
probably just added an extra three years to when he would have probably come back the following year yeah. if you handled this in a classy way. Like, and I get it. He's put you in a difficult position and he doesn't want to play ball the way you want to play ball. But like, fucking hell, lads. You're serious. He, he's talking to you seven years after his brother has died pretty yep. much on your on your watch. It's a miracle he came back at all. Yeah, like, like you, he, you don't, literally, you don't deserve this. No. You no. know? And I'm not saying that as like kind of a, I'm on the hands and knees praising Bret Hart as the god of all things wrestling. But it's like, just from a human point of view, like, yeah, don't. It, there's no expectations when what's happened to him and what's happened to his family that he comes back. That's it. Not comfortable. And like, Fuck I, off. I get it from like a you know a logistic standpoint. If you've got Brett's back now, he's back in the Hall of Fame. Oh, but he's refusing to come to WrestleMania. That's annoying. Yeah, it's shit. But don't fucking go out on television and be like, oh, he's not comfortable being here. <laughs> Joe was just walking through uh, while I was watching this and she saw that and went, you fucking say it, Vince. Like, yes, yeah, seriously. You go back and you own that, that that even Or even saying, like, uh, due to circumstances, unfortunately, Bret Hart is unable to come to Some tonight. Some bullshit But excuse. here's the 2006 Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't need to say he's not comfortable I with know. it. I know. It's such it, a it, burial. It, it, it's, it's telling the truth in the wrong way. Yeah. It, it, it taints... I think the, the night before the Hall of Fame speech, which mm. I think is a very healing, important moment, which I think immediately got overshadowed by this. Well, imagine you know? your Brett seeing that. Like, he's like, okay, I'm starting to make peace with this whole thing now. Nope. And he sees Fink go out and say that Brett's uncomfortable being here. Yeah, well, poor Fink, poor Brett, poor crowd having to fucking yeah. you know, get that dinner. But I will say, the Hall of Fame class coming out. Oh, what a, a class. What, what a, a class. class. And this made me feel so fucking happy. Mean Gene, Tony Atlas... Sherry Martel. Oh, she looks so good here. She's so fucking like she's so so happy. Yes. Like it feels like it's like Bobby Heenan at WrestleMania 17. It's yep. like she got this, and I know that it was not a nice end. You know, she died far too young. She didn't get her proverbial flowers the way she should have. Yeah. But she got a great Hall of Fame speech, and you might like if the Hall of Fame doesn't mean much to you as a wrestling fan that's absolutely fine that's your prerogative that's fine you know there's lots of reasons to not like it but you can't deny people who need something like this that's it. and I feel like yeah she needed this and yeah this was fucking nice that's it even you if know? you boil it down to just like it's a nod it's a nice nod yeah. for her mm. like, and she looked fucking great she did yeah. she looked amazing she I'd looked have put like her back on TV she was brimming with joy like it was very wholesome not brimming with joy where Taz who gets pissed and starts screaming at J.R. and King be like you guys are part of this you can you literally say anything at any point here's Vern Gagne at any point you want <laughs> any point you want like, you know Fridge Perry and the big, big pop out of me when, when Melina showed up with Fridge Perry. This was big, like, wearing a massive white wedding gown on the day of someone else's mm, wedding. Yeah. I'm pretty sure all the other divas got a memo saying, you know, you're just here to be valets, whatever. Melina coming out with the big, like, it's a WrestleMania entrance yeah. attire. Mm. The big fucking puffy dress, the huge flower, the headpiece. Yeah. This made me laugh so much. The Blackjacks! Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Right again. Oh, no, they don't. I thought you could have Bradshaw stand in for a moment and absolutely <laughs> fun. Like, Vicky and Chavo out as well for Eddie. Lovely. Touching moments. Yep. Genuinely made me emotional when when, when Chavo leaves um, Vicky on her own and the Blackjacks just walk across the stage yeah. to her, yeah. hug her and lift her up her arms. Genuinely made me so emotional. Yeah. Yeah, like, Sherry comes over as well. And it's just like the people who like know what a fucking big deal this is. Yeah. I think that elevated something beyond just the kind of the, the rudimentary and I think even the, you know, the, the standard just here, he, here yeah. they are here he is that would have been fine seeing that made it feel like 
I mean, moments like that made it feel like it's a valid thing in the Hall of Fame mm. for me. That's like, it. You know? And, and Vicky's not, like, overcome with emotions or anything. She's just smiling. She looks yeah. grateful. She looks like she's just really happy that everyone is showing such appreciation for Eddie. I will say, the timing of that and then following up with this match mm. was probably the worst thing on this show yeah. in many respects. Because now we've got the US Championship on the line as Chris Benoit takes on John Bradshaw Layfield in what Michael Cole promises will be the most physical match of the night. And the whole gimmick of this is that JBL has been bragging that he beat Eddie Guerrero for the WWE title back in 04. And if he beats Benoit tonight for the US belt, it makes him the greatest technical wrestler of all time. Bradshaw, more than most, probably in his mind, is justified in doing the Eddie stuff. Mm. But it's six months since he died. Yeah. And this was like, fucking, this was salacious. Yeah. You know? And also... I think, I mean, I've seen him do it with Ray, and I kind of feel like, you know, I did that for the JBL episode recently of How To, and I, you know, okay, that's one thing, because a few years have passed, but the fact that it's with Benoit, mm. it was just mm. too much, too much to, too much to defend it. this, I think, but as well. Benoit was so personally affected by Eddie's passing, like, it seems really fucking tasteless to put him in this angle six months later. Much experience with John Bradshaw Layfield, this gimmick, Adam? Oh, again, this is one of the things that I saw a little glimpse of every now and then. I saw him versus Eddie at Judgment Day, oh, I think. My, my granddad yeah. had that on tape. and I watched see a very bloody match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I'd seen a little bit of it, and I had that initial shock of like, that's Bradshaw? But I immediately <laughs> got it. When I saw him do the powerbomb and like mime putting a cigar out on someone's back, I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck it. Okay, I get this guy. He's a fat cat. Yeah. Great gimmick. Isn't it? And he, I, only he could do it. Yes. Yeah. Because it's him. Yeah. It's the real him. And <laughs> like, that's it. It's like, you know, we when we did it on How To, the big takeaway from it was there's not many people in wrestling where it is enjoyable to watch the person get beat up. Someone who recognises... You know, the, the loathability of them, the hatefulness yes. that they exude for other reasons, hamming it up and then giving you this guy get beat up over and over and over again. Yep. More so than even the Dudley boys who in ECW had a bit of that where it's like, we know how much you fucking hate us. We're mm. going to give you us being killed. But like JBL was so often the buffoon, you know, yes. mm. and I just love, love the whole presentation. He has to have the fucking stage lifted up for the limo. <laughs> Lift the whole ramp up. <laughs> He's got like... Jillian Hall. Do you know what Jillian's actual title is? She's not his manager. She's chief of staff? No, she's the image consultant. Image <laughs> consultant. Because after he's lost the belt, he's like, fuck it, like, I'm I'm losing. Like, everyone thinks I'm a loser. And, like, she had been Eminem's image consultant, you right. know, because they have the whole kind of paparazzi gimmick. And he's like, you know, how about you? And she's like, well, look, I can take all these supposed failures. I can put a good spin on it to make people think that, hey, you know, and her thing is we're going to rebrand you as the All-American Basically because the US belt is easier for you to win. <laughs> I, I thought it was great. The one downside is I thought her gimmick going from being like kind of business lady, kind of like a Deborah gimmick, mm. to here she's just doing the Texas thing, which makes her seem like she's ripping off Trish Stratus a little bit here. Mm. You know, because when she's the, the blonde with the cowboy hat and yeah, all that, it's probably that. a little bit on the head here. His quest to become the greatest technical wrestler of all time and also to escape... Scathing signs like beefy jerk slash beef jerky. Very good. <laughs> yeah. And this is a very grain based match to begin with. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's because he wants to prove himself as a technical wrestler. Yeah. yeah. It is it is refreshing. It's it's well paced in the cards in that respect. But I don't know. more than ever, I, I think it's uh, 
I'm reaching critical mass with watching Chris Benoit here mm. because it's one thing we're watching. So, we're so close. We're to so it. close to that, and also to Eddie as well. Yeah. And it's like I can watch maybe 2000 Chris Benoit put on a clinic with Chris Jericho and put that to one side, but like we're in literally in the shadow no, of the but, death yeah. of Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Men- men- <sighs> mentally, it is like behind the scenes, he is spiraling. Yeah. And he he looks. Pretty fucking rough here, mm. you know. And the problem with that is that when you're looking pretty fucking rough, it's like, oh, but he looks haggard and rugged. That's he looks, it. Like, he looks like a man. He's the crippler. He's meant to look scary, but it's actually just a bit upsetting. Mm. Like, yeah, and it's at the point when they started doing like the, you know, the Eddie Guerrero dance after the, you know, and he's using the referee, like kind of like Eddie. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Then he busts out the three amigos, and the crowd goes kind of quiet. Like mm. you can just hear Jillian going, "Yeah." Yeah, there's nothing sacred from the crowd. Like that's it. That's you might as well grab the mic and go, Eddie Guerrero. Like you yeah. might as well have at this point. So you on know? The it was diminishing returns. With Benoit being a technical wrestler, Taz points out here that everything he does is with purpose. He always moves with reason. And you know, as, as we well know about Chris Benoit, when he rests, he rests in reason. He rests in reason. Yeah, Benoit doing the three amigos is officially the most cursed thing ever. Yeah. That, the match has officially entered morbid territory. Yeah. Then he immediately goes for fucking Air Canada, jumps three quarters of the way across the yeah. ring and lands Makes... full force on his head. Yeah, but get some fucking distance there. Yeah. That's got to make it worse, right? The further the distance, the higher the fall. Like, you know, mm. I would have thought the velocity is going to be a bit more powerful there. Wasn't there a period of time when Benoit would do that and he would just kind of fall that yeah, short? Tip over, yeah, yeah. That's got to be a little bit less fucking. I mean. Just don't do it for Don't be stop. doing it like. Don't do it. Hey, Brian Danielson, stop fucking doing that diving Please. headbutt already. Literally, Harley Race on his deathbed was like, stop doing the diving headbutt. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, more? <laughs> <laughs> now that he's dead, it's not gimmick infringement anymore. Hey, yeah. fill your boots with fucking oh. concussions. I did like the finish, the clothesline from hell being missed. Then mm. he going for the German and then grabbing the referee and then getting the cross face and then being reversed again into a roll up, grabbing the ropes. That was good where it's like JBL, he had the speed of a technician, but instead of doing a wrestling move, he did something sneaky as as quick Mm. as that. Which again made me think of Eddie Guerrero and again it was like, yep, there's a lot of death in this match. Badly. JBL picks up the win and he kind of, you know, stumbles around. It was short. I think this is a match that has been lost to the history. Out out of like... If we didn't have the context we had, this would be a good match. Yeah, fine. It's, it's, It's just one of those... Matches that has an unfortunate amount of context. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, e- even so, with that said, they, it, they were a bit generous themselves and taken from Eddie and that's all that. That's it. That wasn't an unfortunate accident or anything. That was them choosing yeah. to do all this Eddie stuff, and that is definitely tasteless. Uh, more on Eddie Guerrero later on tonight, folks. Uh... King explains that Jim Ross, who is not the regular announcer on Raw, he then brought back to call the demise of Shawn Michaels at the hands <laughs> of Vince McMahon. So just so we know that, but then immediately they turn and go, and the normal announcer is going to be here tonight for this which is uh joey styles who's a special special hardcore announcer and he deserves to be here i mean say oh he deserves to be here everyone be nice you know his chair was a little bit bigger than everyone no. else's yeah is that to make him look smaller like a hobbit like it's so funny like no it's actually a kind of perspective thing he's actually sat a lot closer you see than uh, jim <laughs> ross is it's mick foley it's edge it's a hardcore match and let me tell you the story they tell here simple but effective. Lads, when I said earlier I'm glad that I didn't watch the Raws, this is why. I had no idea this match was on this show. I fucking screamed when I saw this. It shocked the world! I stand before you, your new WWE champion. And being the champion, I do what I want, when I want. 
Match I was showing you guys when I first met you. Like, yes, you one, did. Of my, one of my DVDs this on Sandbox. There, there is a story. Yeah, this is a very specific match. We were watching this in our flat in second <laughs> year, and we were like midway through it, and there was blood everywhere. Our housemate Katie comes in. And she's immediately dismissive and rude about the whole thing. Like, oh, this is all fake, in it. And we've had at this point a lot of cider. Yes. Not, yeah. enough, not enough cider where we begin to shout about Chris Benoit as we usually ended up we're doing. We're still loud. <laughs> we're still we're loud. very loud. And everyone's come home from like a long day or whatever and finds these three lads sat in the couch like, yeah, fucking get him, Mick. <laughs> like, and Katie comes over and starts mouthing off about how fake everything is. And at this point, a table has been set on fire and Kevin just turns around and bellows like, and I suppose that's fake as well, is it? That's just a load of orange crate paper. (laughs) (laughs) And she went, all right. And (laughs) she just walked away. (laughs) And I think that was the last time you two interacted. No, because that Christmas, I ate all of her peanuts. Oh, you did, actually. (laughs) Which was revenge for the Micker. (laughs) But the story here is very simple. Mick Foley's never had a WrestleMania moment. And this is one of the first times I remember them pushing the Wrestlemania moment as like a thing Mm. you know I love it you know they tried to get Edge over being like you know I've never lost to Wrestlemania I'm like the Undertaker whereas you Mick you've never won I'm like uh and then he goes of course you've had your tag wins (laughs) and your DQ victories but those don't actually count I don't care what anyone says Mick Foley and Terry Funk on a fucking forklift oh yeah that's a Wrestlemania moment it is maybe not your typical Wrestlemania moment but it is one nonetheless but the story of this really is that Mick Foley came back for WrestleMania 20, tagging with The Rock, and whatever reason, 
he thought the match was the drizzling shits. Mm. Or at least his involvement in it was the drizzling shits. He thought that Dwayne, who'd come back for one last go, that was the last time Rock would be back for a long old time. Yep. He thought Randy, Rick, Batista, he thought he let them all down, that it was the first time he was wrestling in a match where he thought his body couldn't do what his mind had envisioned. Mm. And this was Mick who had dropped like 60 pounds thereabouts. Yeah. Mm. He was as light and as in good a shape cardio-wise as he said he was at fucking mind games with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. That's the Mick that we had. And he was like down the dumps. Following month, him and Randy had considerably an all-time classic. Yes. Absolutely fantastic yeah. match. Love that match. And this is Mick who's now, he signed a contract that's like, you'll have a couple of matches a year will bring you back for storylines but the idea is that you'll be used for big high profile matches and the reality is is that Mick had made a lot of investments when he retired in 2000 mm. and he thought a lot of things would come to the forefront in 01 like the, the promises of more books he thought that the investments he made a lot of property he invested in and I'm not sure it's the case because I'm sure there's always the way where you think I'm setting aside money for a rainy day and then the rainy day comes you go that's not enough money for a yes. rainy day mm. I need more he also said that genuinely, like, the investments didn't pan out. Yeah. And also, you know, Titan Brown, Scooter, they didn't sell enough. Mm -hmm. He was not the, the type of author who could make a living off of books. So he had to come back to wrestling. I love the barefaced honesty I, of that. You know, that's a it, you know? A lot of people would be too embarrassed to admit and be like, oh, well, I just I wanted to do it for the fans or whatever. And yeah. I love that Mick is very upfront and be like, I needed the money. That You know, things didn't work out the way I mm. hoped they would. Like, I mean, it's, it's admirable. It's still a bit grim. It is. Yeah. Well, I think but this, he's doing all right. Like, here's the thing, right? This is the period of time where I like I've read McFoley's hardcore diaries, which I'm always <laughs> pushing to go on the bibliotech <laughs> because he run, runs down this entire period and he just shits all over it. He's really? just like everything about this. He says this match, yeah, it's all right, but you can see my underwear for all of us. Oh you, man, that's not true. I don't feel like I, I didn't notice that. I didn't well, it's very much like when my mate pointed out the red light in the cinema that one time. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. So I officially apologise. You can only look <laughs> at the. No, that's not an undershirt. Those are high fruit of the looms from Mrs. Foley's baby boy Aww. in this one. But it's here for the money. But that doesn't I mean, hey folks, it's wrestling. Yeah, everyone's here for the money. Yeah, like, and you he's know? not phoning it in <laughs> by any stretch. I think you'll be surprised, Adam. There's a lot of great Foley matches that you've probably never even thought of. I'm very fucking excited. Yeah, that Flair match, I'm fucking jazzed for. Let mm. me tell you, and I think we got Flair and Foley in an I Quit match. Think about that. Someone in this kind of position as well, where it's like. You know, at WrestleMania 20, when he came back for that handicap tag match, I do think it was meant to be, like, his last match again or whatever. And there's a big difference between someone, like, wrestling on a contract where they know they're wrestling multiple times a year mm. versus someone that's trying to have that last mm. ever match. Yeah, that's it. Like, You've got five or six, pace yourself. That's it. Think of the story and all that. But, you know, it'll be interesting to look back on this because I know Mick has started his own podcast and he's been, you know, reminiscing in, yeah. in between bouts of great sympathy for Vince McMahon. And just, uh... oh, the idea... Poor Vince. Poor Vince. Sat in his hotel no, room. No one signed a non-disclosure agreement that says we can't wish him happy birthday, guys. <laughs> Get over it. Like. Your best friend's a monster. Get over it. Like. <laughs> also, he's not your best friend and he's not signing your checks anymore. Yeah. It's another guy. Like. <laughs> I have to ask you guys a very important question as I figured you've more expertise in this area than me. Hmm. Edge compared Mick Foley as having turned into a human muppet and lost his way as a hardcore oh. icon. Which Muppet would Mick Foley be? 
Fozzie Bear. Yeah, it's got to be. It's straight up Fozzie Bear, yeah, right? Yeah. It, like... There's a bit of animal. I can hear Mick the... say Waka Waka. Yeah, for sure. And there's a little bit of animal with the sort of like, and you know, kind of losing it a little bit. Foley in Japan is animal, maybe a little bit. Like, yeah, probably. Or Gonzo going out of a cannon. You know he would have if he could have done it, like. Lots of people in the world of wrestling have got chemistry, and that can happen inside the ring and also on the announce desk. And there are many permutations of announcers in 2006, and I never thought I'd be seeing the day where the missing ingredient somehow was Jonathan Coachman, because Jesus Christ, Joey Styles and Jerry the King Lawler are like two lads who've been forced to make friends at someone else's birthday party. They just can't work on the same page they're two different styles completely joey's got all the bits he wants to say losing my wrestlemania virginity here tonight that's his, his kind of body ecw-esque line that he's doing and jerry lawler's like yeah joey styles you're losing your hardcore virginity here tonight. no nope. well, well actually can you actually know because i've actually called qu- qu- quite a few hardcore matches <laughs> it's like the line is my wrestlemania forget it oh these lads don't work well together at all. No. And Joey doesn't work well with anyone, really. No, he's he, a solo guy. He's a solo guy. I don't like Joey Styles giving me fucking, like, like he calls Lita a scintillating sex... No. This scintillating sex pot, Lita. Nah. And, like, you know what? There was a line I heard, again, it was Gorwitz's book, he referred... Heyman called Edge and Lita at this point the Mickey and Mallory of the WWE. Right. Referring to, you know, natural born killers. Mm. I was like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. That's what, they, they're not Bonnie and Clyde. Is, they're, yeah, they are Mickey. They exactly are. What they are yeah. They're nihilists for everyone except themselves. They're they, evil and horny, baby. And they're having a great fucking time and you can't have any of their fun. Just be like, whoa, look at the Bajangas on Lita. Yeah. Team Extreme, look at those extremely big Bodinga Damadus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joey, we get it, like. I've always had quite a low opinion of Joey Styles based on, like, his real-life politics and opinions. I used and to worship the ground this man walked on. The bits of ECW I saw, I don't like the one-man commentator. He'd always make such edgy, crass comments and stuff. It really rubbed me up the wrong way. There's the reason we've not reviewed lots of ECW because mm. we think it might be diminishing returns. But i got to say here, this he says here during Mick's entrance this gave me chills this is like such an amazing call and a lengthy one at that that he just rolls off perfectly he said can the father of four jolly old Saint Mick dig deep enough inside himself and find the evil son of a bitch that left an ear in Germany left burning flesh in Japan left buckets of blood on five continents and god knows how many years of his life in hell in a cell in Pittsburgh you literally get what? the goosebumps yeah. <laughs> what just a that. that's a call that's a, a call man career summary yeah. of all of Mick Foley's most bloody accomplishments it's, it's a shame that he's not in an environment where it's kind of there's no yes and with these comments that's the problem it feels like I had more fucking chemistry with Joey Styles at Wrestlemania fan access yes you know and I feel like that paragraph I read out there that amazing call you could just sense King next to him being like <laughs> oh oh oh, oh, oh t- are you still talking oh, eh, eh. mm. trying to get a word in like I'm father of four but leader's got four moves <laughs> 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 uh, Joey Styles for every great call he has like that there's always the the, the reach and the try hard 
Mick Foley wearing a darker shade of flannel here tonight, King. Could it indicate a darker element of his person? And you can see the red flannel underneath it. <laughs> that's if it, never mind his underwear. That's the part that made me go, "Oh, Mick!" Is that the Cactus Jack reveal is already ruined the second yeah. you see him because you can see it underneath that top. If you're going to be Cactus Jack, you need to come out to the Cactus Jack music, yeah. and yeah. you have to have Cactus written on your trousers. Sweatpants is Mick Foley or mankind. That's it. No, no exceptions. <laughs> this is not Cactus Jack because I'm his fucking much Cactus Jack walking around just around the house like wearing a t-shirt then and a pair of Zabaz absolutely not it's all Micker to start here yes you know and he, he, there's a great little uh, WWE Untold on the network they do these little kind of extended behind the scenes about certain matches mm. or little, little storylines some of them are yeah but the one with Edge and Mick is really nice talking about their relationship and how this match came about and Foley talking about you know the pre-match ritual you know Tori Amos listen to it over and over again believing he can be that guy but still in the back of his mind there's that little oh fuck Wrestlemania 20 though mm. you know the big night the big match I might I might fuck it up and he says that literally that first cookie sheet shot from Edge makes him be like I'm fucking Mick Foley yeah and we get this flurry from him where he does it's like you know you never saw it maybe you saw it in 97 once or twice where it's like fucking Foley on offense he's yeah. all like, dominating if, if Foley like... dominates this is what happened you're in the corner you get the forearms you do the fucking the, the face smash you do the big knee like yep. He's all. He's more mobile than he was in '99. Yeah. Feels like it. Yeah. yeah. We, we get a call from Joey at one point, which made me say Jesus out loud, which is after the cookie sheet shot, where he says you can almost feel the brain of Mick Foley swilling inside the skull. Jesus. Swilling or swelling? I I rewound I rewound it because I thought is, is he saying swirling? Is it, yeah. It's, but no, he's saying he's saying swilling. I think. Wow. Like Either way, liquefied. that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lee starts throwing weapons to Edge, and Joey just goes, and she is desirable. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I I really enjoy this match, but I I can't help but feel I don't know if you guys disagree, but I can't help feel that this is beneath Edge. How that, so? Because he was the I, champ and in January, yeah, Ed, Edge. Yeah, I I feel like Edge should be higher up the card. So I know, and I know fighting someone as legendary as as mm. Mick is a great thing, but like, and I and they're both great in this match and have great chemistry together. But I just feel like Edge should have been. On having different different matches. Yeah. We're, we're gonna have a lot of people now. We already had Rob, but there's gonna be a fair few people who are coming around 2006 going like, I should be higher up the old card than this. And I mean, that's usually you know that's good to have that. You want to have people like that on your roster to an extent because that shows that there's a you know a, a, another tier of, of star ready yeah. to take the ball or viewing themselves that way. But yeah, Edge getting the one month title reign against John Cena. As much as I don't think it did Edge any favors, I think the real person who damaged him was John Cena. Yeah, because it just hate him, it man. rubber stamped him as the guy who was going to take opportunities away from people like yes. Edge, even though like that's not what Cena's remit was at all. You know, he just wanted to make he was just doing what he was told, doing what he was yeah. told. You know, and it's weird as well. You know, Leah's like being pitched as like this evil, evil Jezebel in this match, but they're not talking like she's an evil Jezebel they're talking about just how fucking hot she is yeah and like I was 18 years old watching this and I just could not view her in that way it's like my sister had turned heel or something like that <laughs> just because I just remembered Lee as being like yay Lee a team extreme yep. from when I was like a little kid and it'd be like she was like she was like the only wrestler who like any girls when you even tangentially watch wrestling were like yeah Leah she's cool mm. so the idea of her being like this fucking like old school Jezebel you know seductress was really jarring for me mm. and 
I think it's jarring for her as well. This woman who's been through a life sex celebration. It'll be interesting looking at Lita's career winding up as it does by the end of yeah. 06. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, because I know you were, you were a team extreme aficionado back in the 90s, Adam. Yeah, and specifically Lita. I was mad about Lita. Like, obviously, I had a huge crush on her as a kid, but I also just thought she was fucking amazing. Like, she was cool. She could actually wrestle. Like... I heard little bits and pieces about Lita being an awful... Like, you know, everyone fucking talked about the live sex celebration. Yeah. Wrestling fans or not, that made the playgrounds. Sure. like And I was really like, Lita? That doesn't add up. It no did, none of it made any sense to me. And I will say, while I feel bad for her that she got put through the fucking ringer emotionally with all the stuff they made her do... She's all in here. She plays the yeah. role very, very for well. Sure. And it's not an easy thing to be the third person, man or woman, in a match where two people are, you know, throwing weapon shots and letting yeah. blood liberally... And I think she stands her ground. She takes a lot more than you think she would. Yeah, she oh, takes yeah. some licks tonight. She does. And, you know, in that untold, both both men got out of the way to praise her as being like, you know, the glue that held it together. Like mm. she was kind of getting stuff ready, you know, the gimmicks, the next... Prepping and that's shit. What's great about this match is that there's a great escalation. It's like, this bit's about the barbed wire. You yeah. know, we get the spear, which is a great callback to the Bret Hart Goldberg, you yes. know, gimmick. Where underneath there's the barbed wire, Edge has got the arm all covered in blood. That's you know, that's a great starting point there. Mm. And we build off of that, you know, we get the barbed wire bat after there. Or as it's known affectionately, Barbie. Yeah. This is the named bat. I wonder, do you remember any other named weapons in wrestling? People who've given a specifically a name to their... Well, didn't Abyss have... Was it Janice? Janice was Abyss, Janice. which is two by four covered in nails. Yeah. Mitch, the houseplant. That, that was, was used as a weapon, it that's was. true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a very brief character, Mitch. We got Floyd, which is Jericho's baseball bat in AEW. Oh, okay. Didn't which know is that. Like the most unnecessary. It's called a baseball bat, man. Like, I know. love Walking Dead, baby. Woo! <laughs> I like gimmicks! <laughs> uh, we also, of course, have Angela, which is the sword named after Drew McIntyre's mother. Oh, I didn't know. Well, you, but you can't use that as a weapon, Kevin. <laughs> hey! Mad Cat Moss, this close, man. I know, this he's close. Gonna kill him. I'm going to kill you, Mad Cat Moss. No, please, I'm just a jester. Still desperate for him to use it like Triple H uses. A sledgehammer put his hand over the end of it. <laughs> I guess Socko is technically a foreign that is, accent. Yeah, that's true. There's got to be others. There have to be more. Please write in. Let Please us know. Let us know. Cactus clothesline over the top, going over the ropes with Lita on his back. Yeah. That's some fucking Luna on Vader's back yeah. taking the Vader bomb shit there. Scary. Like, she just ragdolls. She just goes like... Yep. You know, she lands carefully on her arse, but man, she could have landed... Like That's a scary spot right yeah. there and then some... Mick and the hip toss into the stairs. Oh, earth shattering. Mm. That, that might be the loudest I think I've ever seen Mick hit a And he likes to take him, doesn't he? he like, does. I don't think he's ever been thrown that hard into him. And I know, like, this thing, I, I know this is coming after him and Randy, where you know, like, he can fucking still go, man. Yep. But this is the point where I'm like, yeah, but after that match, that's it. Like, cause Foley, where, is the, where can you go from there? Like, And I think a big part of this, you know, is the fact that Foley's probably, you know, he's not the 97 Foley here anymore. He's put that weight back on. He's, you know, bordering 300 pounds here. Mm. You, know, you, you know, he's still quite maneuverable in the ring and his cardio is still there and all that. But I think a big part of the reaction for me watching this, and I think this live crowd here is, they're reckoning we're going outside of what we would have expected from this Mick. Mm. You know, which is the Mick who's not the Mick of 2004 even. This yes. is 2006. Like, you know, he's feeling the effects of those 04 mm. matches. That's why he can't go now. But you don't take it for granted. He's like. giving you fucking everything and then some here. He's just wearing comfier trousers. This is my third time watching this match and I think maybe it's the context of watching it in a full WrestleMania but having this go on in the middle of a WrestleMania where you've got the likes of like Josh Matthews hanging out with Mean Gene yeah, backstage, yeah, yeah. it genuinely shocked me how violent this is. Yeah. Like, it feels like you've like 
gone through time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it does. And again, this is this is not, not ECW. This is WWE that's presented yeah, this. Purely, maybe we're bringing back ECW at the same time as well. Interesting. This is on the same car that we have another street fight later on. Yeah. They were going to try and make this a cage match, but these guys fought for it to get it back to be a hardcore rules match. And I think it's all the better for it. Good call. I don't see McFoley trying to climb a cage in this no. day and age. You know. The boom when he's thrown head first onto that ramp. Oh god. My god. Egg has got the perfect combination here of seeming vicious when he's on offense and seeing terrified of what he might be unleashing in mm. this like dark sided cactus Love jack, that. you know? It, it edges mannerisms and facials throughout this whole match are like fucking tippity top tier. Like. And like there's great logic there. It's like him spraying Mick with kerosene. It's like he's doing this because he's sadistic. He's also doing this because Oh, fuck, it's Mick Foley. This I'm scared. i got to set him on fire. I can't think yeah. of anything else to do, you know? Edge gets the fucking barbed wire bat and he busts Mick up with it. Mm. And that's the dark fucking, the near black sauce coming out of him oh, there. Yeah. Thick blood. He's hit the daddy's vein there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All over your bacon sandwich. <laughs> Extra salty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, it's April. It's time for some tax. And it's, oh. it's Leah who brings him out for Edge. And my mind was just blown, even though Randy took him with a crop top. And I thought, yeah. that's the extent the hunks of WWE mm. will take it. Uh-uh. Edge takes the whole god, I can't believe it, and, the whole thing. And, and his reaction, obviously, there's a little bit of selling and there's a little bit of... There's no way that doesn't hurt. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. just Edge's selling of just mouth open, doing the anime sort of... Yeah, oh, I can't and believe just, my just, son doused me in thumbtacks. Just, oh. just sat up with his arms shaking. Yeah, is a, is a great fucking sound. So good, brutal. I think it's possibly one of the widest coverages we've ever gotten of thumbtacks. Oh yeah, he gets on, all of them in there, on a bear like... wrestler, particularly in America. I, yeah. I will say that was absolutely ridiculous. Mr. Socko and Joey's like, that's not hardcore, and then he puts barbed wire. I, was oh. like, well, I guess it is now. <laughs> Leah gets it in the mouth. Yeah. Ah. We get a close-up of Lita bleeding, bleeding from, from the, the mouth. Oh, she's got like half of like a, a Glasgow smile going yeah. on there. Like. It's fucking violent. Yeah, this. it is. It's. I think we're just on the borderline. I think I'd show this to some people, and they probably think it's too much. But on the other hand, you'd show this to some people and go, "Hey, there are like women in this in this time period in wrestling. Even though we're getting you know even gain stuff later on, there's some fucking tough ladies in in this yeah. company at the moment, and Lita is absolutely one of them because mm. she's taking some fucking licks. Oh yeah, massively. You know, more so than a, than than usually someone who's labelled as a sex pot would. Uh. You know, Stacey Keebler wasn't taking these bumps in 2001. Not is what I'm chance. saying. Mick Foley gets the table out and then he starts dousing it. And I think crudely we can understand he wants to set it on fire. It's Lee who intervenes once again, fucking wallops him in the stomach. With the barb, which is like, get it off him there. Sets it on fire. I mean, we've seen fire. I mean, as recent as a week ago, someone was struggling with fire in wrestling. It's always scary. And, you know, live on pay-per-view. But WWE, I I can't recall many times where you see fire get used in WWE. Like, you know, you get flash paper and shit like that. But a table solidly on fire and someone's going to go through it. That is a very rare occurrence for them, I think. Well, I mean, even if we talk about it from season four, remember Uncle Paul getting the fireball and like, that was just a bit of flash paper. This was, here's a table, 
you know, get ready. And Edge is covered in fire retardant gel at this point in time. Right. Which is come at the end of a 20 minute fucking warfare match where he's probably... You sweat that shit off. Like you, that. you bleed it off as well, I imagine. You gotta go you know? in the ring and get that paper mache Edge put over you. Know, like. <laughs> it's a big cane arm, like, you know. <laughs> and yeah, we get the fire is lit and Edge just goes right through there. It is a spectacle. It is one of the most incredible things we've ever seen. The, 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 the oh match. my god from Joey, the famous Oh my god! <laughs> This is where the two guys just don't get on because you got Joey Styles be like, "Here's one I did earlier." Oh my god! And then Jerry just goes, huh? "Oh my god!" Yeah. He ruined you. Ruined it. <laughs> you ruined it. To be fair, Joey Styles' "Oh my god" always take me out of it. Like it's too much for me. I like, like it. I like. I think it. it's way too over the top. And what, what I need is a oh what the hell ECW. <laughs> I mean, I popped as a kid be like, yay, like an ECW. But like here, it's like, it feels like a wrestler is like, we're going to do this high spot, even if the crowd's with us or not. Mm. And he's like, I'm doing the, oh my God, whether or not Jerry is with me or not. Yeah, it's WrestleMania, baby. And I just, the idea that Jerry Lawler is like, I'll say the same thing, but worse. <laughs> like, you know? Imagine that, like, when God is my witness, he is broken in half. <laughs> when God is my witness, he is broken in half. <laughs> <laughs> Edge wins, but at what cost? Oh man, blood in his eye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The post fire selling, Whimper, so whimpering good. like a child at the top of the ramp. Yeah, I fucking love it. And he's off in a car to be bundled up, and he's off main event and triple threat on Raw tomorrow night. Oh wow. Yeah, you you just man. That's that's a hard fucking go, huh? I wouldn't want to be taking bumps on that back for at least a good week mm. or two. Yeah, right? main, main events, Colin. You know, oh, you got, Monday Night Raw, the show goes on, my friend. And also, sad little, sad behind the scenes note, Edge accidentally dropped his phone in the toilet and pissed on it beforehand. <laughs> so he couldn't call his mom and let her know he was okay afterwards. <laughs> I love that he dropped it in the toilet and was like, ah, oh, but I'm, 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 midstream. I'm, I'm going for it now. <laughs> yeah, you can't stop. You, can't stop like. uh, you could say that, you're going to like this, Mick Foley put that egg over easy. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, the big story of this for Mick Foley was that when he rung his wife home for the ceremonial, I'm okay, don't worry, phone call, all she had to say was, is Edge okay? Oh, <laughs> man. He had all that protective, fireproof flannel on him to protect him. It's true. This match, it's, it's, it's a it's, comfort food match for me. Yeah, it's a great match. You know? Outstanding. I love it. I, I can't think of anything to say other than I love it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's, it is phenomenal. I think everything there is It's one of Mick's best matches. Yeah, yeah so. and, it's, and, it's, and it's it's sad to hear him shit on it. I think he's warmed up a bit more to it since. Mm. But, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that he shit on from this point in time where it's like, you don't know how good you're doing it. Like, it's, yeah. it's just like Stone Cold and. Yeah, yeah you're your own worst critic. Evil heel. Those, those people, when they, when they get really, you know, hypercritical, it leads to some great work, but it leads to us going like, why? Yeah. why do you, I feel why? sad for him that they feel that way. I love the ovation for Foley who goes, Beta! Beta! <laughs> Our second Grunt of the Night here. One hour, 23, 45. It's because he's, the camera what, is what's so, what's he saying? That's it. He, he does it in a way where it's like, he's trying to say something, but all that comes out is, what the? Is, is <laughs> like, all the blood just ripping his arm. <laughs> is, is he like, is it because he's from Long Island adjacent to New Jersey? He's going like, what do you say? What do you hear? Like, what's, what's going on? <laughs> Conrad asked him about this on his podcast recently. Like, tell us about your iconic noises that you make and why you do them. We... And it was so underwhelming. You were just like, I don't really know, man. I didn't even realize I was doing them for a good while. Like, oh, 
I thought there'd be some thought so very behind involuntary. it. Yeah, it seems very like. Just sometimes when I get scared, I was scream like a pig. Because like... when I think of involuntary grunts, it's always like the extraining yeah. sound. Lo- load bearing grunts. Yeah, his grunts you can spell them because they have clear, distinct yeah. letters. There's a lot of wittas and yeah, widows. But you never go and ask Glenn Jacobs. Why did you go? I mean, I'm not going to ask Glenn Jacobs anything if I can help it. Like, <laughs> keep some distance between me and that man. Backstage. Ooh, this oh, this was an all-timer. Now this, if if there was ever a scene which encapsulates <laughs> Billy's picks. What did Kevin write in his notes here, Adam, in the second line there? Ah, we've reached the Billy portion of the show. <laughs> oh my God. I, the people who couldn't make it on the card oh, tonight baby. are here in spirit in the backstage segment. Oh, baby. I don't know whether I was just in a particular mood when I watched this show, but Billy... This, in my opinion, is one of the greatest backstage segments right. of all time. It genuinely Gold. is. Gold. Genuinely so is. good. This is that black tar heroin Brian Gewertz right here. Yeah. You know, just uh, the idea of just bringing in a bunch of gimmicks, bit of nostalgia. And I always love, they use it a lot in 06. We get it with Vince and, you know, DX stuff that we'll be coming up with. A lot of the kind of blank walks through a backstage area and sees a load of weird shit. Yes. I'll take that any day of the week you know we don't have a lot of world in the backstage we don't have the APA office or the the designated you know Regal's office you have the GM's office and stuff but those are the moments I feel like oh this is a living breathing world in Mm. this segment here you got Booker T and Charmel who are really scared because they're facing the boogeyman tonight after avoiding it because of you know pretending they're injured and not available mm. the two of them together now have to do it and Charmel is pointing out that throughout his career Booker T for whatever reason he's a freak he's magnet he's a freak <laughs> magnet which I just love and he's like no I'm not a freak but magnet actually, like, if you think about it and he, he is. is Yeah, he was in MIA freaks in action <laughs> Aww. and uh, yeah he comes across Paul Burchill he comes across who's in full on pirate ah Paul ah <laughs> It's the only only unproblematic way to enjoy Pirates of the Caribbean now is Paul Birch. You can still enjoy Paul the ride. Paul Birch's copyright infringement. Yeah, serious, because Vince didn't know it was a thing. You got Eugene. Jeez, Yay! What a di- Last year, it's him, Muhammad Hassan, and Hulk Hogan. This year, he's one of like nine people in the game. Look well. at this stupid shit. <laughs> I think they've uh, cooled off on old Eugene a little they bit, have, though. yeah. Yeah. And we also have the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. We're doing yeah. the basketball spot That's with Eugene. It. Sorry, Eugene, but you don't win the money. <laughs> we also have May and Moo with Gene Snitsky. He's and... going to town on them feet. It's, it's time for Snitsky Watch. Oh, shit. Here we go. Load up the tower. Load up the tower, folks. Here we come, Snitsky Watch. High above the stratosphere. He's fucking tits deep in May's fucking feet. That's where he is right now. That's where he is. Oh! It's like, you know when Jerry Lawler's like, eat the grilled Kentucky chicken for the spot, Jerry. Eat the foot, Snitsky. And what kills me about this is as well, is trying to imagine how this even started happening because May's selling it like, oh no, God no, she doesn't want this to happen. Like, what happened here? It's not his fault, all right? Okay. And we get... Okay. He, he meant to be Oprah Winfrey, and that he's meant. I, I would have went with Doctor Phil. Yeah. Personally, mm-hmm. he's got a know? curly wig and a dress on. Yeah, and he's like, he, I wrote down here, we're all freaks, and he, she's like, we're all freaks. <laughs> <laughs> we're all a little bit different. And he tells them when he's facing the boogeyman tonight, he has to embrace his inner freak. Take the worms. Take them. This should have been a stable. Oh yeah. Oh Gold, yeah. The Goldust's oddities. Oddities like, two point oh. Sure. Yeah, we needed yeah. this like. 
what, what the topper on this though is, that, is the this, end. This right? is why it, it yeah. goes from being a fun segment to one of the greatest segments of all time because Booker and Charmel walk off in disgust and all the freaks are sort of gathered together looking on. Snitsky goes, now that's not my <laughs> fault. <laughs> <laughs> and then a long pause and then... <laughs> Check please. Is that your final answer? <laughs> like, the only way this could have been more of a good segment is if someone put a hat on someone at the end. Oh. Like, you know? Great fucking love this. Precious. Somebody stopped the damn WrestleMania. So good. I had to proper pause it and catch my breath. I was so, I was just chuckling can, can, so can much. Can you see now why I was so into these? I get it, dude. It's the freaks. Yeah. The freaks. I loved the freaks. I get it. 06 is peak freak, baby. Yeah. You know, even though Scott Steiner is no longer with us on the roster, yeah. peak freak, he would have gone on great in 06. The Grish man in the crowd. Ah, we've reached the Adam Bibolo portion. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everyone? I am Todd Grisham, and what a night WrestleMania has been so far. And Cynthia and Michelle here are certainly having a good time. They are winners of the Snickers WrestleMania sweepstakes. They won a trip to Chicago, two floor seats to WrestleMania, and, of course, ladies, all the Snickers bars you can eat. How many have you put down? I have five. I've eaten six. <laughs> Easy, girls. We want you to make it out of the arena in one piece. What a night it has been, and certainly these two fans have gotten to see WrestleMania up close and big time. Snickers are my favorite chocolate bar, and I decided to go to WrestleMania. I yes. 11 Snickers. It's uh, Cynthia and Chanel here, and they didn't even have to make a Limp Biscuit poster to get in the door. How did they get? They just won a contest, they won I some think. Sweepstakes. Pro prize draw, right? All the Snickers they can eat and a ticket to They're WrestleMania. Fun. Those Snickers are so big. Oh, those are the American, American Snickers. We don't candy, get Snickers man. that big. No, definitely not after Brexit. We do. All right, yeah, all right. Because oh, and before Brexit as well. Yeah. Because like, imagine like if Brexit happened, but it was the opposite, and it made these bigger. Yeah, it made bigger. <laughs> you still want me as big as the size of those big American yeah. candy bars. Th th those two women are high on sugar. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like fucking vibrate. Had eleven in between them apparently. Yeah. Well, like... Cynthia's had five, and Chanel has had six, which made me reminisce back to the time. Well, I had a similar number of Snickers while watching Shakara DVDs with Adam Bibolo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what you said? No. You're a machine. <laughs> 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 I horked the nougat Then I turned on the peanuts <laughs> We've got some celebs in the crowd Aforementioned Michelle of course Taking yep. her seat with the, with, the, with the crowd And we get Joe Theismann and only. NFL Hall of Famer, one of the greatest, uh, considered one of the greatest NFL players of all time. And did Mr. Theismann win the Heisman Trophy? Uh, no, wrong sport. Okay. <laughs> but he was Theisenberg on Breaking he Bad. He was Theisenberg. Right? He got now, full Theisenberg at this point. Normally, I would, I would see an NFL player that I knew and just say, oh, there's that NFL player. We may not have even mentioned it on this show. However, I wanted to show you something, which is, in my opinion... The second worst sports injury I have You've ever seen. You've gone mad with power now. <laughs> this is my house now. No, it's not. It's literally It's 2006, mine. baby. It's my house. So I wanted to show you how Joe Theismann ended his career. You this, said retired. <laughs> no, this, this ended his career. But this isn't voluntary, what we're about to see no, here. It's involuntary. I don't want to see this. Yeah, but I'm yeah. going to watch so a gruesome injury. What you are now going to hear, everybody... Is a live reaction from Kevin and Adam. This is the this is Joe Theismann's career ending ending injury. Okay, let's go. Let's okay. go. Let's see it. All right, here we go. So here. we will get a little circle here to tell you who to look at. Oh, lovely. Okay, thank you. In a second, you can't see it immediately. What happens? And we'll, we'll because get Kaz's we get... keys to victory at the end of this. I'm assuming okay. as well. So there's that. There's Lawrence Taylor. 
Okay, hey, hey, okay. and he's immediately like, oh fuck. Uh-oh. Get me bam bam. Hand on head, Uh-oh. opposing team. Oh, I'm getting nervous now. Lawrence Taylor has seen as what has happened. <laughs> oh no. We're about to get a reverse angle and you're going to see this. Really, please. I'm Mate, so scared. It's worse than Sid. Here you oh, go, baby. No. <laughs> Do you Billy, no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Billy. Uh, you say in relation to that, Billy is. <laughs> that, is that not? And here it is a second time in slow mo. Is that not one of the most minging things you've ever seen? Billy. Look Jesus. at that bend. Okay. Good fucking snap. Right. Okay. Drunk with power is definitely the <laughs> phrase yes. of the night here, I think. Can you turn that television off? And get, get that thumbnail out of here. It's time for the bookie man. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't think it was a way you could actually kill the joy after what we've just been through. The greatest segment of all time. The greatest segment with Snickers. I, I, have, uh, have here's a man's s- career being ended. Have, have fun uh, seeing that loads of times when you make that into a video on Twitter. I am like, there's going to be any call for that. <laughs> Fuck me. It's the bookie man taking on Booger T and Charmel, aka Spice. They get scared by the pyro coming out, and I always like that as a spot. The heels yeah. get scared by the pyro. It was a five out of ten for me at best. No, I didn't sell it enough. Didn't sell it enough. They were looking too. What you need to have? They needed this, to hit the mat. You know, you need to come out feigning confidence. Mm. Then the pyro. Then oh god, mm. the pyro own. gives away your fear. Then you seem a bit shook. That's the Kurt Angle way. I want to see someone selling fear for like Goldberg style fireworks with the falling sparks. Like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> and run for cover. <laughs> <laughs> or come out with the Goldberg smoke. <laughs> <laughs> From the bottomless pit, the undefeated boogeyman. It's crazy to think that because 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 as much as I love the gimmick, he can't fucking wrestle. No, like he's yeah. terrible. He is, and they can never just they can never decide at this point. They're like they're between debuting him and winding him up, and they don't know whether or not to treat him as like a beast or like just kind of a comedy character. Yeah. Once he goes in the ring, that's when they really don't know who this guy is meant to be because as it stands, he's just chaotic individual. He made I mean, you know loads of heels lives hell like JBL and Booker T and all that. They would run away from him as you just appear eating worms, smashing clocks. I, th- over I his think head. he should have been a backstage character yes. only. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. Yeah, Maybe work. once a year you could do like on a Halloween show or something like that. Yeah. But it felt like like the guy's forty. Like you know, <laughs> like there's a lot of things working against the man to play the boogeyman. Let, let alone the actual parasites festering in his stomach right now. The best thing about this is Cole saying Booker T had to go through thousands of worms to save his wife. Like it was like a saw trap. <laughs> yeah, there's a key yeah. in the bucket of worms. Okay, the worms aren't on his side. He's eating them and often slamming people into them. That's it. If you care about annelids, they're they're not on this guy's side. No. What side are you on, annelids? Not yours. <laughs> also, he mistimes his pyro. He's meant to hit his head with the clock and then it goes boom. And he hits his head with the clock and goes doink. Oh, and then like a second later, boom! Oh. The fucking smog from the entrances. Oh yeah, good Killed lord! It did. It's like the crowd couldn't see anything. Nah. They couldn't see all the great action between Booker <laughs> T and the Boogeyman. What's gonna happen when Charmel locks up with Boogeyman? All right, I was ready to shit all over the Boogeyman's in-ring performance, but when Booker T gives him the sidekick and he does the proper like spring-loaded boing, mm. boing, yeah, that, that made me that, pop. There's a couple of good moments. 
Booker insisting Charmel starts yeah. <laughs> and hiding behind her. Big fan of the cowardly heel in the intergender tag match. Always, like yeah. That, yeah. I thought it was a misnomer to have the Queen of Mean right stomped into her back when she was not remotely mean. No. No. She... Well, I mean, she's not mean here. I get they're still like they're coming off as a couple of pricks, Booker and Charmel. So I still feel like they are both mean. She's really like not scared. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> Taz is on rare form in this match. Look at all this smoke, Cole. Red London fog, you know, kind of like a pink smoke. Not a London fog in forever. What's actually. red London fog? Where you put like a little bit of tizer in it or something like. Come that. on now, you guys are English. You know that's not real, right? <laughs> Miraculously, the smoke clears just long enough for the crowd to die and reveals beneath it a fucking plain ass wrestling yeah. match. Yeah. I mean, come on, a pocket full of worms is enough to get you through this one. This is a nice little two minute thing, though. If it was it's, any longer, like it still somehow felt too long. Yeah, I, I would have went right into the finish. I, yeah, I would have just had him come out and go straight to the end. That's what they did and... with um, JBL and when he faced Boogeyman. He literally came out and that was it. Like, he just went there and then yeah. he gave him the finisher and that was it. Like... It's, it's a little too much time here to expose Boogeyman's shortcomings. Like... Charmel attempts the staff and gets a worm kiss, which. That's so minging. So yeah. minging. And then, like, when he took the worms out, big pop. When he put the worms in his mouth, medium pop. When Charmel. The one person in this match who's probably least comfortable with taking the worms other than Mr. Professional Worm Eater over here. When she gets the kiss, the crowd don't react at all, which makes me think... Especially because she screams like she just witnessed a murder. So does Cole. He's he's getting away the worms! He's getting away the worms in the dog dog poop! I I feel like Gillian Hall got the worms like 25 fucking times in her career and that always got a big reaction. But like Charmel, I don't know what it was. The crowd didn't want to see it here. Mm. You know, it it didn't... Maybe they would have reacted to seeing Buck again and maybe. That would have been different. I feel like Booker T, like, all right, I'll do this match, but the provides who's I am not getting... Yeah. No one want to be taking no worms. Of course not. It's fucking horrible. It's not like Rikishi where you can kind of prep the seemingly not not nice thing and make it actually very comfortable and pleasant. That's it. Why can't we get some work worms here? Why they got to be shoot, man? And also, the double choke slam onto those worms Ugh. made me very sad. Disgusting. You just splatter them all over mm. the fucking mat. Like, yeah. you know, the mat is filthy. Boogeyman wins. Oh, I can't believe he won. <laughs> and then we cut from the SmackDown team to Raw by Cole going, two guys you know all about worms. It's King and JR. Hey. And Jared was like, we do fishing down here. Oh, okay. I've got worms! Yeah, I think they were saying it because they were southerners. They'd, I see. Like, they, they would shit and then eat loads of finger food and not wash their hands or something uh, like that. Got threadworm. Oh, Jesus, Webb. <laughs> now, now we're in season five. We're in the era of Boogeyman here. I don't, don't call it that. I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind which one of you it is. But at some point, I would love to with one of you to sit down on Twitch... And watch the entire three-hour Boogeyman live stream Ooh, yeah. that he did for Halloween. I got you. I got you. Yeah, you yeah, up yeah. for the. <laughs> Tell you what, and I'll bring my big, big book of worms. And as I'll well. bring my guitar and we and some yeah. Lay's potato chips, and we can just recreate the whole thing. That sounds like, like it'll be a bit of fun. Yeah, you know. Yeah, see, what, see how you feel by like one hour fifteen into the show. <laughs> That's what they said to Boogeyman. Get like some gummy fun. worms. You know, you can yeah. have fun. Do your best. Best impression. I'm pretty yeah. sure he's not allowed any worms on the broadcast, which Good. is basically like telling Carrot Top he's oh gimmicks allowed on his stand-up oh. set, go do a tight 25. Mickey James, Trish Stratus, Women's Championship, the storyline of all storylines in 2006, mm. the obsession of the fangirl turned stalker, turned love interest that is not wanted. This was spicy then, spicy now, and something that was pretty much unheard of back in 06, yeah. a women's storyline. Yeah, so so when I said that the, the thing that got me to watch 
WrestleMania 22 was Vince and Sean. This was in second place. Oh, yeah? yeah? I was like, not like, I I can see people like being in like, because there's the lesbian aspect to it, but there's like, there's a titillation. There was not, nothing like that for me. It was just, I fucking loved this story. It's great. Mm. Like you start off, Mickey James is introduced in like one of the greatest ways possible where it's like, she's just, hey, she's a fan, she's a wrestler, but she's like, oh my God, Trish, like I'm just like, oh, oh my God, like you know, you're you're my absolute idol. I just, you know, I, I wanted to be like you. And she's like, you know, Trish is like, oh, yo, cool. Yeah, awesome. That's nice. Cool. <laughs> How she would react to an actual fan probably. Yeah, like, yeah. like nice. Polite. Yeah. Polite. And the politeness gets pushed and pushed and pushed. And it starts off with Mickey just being like, overly defensive of, of, of Trish like if Ashley Mazzaro wanted to like tag with her she'd be like why not me mm. or there were like things like where they'd have the match and it's like a battle royale and you have like Mickey being like go ridiculously out of her way to sacrifice herself and then be like see what I did yeah. I, I would literally die for you and it's like it's an aspect of the wrestling business that I feel they very rarely want to touch on because you know Hey, I've read Brett's book enough times and heard enough stories from other people like stalkers and wrestling. It's yeah. a thing. It's happened a lot. Yeah. People's lives have been threatened. Mm-hmm. Police have gotten involved. And I mean, you want to talk about even recent history. Sonia yeah, Deville. Sonia right. Deville. Yeah. Like fucking Only hell. A couple of years you ago. Know? And I think we've learned that all wrestlers have been located within a three mile radius of one discoverable place on Google yeah. Maps in Florida yeah. has probably not made this better. But it's a part of wrestling, and I think it's well, so it's a part of celebrity. It's life. part of celebrity it is. life, absolutely. I feel with wrestling, though, I don't know why there's an extra, a little extra something to it. I'm not sure. I what mean, it is. I think there's the weirdness of you wrestling. Get an empathy having... with wrestling fans and their the people they're watching. Yeah, and it's the blending of real life persona yes. and on screen character. It gets very blurry and muddy. Like someone stalking someone, say from Game of Thrones, thinking that like they're their character. That would be viewed as like kind of like, well, mm. that's really strange or whatever. But it's kind of like you could you could be a wrestler who's having interactions with fans and they think you're yeah. your character on screen. Yep. You kind of play it up, and you know, Brett would there's, meet people and be like, yeah, I'm Brett. There's the there's, yeah. there's also easier access to wrestlers than other types of celebrities that's true like if you if you you know if you become obsessed with like an actor or something yeah unless you try extremely hard there's a very strong chance you will never meet that person in, in, in your Whereas life these people it's like well, every this. weekly advertised they're going to be in sacramento yep. then they're yeah. going to be in indianapolis you they're going to be at toys they're going to be you know you have easy access if you want to meet them you yeah. very much easily can and we're talking this this is the days before before social media where it was mm. like you know the idea that every element of your day is going to be documented in some way mm-hmm. shape or form it is kind of in many respects scary now I don't think they would go for this type of storyline mm. I feel the storyline is very much of its time and I think there are the two sides of it there is the interesting person who gets too close and becomes kind of a stalker and then kind of invents this like uh, romantic and sexual relationship in their head and then there's the other side of it which is like from the commentators here tonight where it's like She's fucking crazy, but fuck me, it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like when Mickey James just tied her up and wanted to fucking kill yeah. her. And like, that's the thing. You got Jerry both barrels being like, this is really sexy. And JR both barrels being like, she's fucking crazy and crazy people should be killed. Jesus you know, it, Christ. it is a heady mix of what was wrong in wrestling at the time. Mm. But and also, society as a whole. And society, yeah, absolutely. But also as well, I still feel there's a little gem of a nugget here because there you've is. got two great performers in Mickey mm-hmm. and Trish who are like, I feel their performance rises above the muck 
of like I think it's because it's a women's angle and a women's match people are always at the, in 06 we're going to view it that way yep. as a sexy lesbian angle or whatever mm. it is but for me the idea of a wrestler who's obsessed with someone starts like wanting to be them yep. and then like I'm going to destroy you because you won't be my friend there must be other examples of that in wrestling right I'm trying to think <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to think like how, how would they handle it commentary wise and storytelling wise if it was done with the men I'm just trying to think how they would. They it's all, it's done as it. a comedy thing because you would always have people like Sandow or Charlie Haas be like, I'm going to dress yes, up as true. someone to get in their head or Al Snow would or, do. Or, yeah. or Eugene. Like, yeah, well, it's, like, it's kind of like, it's treated as a comedy thing. And I think, you know, I think the lion's share of what made the story great is Mickey James. Mm. Because she's great in this role. She's a breath of fresh air on a roster that is peppered with hardworking women who you know at this point are never going to get their time in the sun. And also, you've got like a lot of the, the the people who've come in through the diva search, etc. Yes, Candice, Maria, etc., etc. Like that doesn't make them any less valid as performers, whatever it is. But it's nice to know that there was someone who was doing something a little bit different. And Wrestling. I think with Mickey James as a new character, if this didn't take off, she would have been back in OVW and forgotten about yeah. in a, in a she month's gone time. Back to TNA. But hey, she's back here. She's in a, in a big match at WrestleMania, and not many. <laughs> Remember the women's match preview video we got at, say, WrestleMania 27 or 28, where it's like, the Bella Twins oh, can do God. anything. Yeah. They could be on the runway or on E! Entertainment Tonight. This is like a fucking heady brew compared to that, yes. you know? Massively. That DDT from Mickey James, though. A DDT so nice, Jake Roberts, in his weekly blog about Monday Night Raw, where he would critique all the DDTs, went out of his way to say Mickey James had the best DDT on hey, the roster. That one where hey. she just kind of hoists herself up and goes, bah! Yeah. <laughs> That's Great stuff. We get a lot of references in, in this match. Jerry at one point compares Mickey to Mark Chapman. Yep. yep. He, he was once a big John Lennon fan, you know. Hey, Mickey, I got one word for you. Lithium. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot so of that. Jerry a lot of Vince McMahon vis-a-vis yeah. Ted Turner opinions yeah, about mental absolutely. health here. Yeah. Jerry also makes reference to Sybil. If you if you heard that, <laughs> yeah, heard reference deep to Sybil. Cuts. I remember fucking the, deep cut to Sybil. Sybil I remember the sitcom, but I don't know the. No, it's not of a it sitcom. Here. No, no, Sybil was a book, and then later TV movie with Sally Field. No, see, it was a sitcom. There was a sitcom this, called Sybil. This is nothing to do with that. Oh, because okay. that's what oh, I thought yeah. you no. were referencing. Sib- yeah. Sybil was a book, and a later TV movie starring Sally Field. Wasn't a- Ellen a spin-off of Sybil, or the other way around? Maybe I think, I think they're connected. Ooh, that's yeah. Nothing wrong. It's about a woman who develops disassociative uh, identity disorder right. after years and years and years of physical abuse Jesus that's a dark fo- that's all darker than daytime comedy yeah. that we were going they weren't they referencing that into a sitcom they, they, <laughs> they weren't referencing sitcoms no. they were referencing okay. this civil. Jesus there's also a guy in the hard cam wearing a Michael Myers mask I there don't is. know if you saw yeah. him yeah. what's going what the fuck is happening <laughs> like, is it is it because it's in it's Illinois and that's where Haddonfield is is in Illinois no it was that previous backstage segment that's like empowered all the freaks <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we are freaks finally I can bring up my let's just, go get, let's just go get some skin guys you know what I mean <laughs> like, uh, here's an example of why this is difficult as a match to, to commentate on to, to comment or review in this day and age of 2022 you get that amazing video package that ends with the bloody kiss between the two yeah. of them then you got JR going hey Mickey lithium and then he turns to the king and goes I reckon she's too old for your king yeah. she's 25 by the way, uh, and then Jerry goes, "Well, can't she cook? Because that's all I care about." One second, seriously, pick a speed. I love how scary Mickey is 
yet she's dressed like the president of the knitting society at university. Yeah. You know, like a soft lady, yeah, yeah. you know? The, like the, the sort of the virginal look of her yes. compared to the character she's playing yeah, very is, good. Is, is a great mix. Yeah. JR starts complaining about vindictive ex-wives. All right. are, are you guys okay? <laughs> I read two JRR's autobiographies. He didn't mention ex-wives once, mm. so that'll tell you a lot about that. he got it out of his system here. JR is surprisingly keeping point with King in terms of nasty stuff that's yep. in this match. Seriously. And Trish starts to get booed. Yeah. yeah. This is an interesting turn. Yeah. That 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 Mickey is getting, you know, there's Mickey signs, mm-hmm. people are chanting her name. Like the character. I mean, it's, that's yeah. it. It's an interesting and somewhat exciting character. And don't get me wrong, as much as I love Trish and as as far as she's come at this point in time compared to season one, yeah, like yeah. as a wrestler. Mickey James has got that like undeniable like natural like she just takes to wrestling and she's the character the whole match there's not a second you look in her Mm. eyes and you kind of go oh she's thinking about the next spot or how to sell her no No, she is that character bell to bell and it does make Trish come come off a little bland by comparison Trish's role is she's a victim she's not like doing this big I'm gonna fucking destroy you for what you've been doing and she's the champ as well she's been like kind of the only women like Trish took like a sabbatical in 05 and they just didn't have the women's championship for a couple of months that's the kind of point they're at she is like uh, the division in and to herself so yeah. this is something fresh in terms of new. a new face but also yeah. a new type of storyline we've also not got long left of Trish because she's going to dislocate the shoulder and That's retire true, yeah. Yeah. within six months of this yeah, match we'll have, Jeez, we'll have yeah. retirement of, of the two of the biggest women from season one God, yeah. Tri- Trish and Leah that definitely again as we're going through this we're going to realise all these extra yeah. little bells yeah. even though we're ostensibly looking at DX there's, there's other things there's stuff to look at here the dirty chops from Trish I appreciate a lot I also love the spot where is going for the kick and she just grabs her foot and yanks her into the yeah. splits yeah. looks like it would literally tear me asunder if that was happened that was fucking big pop up. from the crowd as well yeah, yeah seriously the heel crowd working in the, into a fever over Mickey James we get the let's go Mickey chance Trish starts the comeback which leads to you know undeniable just straight up booze and JR says that the fans are somewhat defiant or maybe they relate to Mickey James in some way. Bless you for trying, Jim. It's. I feel like you should kind of take a step aside because you're going to say these are the hardcore fans or hardcore fans are psychopaths. Because later on, they're like, I think some people got a day pass from the mental ward to they're, come out here tonight. They're saving all that chat for John Cena. Like, I feel like any yeah. excuses for the fans, they need to keep in their back pocket just for the main event tonight. Trish going for the stratosphere, which is the standing corner Hurricane Rana. Mm-hmm. Cool move. But Mickey manages to get out of Dodge. And it's one of my favorite moments where Mickey just takes in this energy from the crowd and goes full lizard queen just goes yeah! <laughs> and I love that because you know as a heel sometimes if you're being cheered that's where I'm like okay now I'm going to see what you're like as a performer yes. some people are kind of like oh fuck you anyway I'm going to try and make you boo me and there's like subtleties to how like you know like current you know Bailey her current role mm. 22 she's very good at being like I got these fucking sheep you know, you know yeah. wrapped around my little finger Absolutely. but this where it's like yeah, she's a psycho fan. She wants to be Trish Stratus. The fans are cheering her now over Trish and, Stratus. And, and, this and is like, yeah. This best is... case scenario for her character. <laughs> and psychologically, if you're somebody who is going through the sort of state that she is going through, if you get any sort of validation yeah, yeah. from anybody, what, yeah. that's, that's going to egg it on. That's like it. That, she, that she feels justified. I like fucking, people are on her side I fucking love Trish at this point where she does this like running powerbomb like Mike Awesome style boom yeah. big dirty sit out powerbomb and let me tell you 
The crotch grab, which I'm very, very familiar with from this part of the, the match. Yeah, they cut away here. But mm-hmm. they leave in more, they leave in the aftermath. The lick. Now, I remember having this on DVD and all of it was gone. As yes. in, because it's Trish goes for satisfaction, Mickey grabs her in the crotch, Trish goes, what the fuck? And then Mickey licks her hand in yep. a V-shape. Because it's Vader time. <laughs> oh, that's what that is. Oh, yeah! <laughs> I've become obsessed with Vader, you see, now. I want to be just like him. Walking around the house going, Come on! Doing back a Vader crab walk! I figure if you're going to edit it out, edit out the whole thing, her yeah. cutting back to her because licking her hands. Mm. What do you think? Do you think this was overboard? I don't oh. think so. It's not kid orientated yet, so. I hey, we get two sockets later on tonight, so it's fair game I mean, as the, far the as the I'm concerned. The crab is overboard, I'd say. I feel like that's a bit too far. You shouldn't have wrestlers going Grabbing. through each other's genitals like that. Yeah, like, it's, it's, yeah. it's a bit weird and a bit much, I think. Just because it feels like you are taking it to an element there where it's like. The, the, the sliver of the pie where I can take this as being like wrestling and not just kind of for, you know, titillation or titillation mm, yeah. or, or whatever it is, that slice of pie is getting a little bit small now. That's like, it. You know? it's, it's, it's almost beneath this match, I think. Like, yeah. I get, you've got all the people being like, they're lesbians or whatever, like, you know, leaning into the salacious side of it. You didn't need to encourage it like that. And I think if you had not done this, this would have made them probably let them go a little bit further with this storyline down the line because this becomes more of a straight Mickey thing. She is Trish Stratus from this point. Right. But I think it's still, you know, it's this is one of Trish's best matches. It is, yeah, yeah, definitely. It really is. And I think one thing about Trish is that even though she gets booed, she doesn't like. You know, you see people all the time when they used to get cheered all the time, they get booed. And it's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? Cool head here on yeah. her shoulders doesn't sweat her one bit. Gets a little bit chaotic after the edit, and then we just get that spinning back kick or the Mick kick, yep. not the chick kick. Love it. Love that. Yeah. Mickey wins clean. Thought it was ace. And then JR goes, well, she may not have had her lithium, but she did have a uh, somewhat unique feminine strategy to win the match. What the fuck does that mean? Well, only a girl would touch a vagina, Adam, obviously. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I think in a perfect world, I'd have much different people on commentary. Oh, yeah. But this still is a great match. What commentary team could put this over, like... Heyman? Taz and Cole, maybe? I, I don't think know. Taz and Cole Taz wouldn't and be Cole so gross, like, actually. Well, she's a tomato, but a kind of crazy tomato. That yeah. would have been the extent of it, like. I think you know? so. I thought this was a banging match. Yeah, yeah, really, really fucking good. Different vibe, different energy. Craig were really into it. I loved it. I thought it was not illustrative of what you could expect on pay-per-view going forward. Oh, no, I know. No, I it's, know. It's, <laughs> it's all downhill from here yeah. on. Yeah, it is sure. all downhill. I mean, if, if I'm being completely honest, I've been looking at most of season five, not just the women's division, but all of it as being like, well, it's all downhill from here. Everyone talks about how great this pay-per-view yeah. is. Fill your boots, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> right? you know, Savour it. Take a little Tupperware tub of WrestleMania 22 to come home with you after this, all right? <laughs> Heating up in the microwave when we're doing fucking vengeance, yeah? <laughs> it's time for a classic season number five caption contest. A ruthless caption contest. Full of aggression, some would argue. Hey, it's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin. Joined as I am in this look at some responses to a picture du jour by my good buddy Adam Bibolo. Hey, Adam. Hey. 
How are you doing? You had a bit of time to digest the events of Big Time WrestleMania 22. Oh boy, that was a big time good time, let me tell you, folks. You've probably seen the runtime in your podcast app right now. Folks, we were exhausted after that chat. Yeah, that was a, a, a that was the type of chat where at the end we were all moist. Yes. You know, it was a, a moist podcast recording. At moist the end. and hollow. We had to fill ourselves with chili pretty soon afterwards. Like. And that was with a good pay-per-view. So mm. who knows what lies <laughs> ahead. Oh, no. And in the most 2006 plug possible, I'm very happy, Adam, to say that the caption contest is brought to us by our friends over at Palps, an Essex-based four-piece band who have just released their brand new album, Blackheart. Oh! I, I just, I feel, I was approached by the guys, they're big fans of the of the show, and they're mm-hmm. also big fans, particularly of any time we went into 2006. Oh. And I just feel like it's very fitting, isn't it, for us to have some alt-rock sponsors here and to shout out and say thank you for your yeah. music. It's very 06. I feel like season five is going to be a very music-heavy season, truth be told. 97 was a lot of sort of like in-house music. I feel like 06 is very much the time when the company's reaching out to rock bands across the nation. And I think it's a good time as well, because if you maybe, you know, you went away from the Shinedowns or some of the bands in 2006, Mm. maybe it's time to go for someone who's a little bit closer to your heart, a little bit closer to home. They've released eight singles over the past year, and the eight singles comprise their album Blackheart. Mm. I'm not sure if it's a Tommaso Ciampa reference, or not, but they're Owen Hart as well, Owen baby. Owen Hart as well. Mm-hmm. Love Blackhearts in wrestling. I know, right? I would have called the album Blackhand personally myself. Grab but. your wretched black heart, <laughs> bring it through your throat to show the world. Blackheart is now available on Spotify, brother. You can get on Spotify, you can check them out on Bandcamp, palpsband.co.uk. If you are someone who's after a little bit of rock, a little bit of the dark side, and a little bit, I mean, look, if the title Blackheart sounds up your alley, I think this will be absolutely the thing for you. That's it, the album deals with issues such as trauma, mental health, anxiety, things like that. So like, it is obviously like some heavy content, but obviously we all can handle that in our music, Kevin. That's the place where you want to really explore those kinds of themes. Yeah, you're looking at two guys here who know what they're talking about because we now have an officially named album review show over oh. on Patreon, the Corporate Ministry of Sound. Oh. So we've dealt with our angst, right? We've been through a lot of Limp Bizkit reviews That's over right. there, okay? So okay. it's very safe to say it'll be up a lot of your alleys. Check them out wherever you get your music, Spotify and Bandcamp. Check them out. Palps, fans of the show, good guys, and they've got music videos for all their singles, yeah. which comprise the album. So there's a whole multimedia journey that awaits you there. Give them a shout. Palps. P-A-L-P-S, baby. Palps. And if you'd like to sponsor the Caption Contest going forward, musical or otherwise, if you've got a podcast, a project, a product, a thing that you're passionate about, and you want to get in front of our tens of thousands of listeners, hey, we just hit six million lifetime listens Ooh. on the old Adichera podcast. So get yourself a sponsor slot and you will be immortalized forever with the back catalogue of the Adichera podcast. But Adam, it's a new season. It's a new day. It's a new era. It's a new generation. Yep. What's my picture du jour? Kevin, we all three of us unanimously agreed. And I feel like when all three of us were watching the pay-per-view separately, oh, yeah, it all happened at once. got to this moment and it was like... That's the caption contest yeah. right there. There is no way it can be anything other than this. And it's been a long time since all three of us were like, unquestionably, this is going to be the image. This one here. It's the Oddities 2.0, baby. I'm talking Million Dollar Man, Gene Snitsky, Oprah Winfrey, Goldust, Mae Young, Eugene, Pirate Paul Birchall, and... 
fabulous Mola as well is there. Yeah, she is as well. Yeah. You've you got to have the darkness to appreciate the light, is yeah, what it, it is. Yeah, she's on the far end, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she is. We could have cropped her out now I that I think say, about yeah. it. <laughs> uh, read from left to right, the darkest night is before the dawn. Yeah. So, that is my submission for the caption contest. So, Adam, I believe you've got some over on the Twitter, at AE Podcast. And I believe you're taking us through the Facebook ones, facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. Hearts and minds. I appreciate when you are letting me go after the group of people who betrayed me yep. in Boys Picks. I feel like it's good. You need to get in the community and get involved, like do some outreach, get to know these people better. Maybe by the time the next election rolls around, Kevin, things will look a little different. Yeah, pop on the Facebook, do some outreach. Maybe some of them will listen to the podcast. I hope so. <laughs> I would love to convert some of those people into listeners someday. <laughs> Starting us off here on Twitter, Andrew Rich, and now the story of a wealthy family who lost everything, and the one pirate who had no choice but to keep them all together. It's arrested development. <laughs> Steve Yurko here, friend of the podcast, over on the Facebook. Do check out his One Piece podcast, fabulous stuff. Your Honor, I'd like to call all of my surprise witnesses <laughs> again. <laughs> For Kit's sake, on Twitter, WWE's latest Polycule getting ready for their night on the channel. <laughs> so I look, Polycule is a great, great, great word. Isn't it? Because, like, obviously, like, polyamory's got all these great terms in their glossary and everything. But that one in particular seems very scientific, I think. It's like a molecule, almost. I feel like a lot of people have been corrected to saying Polycube to Polycule. Oh, Polycube is good as well, like... I don't know. Polycube or Polycule, there's got to be a wrestling faction at some point. If you can draw a diagram of your Polycule and how everyone connected together in the form of a cube then baby you're doing polyamory right right there <laughs> i will say on the subject of polyamory there is a lot of like non-monogamous entries here where it's like everyone put the keys in the bowl here's the manchester swingers convention <laughs> like, there is a, for some reason a lot of people looked at this image and were like well they're obviously all shagging aren't they <laughs> i mean there's horny energy there like yeah well i mean gene snitsky was licking a foot right before this image and look how happy ted dibiase is <laughs> <laughs> Gavin McQuinney here. When you're playing my GM mode for the first time and you're not sure how to play and the game demands you make a staple. <laughs> that literally happened to me on 2K22. I made the mistake of pressing the wrong button when the My Faction pop-up came up. Uh-oh. And it was like, great, let's make your faction. You can't escape this menu Please now. Please, no, make us. Make a staple of seven people and then we'll let you leave. Who'd you put in there, Adam? I literally have no idea. Fucking Bailey... Cesaro. All right. Omas. Maybe. There we go. Yeah. Proper names. My fun thing to do on 2K22 is like when Adam plays with me, it's just to like fill the screen with people he has no idea. Yeah, literally all the NXT UK yeah. signees you're, are you're there. Some Fabian Eichner. Huh? You're making that up. Oh, no, yeah, I am, yeah, because he's now called Giovanni Vinci. Like, you know, I'm going to be an idiot. Oh, like, that's yeah. a way better name. Giovanni Vinci. That's great. <laughs> so you're the one person in the world who thought that was an improvement. <laughs> Oh man, what are you, speaking of great names, what a username here. Kataha Jamie here with oh, oh. the seven deadly sins from left to right. <laughs> Greed, that's Million Dollar Man. Gluttony, Lust, that's obviously Gene Snitsky. Mm -hmm. Envy, oh, yeah. Sloth, Pride, and the worst of them all, Fabulous Moolah. <laughs> oh no, that's that rare eighth deadly sin I've heard so much about. Yeah, there were a lot of people who were making references to this being like behind the scenes photos of season two of Neil Gaiman's The Sandman on Netflix, <laughs> etc. Mark Hansen here on the other end of the spectrum. Worst episode of Mrs. Brown's Poison. Oh, Jesus, what? <laughs> you know what? 
if they put this out and called it Mrs. Brown's Boys, a loving nod to the Irish, it would be less offensive than actual <laughs> Mrs. Brown's Boys. Like, I didn't think we still deported our own, and yet there's Brendan Carl straight over there in London, and he ain't never coming back. <laughs> oh, here's one for you, Kevin. Serial Box 64, the Dark Universe is back on. Yes! <laughs> The Dark Universe! Do not forget their name! Oh man, Snitsky would fit in so fucking well in the Dark Universe, you gotta think. Yeah, and that'd be big plans that he never get booked. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Maybe no. I could rope in Dark Universe Watch and Snitsky Watch into one into one segment. Yeah, you know? You do that, buddy. Save a bit of time. Goldust in blue dress and wig, Snitsky's really weird and big, Moolah says forget it, Burchill is a pirate, DiBiase's got a stash of Mississippi welfare cash, Eugene's happy, maze amused, the rest of us real confused. <laughs> you just described the segment. <laughs> Thank you, Nate Sack, it was very good. Oh my god, Josh can't play here on Twitter. Seven companions, so be it. You shall be the fellowship of the dark side of the ring. <laughs> it always helps, Master Snitsky, to follow your feet. <laughs> Nothing ever dampens your spirits, eh, Snitsky? <laughs> David Ruffley, the jury for Vincent Mann's trial has arrived to your honor. The rocket thinks there'll be a hung jury if you smell what I'm cooking. The jury is determined it wasn't his Fault. <laughs> Power of Mike here on Twitter. I got 21 seconds to flow. I got 21 <laughs> seconds to go. <laughs> I fucking book that, please. Yes. James Zapsop. Next Tory leadership contest looks very promising. Oh, uh, I now leave the politics out of it, man. Come on, you know. Speaking of politics, Patman forever here. This is the future that liberals want. <laughs> Charlie Taylor, if there was ever a visual representation of Billy's thought process for voice picks, Aww. it is this. There is a lot of, like, this is the inside of Billy's mind yeah, right here. Like the cat who got the cream. Steve Clark here with a great Spaceballs reference. These aren't them! You captured their stunt doubles! <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Zingle here. So the wrestlers learned to function as a society, and eventually... They were rescued by, oh, let's say Rob Conway. <laughs> <laughs> he could fit in that group, I think, quite happily. Imagine that, being Rob Conway. Sorry, Rob, you didn't make the cut for the freak <laughs> Freak segment. segment. <laughs> Jake and Stein here. First look at the emotions within Vince McMahon's brain, Inside Out 2, coming summer 2023. <laughs> That's fucking dark-sided as fuck. Very dark. Phoebe's XYZ here. Cast for Biblops' stage adaptation of Jid is really coming together. That's right, folks. As we announced on the Reading Ranch, I am putting together the Adam Bibolo Amateur Dramatic Society's stage version of Journey into Darkness. Coming soon to press which social club? But which of them will be Foley or Beat Hard? Well, I think we can all agree that Gene Snitsky is going to play Gene Snitsky for his minor role in Journey oh, into Darkness. Oh, I thought he would have been a good young Glenn Kane. No, I don't know. I was, I, I was eyeing up Pirate Paul there and thinking we've not seen all of this guy's potential just yet. They've, they're all very talented performers, is what we're mm -hmm. saying. Amelia J. Charlesworth here. Paul Burchill is just glad this isn't one of those kiss your sister type things again. <laughs> LT Dangerous from New Legacy here. Another Adams Family reboot already? <laughs> <laughs> Steve Cheney, when you run Fallout New Vegas with every mod. 
JD Ranhold here has photoshopped the image to be the Overlook Hotel photograph. <laughs> That's dark as that fuck. That is dark. Days of Thunder, a WCW Thunder rewatch podcast here. The Wyatt Six really was disappointing in the end. <laughs> Fernando Lau Jr., the photo that gets taken after your escape room adventure. <laughs> <laughs> And rounding us off here, we got one from Replica ENT. After Vince asked them what they called this act, Ted DiBiase only said, The Aristocrats! (laughs) (laughs) Almost as dark as the actual jokes themselves. Thanks once again, everyone, for chipping in your captions to the old caption contest. We'll continue doing these throughout season number five. If you would like to sponsor, don't forget, you can get all the information at patreon.com forward slash a podcast, or just send us an email at itsyourpodcast at gmail.com. And I want to have a big shout out once again to Palps and their new album, Blackheart, for sponsoring the caption contest. I love saying that. I can see why WWE did it for so many years. I saw you using your most NXT voice there when you were doing it. A little bit Corey Grazer. A little bit. A little bit like. But thank you guys for the sponsorship thank you for the captions and thanks for joining us on season number five and adam i think it's time to get back in our big car and go to the big church for some big time wrestlemania 22 Ow! big time <laughs> backstage it's the mcmahon's with oily oily vince mcmahon I mean, you can't just say backstage like it's a normal cut we get here Nah, we're back to the fucking base we cut from mickey james smiling with her championship to then boom extreme close upon vince's tits flexing <laughs> and they're covered in oil and he's like as orange as a pumpkin here yeah he is insanely orange yeah to the point where i'm not sure if it's for like Oh, like, give me a stupid tan for heel heat. Or he's like, no, no, I want to look like a bodybuilder for That's heel it. heat. Give that to me. That's it, I think. But yeah, it's it's the it's the eyes, the Trump eyes. Mm-hmm. The Trump eyes. <laughs> Special eyes. He's, he's got the, the white circles there. Linda is technically heel here. We got heel pregnant Stephanie. It, it's crazy how much pregnancy has made Steph look like a completely different yeah, And the blonde hair as well, I yeah, guess. It's, like, it's like, it doesn't even look like her. It looks like they've like lost her and just recast her. <laughs> they, have, they have utilized her and they used her pregnancy as part of the storyline where Shawn Michaels had to take on the Spirit Squad in the weeks leading up to this, to, you know, as part of this man's highway to hell. Mm. And they had her come visit him backstage and be like, look, you know, I'm pregnant now. You know, I don't want any part of this. This is crazy. You need, you need to let this thing go with him. Please, Sean. He's like, all right, I don't want to talk to you. Get out of my locker room. And she poured in a drug. What? She poured a drug into Shawn Michaels' water. And then Shawn, Jesus. Shawn came out to the match like, I think I'll kill you. Oh, my God. And the following week, Vince McMahon is like, well, it's obvious what's happened. Shawn Michaels has become a drug addict again. Fuck <laughs> me. It happened before in 87. We have to do a live drug test here on television. Oh, the, the amount of live piss segments we get I in know. wrestling. And that's when Shawn did the, it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. He pissed in the cup and threw it at Vince. Lovely. And it's funny because as Shawn has to do his piss on TV, the Vince goes, cameraman, come over here. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, don't be a loser like Shawn Michaels. Say no to drugs. No one who takes drugs ever gets ahead in life. And Shawn Michaels clearly is like, he's a loser. Like, Oh, I, I thought you meant you were going to be like, cameraman, come over here. I want to make sure that that piss is coming out of that urethra. There's not been a switcheroo here. You have a nice long lens on your camera there to uh, catch every element of it. 
So yes, this prayer is somehow scarier than Brian Pillman's with the Heart oh, Foundation. Fuck me. This <laughs> made me laugh so much. So funny. God, Hallelujah. <laughs> let's face it. I don't like you and you don't like me. So good. It's such a Simpsons line. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it it's like big pop from the audience. I think they're at like peak McMahon comedy here. I, you know, obviously Vince McMahon has had a very, very well-deserved fall from grace in 2022. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited to watch this like pompous over the top. I want to come back and do everything, you know, every match, every segment, every angle. There's no kid gloves with Vince here. He's back bigger than ever from his, you know, his knees blown out in rumble. He's got a chip on his shoulder because of the humiliation there. And I am here for every stupid fucking bit of it. Oh, yeah. Pouring shit on him, green slime, piss all over him. Yes. It's going to be good. Greg fucking take his dick off, throw it, <laughs> in, throw it off a bridge. You take it to hell with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so jarring seeing all four McMahons yeah. in unison yeah. together. Coming up next, it's a casket match. The Undertaker. Let's face it, I don't like you and you don't no. like me. <laughs> Take it on, big Mark Henry. The druids are in the house. Oh, they struggled to get the casket through the opening. Oh. Why have they got such a small opening? I'd like to think that these are also the class of OVW that maybe Punk did double duty tonight with totally. the druid as well. Proper Alton Towers scarefest druids here. They look so fucking naff. First ever casket match at a WrestleMania. I mean, wonder why. Wonder why. Yeah. It's one of those matches that, like, even in a video game, is never it's as fun. Never fun. No. Yeah. I, as a fourteen-year-old, I was positive Mark Henry was going to win. People were talking. Uh, yeah, this was, the yeah, plan was, was at one point. Positive. Yeah. yeah. That was that was the rumors at the time, but I genuinely think once we got to WrestleMania 21 with Randy and the Legend Killer, from that point on, it was like, right. The idea was in people's minds that the streak was going to end. Yes. That I don't know if they were like, therefore we will definitely end it soon, or if they're at this point going, therefore we're going to stretch it on for another 10 years. Mm, yeah. But there was definitely the feel at this point that every year there was genuine chatter. And you mentioned Hade Vanson, fucking Ted DiBiase Jr., Mark Henry. There's a litany of people who thought they were fine. They, legitimately, it was going to be them. And, you know, every year, even if there wasn't genuine backstage rumblings, people would get the feeling, mm. well, maybe Batista, maybe Edge. They want to protect the title, right? You know, it's it's a great period for Undertaker. It because is. he's got immediate eyes and intrigue on mm. any match. Even if that match is against Mark Henry, who is better but, but not, still not no. good I, I yeah. was expecting Hall of Pain no. mark here we're four, four years out of that yeah nowhere near and you know what really exemplifies that when you think of the Hall of Pain mark Henry when he comes out the fucking killer theme from yeah. Free Life Mafia he walks into frame the shoulders blots out the light mm-hmm. all will suffer and he makes his way here it's like and he just fucking wanders out like it's yeah. his first day at school I actually really go on like Mark his, I actually really like his theme I here. do but it's like he he and the entrance are at loggerheads. Mm. He just kind of wanders out like and they're like, Oh, you gotta think Mark Henry is nervous. I'm like, no. Don't even... make us think that. Because he looks really nervous, yeah. like, you know? No Davari for him either. No. And like what's the point of giving a lad a mouthpiece and a, not gonna a heat him. magnet mm-hmm. if he's not gonna be here? Mark kind of poodles out, I guess, is the best way to describe yeah. it. Like he fears nothing except this. He looked really nervous, like really, really nervous. Uh, lightning erupts for Undertaker's entrance. 
I was very excited for maybe him to glide, but that was the previous year. Mm. Glid. He glid. What? Glid. He gl- that, that's it, right? He Glurning glid. into darkness. <laughs> yeah, the Glen sections of Jid are called glid. <laughs> you know, it was like he moves like, you know, like it, it was before they were invented, but he knows like little hoverboard things yeah. to stand on. Yeah. He, he just perfectly still and just comes down the ramp oh, slowly, so I, I through was, the fog right yeah. I was picturing him from like the top of the like, on top of the Titan Tron yeah. like, with a glide like a pair of wings oh right uh, yeah whoosh. I mean he did do that once you know back did on that the as well, right? he did that entrance once I think it was 97 or 98 or thereabouts mm. but yeah the gliding was kind of like Garth Marenghi to allude to the fact that he may or may not have hooves oh, you know uh, cool. now here's, here's here's the thing it's a normal entrance for Undertaker, pretty much. Very normal. Yeah, pretty sedate. Did he use up his entrance points on Druids? Was that it? I think so, yeah. Ah, he's very... Whoop yeah, in this a, match. Uh, there's a few. It's I was the beginnings of, of this I, character. Yeah, that's it. He's too young here, I, I guess. Yeah. I was hoping, big fucker like Mark Henry, he's obviously going to have to try and lift him at some point. We're going to get a... Not enough of that, yeah. though. It, it's a bit of a, a slow L grind, but mm. I don't think that's like a fault of match. It's by design. That's what they yeah. want to be. They want to get Mark over so he doesn't leave his feet. Nope. They take him to his fucking old school and Mark stays on his fucking yeah. goddamn feet. Mark Calloway doing the big dive and it would become a, a yearly tradition which led to me nearly having a heart attack and a panic attack simultaneously at WrestleMania 25 where I just saw from my vantage point him going into the undying lands. Oh god. Going what? Well that's the end of him. And it's over the casket as well this mm, time. Like. Incredible. So so cool. We got Goozle Truzzle. That's the trouble that is. Uh-huh. Mark, Mark gets the Goozle. The world's strongest slam. Please <laughs> to cover him. Pinfalls oh, don't count. Big dummy. Just why, you know? He's nervous. And then the corner power bomb spot, which you can see coming from a mile away. Well, that's right. And like you've got Cole screaming, "It's the last right, Taz. The last right, Taz." Like, yeah, Cole, it's not the last right because <laughs> you know he kind of lifts, lifts him up a bit higher, and Cole's like, "Well, it is the last right because that's as high as he could lift him." Like, don't have a fucking disassembly of yeah, the moment yeah. you know good lord and Taz kind of goes yeah I guess kinda oh jeez fucking hell a thick tombstone pile driver he's put in the casket Taz literally goes who says Mark Henry's the world's strongest man anyway Jesus Christ a 14 and 0 oh no he's done I mean, in more ways than one, this was a burial for Mark Henry. Yeah, yeah absolutely it this, was. This is, a, this is a bad match, which is a shame because uh, as much as I shit on The Undertaker, it's because I enjoyed this run so much. Mm. Yeah. This is like, Undertaker has some great matches. I want to say, is it him, Royal, him and Edge, Royal Rumble 2007? Yeah, that's when he has that rumble of performance. That's a f- fucking great performance. He, I, I enjoyed this Undertaker a lot. Mm-hmm. More than I do the other Undertaker. But there's still the opinion here. This is the Undertaker that WWE and Vince once again have gotten into that pattern of thinking, you could stick this lad with fucking anyone. Yeah. Hope you no. like Undertaker versus Big Daddy V. Hope you oh, like Undertaker geez. versus the Great Kali at length. Yeah. You know, until this man gets paired up with Edge and, mm. and Batista, you know, he is, I think he's at his peak here physically. Physically, yeah. But we got, yeah, we're going to beat that out of you. <laughs> <That's laughs> It's a very standard Undertaker match, which and is to say, a bad match. Yeah, boy. and despite the fact that a previous match was guaranteed to be the most physical match of, of the night, Cole describes this match as having been very, very physical. Oh, that kind of physical. And this is weird as well. Cole says three times throughout this match and at the end here that the Undertaker is about memories. He makes memories. <laughs> 
I'm all about putting smiles on people's faces. It's weird, like, and I think you're when you say like Undertaker, you'll it's like, what are you doing here tonight? You look back on previous WrestleManias and go, thank you for the memories, Undertaker. It's like that's you're talking like you're closing like up winding shots. down, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I'm not as old as I would. Yeah, he's a long way off, folks. Coming up next, one of my all-time favorite matches. Fucking watch this a million times. Uh, watch yep. it a million more. Vince McMahon, Shawn Michaels, the highway to hell. He is the head man, the chairman of the WWE. Me, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. A business icon, creative genius, and one handsome, virile son of a bitch. There's only one man I know that walks like that. From now on, it's all about me. Mr. Nice Guy. That's not fair. Each and every one of you are fired. You have to face the facts. You kiss your boss's ass. Don't tell me you don't. Damn it. Kiss my ass. Kiss it. You like it? Come on. Yeah. Manomania is running wild. I'm not going to take any crap from anybody ever again. The means justify the ends. I trick Brett. So what? As long as I get what I want, that's the right thing to do. Die! The heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, am here to give you exactly what you want. Well, you love Shawn Michaels or you hate him. It's really irrelevant. He's a magnificent athlete. I am simply the very best sports entertainer in the is the most honored champion in history. The showstopper. One of the all-time greats in this business. You are the chairman of the board of a multi-million dollar corporation. Don't you think it's time that you grow up a little bit? Maybe it's time that you move on. I screwed, Red Hart. John, don't make me screw you. What's McMahon instructing his son to do now? Oh, what the hell is that? McMahon screws Bret Hart in 97, and now we gotta relive it here. Just for the record, Shawn Michaels screwed Shawn Michaels. He comes out here every night. He gives it his all to these fans, and he's done that his entire career. Mr. McMahon. This WrestleMania will be a turning point for Shawn Michaels. Your match with me now, Michaels, is no holds barred. Mr. McMahon wants to name Shawn Michaels to make sure Shawn Michaels can't even make it to WrestleMania this Sunday night. You're screwed way worse than Bret Hart was ever screwed. How does it feel to swallow your pride out here? Michaels has been castrated of his dignity. You open the floodgates for your own personal Mr. McMahon said that he was going to be sure that Shawn Michaels' life becomes a living hell. And right now, it's just that. I hate people like you. My father, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, is going to annihilate Shawn Michaels at his greatest creation of all time, WrestleMania. This 
package here. They mostly recycle. This is the introduction for the McMahon DVD. Right. You know, oh, yes, it is. There is only one man I know yeah. who walks like this. From now on, no more Mr. Nice Guy. My favorite line from this, from all the different little clips of him being evil or whatever. I tricked Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Quite frankly, Brett tricked Brett. Uh, my favorite one is, yeah, McMahonomania is running wild. It is the most indulgent Vince McMahon run of all time, and I think there's never been a better time to go through it. The hubris of the man here. Mm. Wow. It's like he was gone and he was coming back, and, you know, the plan for Sean before this was allegedly Eddie Guerrero. You yeah, know? I heard. When they were oh, talking they big matches. Fucking... Can you imagine that match? Oh. I think the idea they had with Sean was that every year at WrestleMania was going to be, what's the dream match? What are mm. we missing? And, like, let's do that then, you know? That's why we had so many, you know big big matches you know that came before this and after this and you know Vince McMahon most people would have gone no this is a terrible idea there are some people who maintain this is like not a good match I mean it depends They're on what fucking idiots like, you don't mean, like my type of wrestling if you don't like this it. match I guess if, you if know? you're talking about a wrestling match then obviously it's not a good match it's out to do it's a no holds barred match it's not a wrestling match and it's, it's a bit of fun it's bloody it's violent there's loads of gimmicks and yet it feels completely night and day different from Edge and Foley absolutely because this is a story about Shawn Michaels who's been pushed to the brink over and over and over again they did the Montreal screw job to him so Shane beat him with the sharpshooter on Saturday Night's main event they uh, keep doing everything they can to try and like break Sean because like if you're not going to give me what I want, I'm going to break you. And I think that is such a great storyline because Shawn Michaels has come through the other side of whatever it was he went through. Yep. A lot of people begrudge and resent where he is. All I'll say is just because someone has found peace doesn't make them completely immune to criticism mm. i feel like you can have your gripes about Shawn michaels oh yeah certainly the darks harwood interview that came out in 2021 made me think quite ill of sean in that as much as he's made great strides he's still the guy who'll laugh about you if his other friends are here to make himself yeah. feel good and that for me is just uh it's, uh, it's a, a social sensitivity that i think the man maybe lacks and that being said though I feel this is one of the only times they really went in and being like, Sean was in a dark place and now he's better. And like, what is there a better exemplification of the evils of the wrestling business than literally Vince McMahon That's himself? It. He is the personification of everything that fucked up Shawn Michaels. The whole build to this though, I think they were convinced that Brett would say yes at any given point. And I myself, and I, you know, I would barely know, I don't know of Brett and he was a screw job and I'd seen wrestling with shadows and all that jazz. But like, I just assumed... Well, they wouldn't talk about him if he wasn't coming back. That's it. You know, I didn't realise the extent to which he's like, fuck no. Fink even laid the groundwork mm. by reminding you of him not being here earlier. Like, it, so, fe it feels natural for Brett to be involved in this match. And it feels natural as well for this crowd to kind of boo both guys when they come out. Sean, yeah. Sean doesn't get the, the heartwarming response. No. And like that's weird because I've watched this match a million times. It's the first time where I sat down and go like, oh shit. Yeah, they ain't here for Sean actually no. at all. I think they're expecting a third entity to come out. And Vince, I don't think he's a man who's crippled with a whole lot of self-awareness. But when he comes out on the ramp and he's literally like, he's so big, he looks like he's going to explode. His eyes are literally like cartoon wolves. And he's like, yeah. Grin. That's my favorite image of Vince ever. It is like peak, like 
caricature Vince McMahon. You go, got JR, he's like, fuck you, Dr. Hanny, I'm gonna fucking kill you when I oh, get the chance. Man, uh, we get Black Tar Jim Ross on commentary in this match. It's so satisfying. Yeah, this is fabulous. And this is, came after we got Vince McMahon versus John Cena live on Raw. You ever wanna see two men work an entire match around a knuckle lock? They did it. Wow. Even Marty Jannetty got involved in this. Jim Ross describing Shawn Michaels as this young man who's changed his life and made so many positive choices. Probably didn't help things that he is 42. Young man. Now Vince McMahon here, he's riding high for many reasons. Candice Michelle isn't the only cover model here tonight oh. on the roster. We got Vince McMahon unveiling muscle and fitness to the world. There it is. Oh Jesus. Got the big blow look up on it here. Just I, yeah. look at the fucking rip on that chest you made your bed which was made of magazines and now you have to lie in it and i assume because it's made of magazines it's not very comfortable no it's not what what oi newsy have you got my special magazine with the big orange man i'd be way more embarrassed picking this up than wwe magazine you got my special free gift that came with it (laughs) (laughs) little creatine powder (laughs) world exclusive wwe's vince mcmahon this guy is 60? We hit the gym with the world's toughest CEO. Oh, he fucking loved that. Oh, yeah, you're damn right he did. Look how pleased he is. And look how long the neck is. I never really noticed that before. Mm. Like, is that the one where you have the great Vincent Man biting on the chain? I think that's or, part of the same shoe. Yeah, part of the same shoe here as well. Interesting. JR rivaling Joey Styles for the call of the night here. This man is genuinely evil. He's going straight to hell, and I fear when he gets there, he can't wait to take over. Can you imagine the boardroom meetings? I've been in them. <laughs> <laughs> Comparing Stanford, Connecticut to literal hell. Actual hell. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> he's sassy. Oh, he's shooting. Yeah. And you know what? I, and I mean this as no disparagement to any of the example shows I'm going to give out here or the man himself because I like all of them in their own ways mm. but probably not as much as you if you got upset by me saying this. But I feel like Jim Ross is like Chuck community or firefly undeniably great but goddamn we all feel his greatness more when someone takes him away from us we're like hey oh no hey 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 <laughs> there's something of like i felt like jim ross like i felt about ecw like i felt about like daniel bryan in 2011 mm. like no you you are you're no you're not treating him the way he yeah. should be and I feel like Jim Ross has come out the other side of that and had a long, lengthy career that's made me get sick and tired of him think that he's genuinely struggled as a commentator more often than not in recent times. Mm. He still is the greatest of all time, but as much as it pains me to say it because I think he's a victim of malicious bullying, of corporate malpractice, for lack yes, of a better term. 100%. How his career and his, his career at WWE was handled and how they treated him and everything about how they treated his... his, his you know, he's had a hard go of it. He like, really has, yeah. But fuck me, it didn't make me be like, yeah, like if James Robinson had not been fired, not been taken away from me, I feel like I wouldn't have gotten this gym here and therefore I wouldn't have liked this match as much. Yes. I don't think that's why Vince McMahon was doing it though. No. Maybe he convinces himself now and then, oh, it was good because it made fans like freak Kevin Mann rally behind him more. I can see that it did do that, but I still think that that's not why he did it. Treat the greatest with respect. Yeah. And they absolutely did not hear. But it's nice to see him here tonight. This is the fucking... I mean, this is this is the most Jim Ross, Jim Ross you'll ever get in the world. This is Stone Cold versus Eric Bischoff levels of JR. Mm. Like, getting it all out of his fucking Big system. Time. I want to test to Shawn Michaels' skills. You know, often it's been said that the man, like Ric Flair, could you know, wrestle with a broom. But Vincent Mann is a broom who can't sweep. So, you know... <laughs> I know you don't like the cord spot, Adam, but used on evil Vince McMahon to choke him out? It's the one time where it feels kind of good, actually. 
And then Sean lets go. I was like, no, 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 come on, finish the job. Let's go all the way on this one. I was generally worried that Jerry was going to have to call, because I couldn't barely remember this match, and it was. It, I was worried that Jerry was going to have to call the match by himself when JR's mic goes out. Oh, like, yeah, oh, they yeah. knock over, yeah. yeah. And that's it. They kind of they try and get the crowd on their side by just going hot at the start, because we want Brett chance, and they're making so much noise with clashing around on announce tables and pulling out weapons and all that jazz that you kind of, like, I've watched this match literally a hundred times and this is the first time where I was really, really aware that these people were not ready to embrace this match. Mm. And can you imagine a match of Vincent Mann the crowd decide, actually, no, we're not going to react at all, actually. Yeah. What a death sentence that mm. would be. You know? They react to the violence and stuff, but they don't really get into the story of the match that's being told here. I love the Muscle and Fitness magazine cover oh. being used on him. Smashed over his head. Vince, Very Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah. He, he sits down when he takes yeah. the bump. And Jim Ross going, yeah, now shove it up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Fired up. I wrote down here in my notes, oh shit, the SS. But it's the Spirit Squad. You know? oh, not, the, yeah. not the Third Reich hasn't shown up here again. <laughs> Let me tell you, that five man slam when they all grab a bit of uh, Shawn Michaels. Oh. Are Look. you much familiarity with the old Spirit Squad, Adam? Clips. Literally yeah. just clips on WWE documentaries. I love these guys. So hateable. Yeah. So hateable. We are going to see a lot of the Spirit Squad. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm well aware. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit Squad, Billy, don't forget. Mm. Kenny with the big old leg drop, 20 years old here the kid is. Aww. The man who in 2016, I believe it was, quit his job because he was told, is he available for a shot at SmackDown? He went and he quit his job and they didn't hire him. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh. The megaphone shots from Shawn Michaels and 97 Shawn is back. Did you see the fucking goop that came out oh, of him? Yeah. There's, a, there's a bit of gob tonight from Shawn. Yeah. Oh my God, it's 1997 and Gak is back. Yeah. <laughs> I obviously don't know the Spirit Squad like you guys do. Do they keep powder in their horn or something? Is that meant to be a gimmick? Like, I think it's just one of those things that so when they hit, it makes a... It's literally just for the effect. It's, yeah. It's okay. a, yeah. Like I, when I did my brief little wrestling thing with, with, with folks, one of the things they explained to me was how to make a guitar. Oh yeah, I, you put powder in that. You put well. a bag of powder in that. It's yeah. just like anything that will make a, a dunk, if it's if it's hollow, put the powder in, mm -hmm. it'll make uh, a little bit of a puff and more of an interesting uh, uh, visual. Yeah. But yeah, I love the shots of the megaphone. It's very good. Very funny, very silly. I kind of wanted Sean to take up the air horn and go, <laughs> as well. Oh no, Vince McMahon offense. Uh, now the meaty clothesline of Vince McMahon and the meaty knuckle lock are like the only two moves he has yeah. I want to ask you guys hypothetically now that the man's career is over and he lies in disgrace in the big hotel hello <laughs> does anyone want to talk to me <coughs> <laughs> lock the doors don't let them uh, what move would you like to see Vince McMahon do not do, be given not, to him not take do. do Canadian destroyer <laughs> like that yeah I'm trying to think of the most dangerous moves possible I was going to say the buckshot lariat he yeah. must do the, the standing flip mm. and then when he does it he lands right in his ass like Royal Rumble 05 our chairman is sitting in the ring I'd, I'd like to see uh, for that actually I'd like to see do you remember Dean Ambrose's wacky line they would call <laughs> yeah. it except he just falls out of the <gasps> ring oh no <laughs> I would like to see him do a Styles Clash oh yeah. okay mm. Jim Ross puts him over. The man has beaten the government. And Ted Turner. That's true. Is. I mean, he's put him over. He's, he's, he's been fighting. He's been fighting all his life, that Irish bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Vince with the belt. We get the attempt as well from him to do Sweet Vin music, which I that got me thinking, like, that's, you know, I want to see him try. That foot ain't getting up there, The leg mate. would fall off. Yeah, like, You're a Vincent Van Toy that's one of the ultra-articulated ones. <laughs> Can't do that. He won't be able to. 
This man has caused more misery than anyone alive ever has. Wow. Well, I, I apologise, folks. Seriously, <laughs> steady on. Getting carried away now, Jim. Here comes Shane McMahon. With his kendo stick. He looks weird in a big suit. It, it, he looks it, just like Joe Pasquale. It, it, like it's, it's the image. style of the time, isn't it? That's appropriate as well, because he was always nicking shit off Rob Van Dam <laughs> and then claiming that it can't be owned. Like. I like this as well. It's, it's like Edge and Foley in the sense that they have a succession of gimmicks, but instead of their things being like hardcore stuff, it's like bullshit interference. Yep. So here comes Shane, dancing around with the kendo stick, going whoop, 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 literally going whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> And he's like, are we going to handcuff Shawn Michaels? And Vince is like, no, I have an even somehow worse idea. We're going to have him kiss my ass. Yeah, put a little ass on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> like a baby, like, like a, a baby. baby. And Jim Ross puts a bow on it, like few can, by screaming, you're a 60-year-old man showing your ass on television. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shane McMahon, he joins the Kiss My Ass Club. He goes full in that that's, ass. That's not a kiss. That is a full-on insertion of a face into an ass crack. Content warning. I'm about to regale you all with Jim Ross's call of this. Shane McMahon's face just got buried in daddy's crack. Jesus Christ. I, like, I know it's there, but don't call it that, you know? I know. I just don't crack. want that. And just Vince's face because he thinks it's Sean's face. Yeah, he's loving he's, it. He's fucking like. loving it. And he doesn't even find out it was Shane. I know. They both have soft lips. Mm. They're both they're both kind of like a son to him in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite Shane McMahon moments ever. I don't know why this always makes me laugh. When Sean handcuffs him mm. and then Shane immediately gets like the other key and is like, just tries I to do it that. quickly. I unlock it. And Sean grabs it fucks into the crowd, does the little shade Imagine dance. owning that. There's, oh, there's somebody man. out there yeah. who has that key set. I will say at this point, from my, from the, from henceforth in this match, the words Shane and Sean are used interchangeably on commentary. Good luck yeah. with that. Good luck with that, guys. Sweet chin music? Absolutely not. We're going to take out a succession of ladders. Yeah, because yeah. Vince McMahon has been laid out with the most gargantuan chair shot of all time. This is where the match starts to suffer a little bit for me. I mean, oh, really? F- first of I, all, see, I don't think it does. That chair shot, literally the loudest chair shot I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> if it would be anyone else other than Vince McMahon, I would probably feel really queasy. But with it being Vince, undeniably, I, I did laugh. Yeah, oh, I yeah. laughed a lot. Like I should do it again. Like you know, yeah, it's, <laughs> to the level of comedy, it was so absolutely, violent. Absolutely, yeah. But this is, it gets a bit tedious, I think, where Sean's like, sweet chin, nah, 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 I'm going to go and get a ladder. Going to go up the ladder. Nah, 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 I'm going to get another ladder. It's because he knows that if he does it, it's going to end the match and he hasn't suffered a bad I I, 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 I like that part. I like like the story of that. But the crowd does lose it a little bit. Where it's like, oh, no, no, he deserves worse than this. But the fact he does it three times, it involves him, get a ladder out, put it in the ring, set it up. It's a lot of downtime. Climb the ladder. No, I've changed my mind. Close the ladder, take it out, get another one from under the ring, set that. You oh, know, you put him in a bin as well. It's a lot of faffing. And, and then after that, he pulls a Bret Hart out <laughs> and then sets it up to a He goes, no, I think it's even bigger, Bret Hart. I like the idea and the story of it. It's just too much faffing, I think. And like you say, the crowd dies a death because of it. But I was amazed at the point, though, when they finally were up top, ready to give it, and we get the, the suck in. chop. The crowd went a total 180 from the start of yeah. this Oh, it's match. DX, like. You know, to the point where I actually, I felt that they were like, well, the crowd will get quiet. They're playing with them here, I feel like. Yeah. They're making the crowd quiet, and then they give you the big ladder, the crotch shop. This crowd goes into a fever pitch. It comes like the gong show. Jim Ross screams, McMahon's on Queer Street. 
Not that there's anything wrong with that. Sake. Which is like, okay, JR, we need to sit down. Like, you have too much sugar. Like, yeah, literally. Know? Do you think they knew ahead of this pay-per-view that they were going to bring DX back? Or do you reckon yes, they, this they saw this ask. reaction yeah. and like, oh, we're no, going to no, no. fucking do this. It was this, already on the cards. This, the summer was going to be about this. Okay. And that's why it's so funny is because the ECW launch is also meant to be coming around the summer. And there comes mm. a point where they're like, well, we we really want to do the DX thing. So that people kind of worried about what, what direction is the full way to go. Because mm. there are two very, very different aspects of the wrestling business yeah. that we're bringing back. But yeah, they, they would have known pretty much since the start of this. And this storyline started in like November 05, you know. So this is, this point here has already been one of the longest built storylines they've had in ages, mm, yeah. you know. And I shout out to Shane again, his facial expressions during all this bit where like Sean puts the ladder down and he thinks, oh, he's come to his senses. He's like, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the big guy's like, oh, no, 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 not an even bigger ladder. Really blows snot at him. Yes. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Very, very Christian of you, Sean. Yeah, very seriously. So. Yeah, but the large mode ladder and the suck it, the bin splash, Jim Ross screaming, you're going to sell some stock. It's going to tank in the market. Jesus. McMahon is dead. <laughs> is this where the EMTs come out yeah. now as well? And yeah, again, good Christian, Sean. Yeah. Sean's about to fucking assault some innocent paramedics. Like, I'm going to kick your teeth right down your throat. He actually gets quite scary towards mm. the end of the match here. Yeah. Like, uh, this is this is like, careful what you wish for. You don't want this Shawn Michaels back. Exactly. And it's like, I don't even think Shawn Michaels in real life wants to Shawn Michaels no, back. No, 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 no. He let the door open and like 1%, boom, closed. You're not going to get that ever again. Yeah. That was it for the one night. Vince McMahon being carried away finally when they're like, all right, he's dead. You're like, you can have him now. Scrape him off the mat. And he... Barely getting the weird uh, finger. Weird finger. JR screaming, Satan lives. Oh man, that's a great call. We, we also get the, the call from JR where he says, DX, yes. Attitude, yes. <laughs> Which should be the subtitle of the season. <laughs> DX, yes. Attitude, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Shawn Michaels to absolutely underscore that he is not coming back because JR is like, is this the old Shawn Michaels? He looks all out in the crowd. All that hate comes out of him and he finds his wife, Whisper, yep. former Nitro girl, and Whisper gets a kisper. Yeah. And you know, that is absolutely the Christian Shawn Michaels of, no- of I, now. I like that. I think it's sort of like Vincent Mann has brought out such evil in Shawn that Shawn has now like done all this terrible stuff and he's exercised himself of that yeah. hate. Mm. And now he can go back to being the good Shawn again. Time to give a shout out to Shinedown for... Had to Google them in controversy just to see. A quick look. Uh, had a quick look. They're still going, would you believe? Mm. Since 2001. Okay. And they have actually been named as Billboard's top American rock band for 2021 because of their length of time on the charts and all okay. that. But according go. to the real fans over on the Shinedown subreddit, <laughs> there has been a skew in recent years to more right-wing and conservative lyrics Uh-oh. that certain fans feel out of touch with. You may be woke, but you're not awake. You wear oh a God. mask, but your face is plain. Yeah, a little bit. And also, oh the lead God. singer, he's done a lot of reading about the COVID. And it's a, it's, the thing is, it's a coronavirus. And that's it's a common cold. Yeah, so it's the same thing, isn't I've it? I've done some reading <laughs> on a blog. I have Googled COVID more in the last week than I have in the last year because of this pay-per-view. I found out recently, here's a shortcut, because often if you put the word controversy in, you get all sorts of shite. You want to get right to the good shit, put the person's name in, and then vaccine or COVID. <laughs> right, Tristratus? 
<laughs> oh. oh, it's time to vax your kids. <laughs> this it, time it's for me souls. <laughs> I really don't fit this. This song fits this package in this no. story. It doesn't fit the pay per view no. at all. Like I, 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 I can see a song like this being at the start of a pay per view. Yeah. But for this feud, no. it doesn't. There's more balls to this feud than this song can than, can give it. And we're talking about the triple threat now. Yeah. World yeah. Heavyweight Championship. The SmackDown title is on the line here as we have Kurt Angle, the wrestling machine, who's recently migrated from Raw to SmackDown and after being cheered non-stop as a bad guy against John Cena despite the fact that he wanted to kill Jesus and join the Taliban. Oh. <laughs> he has been embraced as this new serious wrestling machine character. Mm. Rey Mysterio, as we know from our, our lengthy chat about his title run, the greatest underdog of all time, was pegged as the Eddie Guerrero tribute act after Eddie's untimely passing and Randy Orton playing the role of evil spoiler. Eddie's Dune Stairs is oh, what yeah. oh, 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 oh. I can't believe they included that in the package. I know. The fucking goal. Yeah. I, I Ray, thought that would have been edited out by yeah. now. Yeah, I think so. And also as well, Ray seems very much set up to fail in this match. Yes. The, the promo package, it's flat for him. It yep. makes him seem like a charity case because he loses the you know he loses his spot in the match. And then Teddy Fair and like, square. I feel sorry for you, player. Like, yeah. you know. P.O.D. in the P.O. house. And here's the problem about Googling P.O.D. controversy. All the controversy I just get is from people who are who are really ultra-conservative Christians who are like, I hate that they say they're Christians because they're swearing in youth of the nation. Right. Mm. So P.O.D., if there is an actual controversy. Oh, you got nothing. Got no, nothing. They're, they're, okay. they're, they're pretty clean as things go, I think. And yeah. you know what i got to say? As far as WrestleMania live performances go, I thought the mixing was really bad. Yeah, they we're missing instruments here. The, the, Where's the guitar? The mixing wasn't great, but that's not on them. That's on the production. Uh, the actual performance, pretty decent by WrestleMania I don't standards. Know. You remove the fucking, you, you remove the guitar from this. It sounds like a Vic Reeves version of it. Oh. Like, I think Pod's album Satellite, the one that came out in 2001, but has like. Pod over here. Pod. Pod. Will on Vox knows about Pod. Okay. (laughs) Like, that's the album that has like um, Alive and. For the the very first time. I think like. They they could. I think this song is so shit. Oh, it's a crap song. I don't like like the song. Imagine a live. Imagine a live performance of like Alive or like. They're not going to bring Ray out to Alive though. When here they comes do the his... boom. Here, that's on the same album. Yeah. Like. Ready or not, but yeah, Ray Mysterio. You can tell that Podge don't get a reaction because they're doing Ray's theme. Ray comes out in a big old headdress. Silence. Yep. You know this ain't good. And Cole going Pod are big fans of Ray's didn't help matters. Mm. Kurt comes out massive reaction. Oh my god, he's so over. <laughs> oh, Pod hate abortion. Sorry, there is yeah. There you there go. There you go. Sorry. Well, well, well done, Kevin. Yeah, well I was, done. I missed my mark. Is Pod are big fans of Ray, not of abortion or the right to choose that. That there it is. It's called an audible. Grab a hold. Randy Orton coming out as well. You know, he gets more of a reaction than Ray. And that is uh, worrying for this match. I hate Ray's black contact lenses. Oh, yeah. They make him look like he should be in like a tool video. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't suit him. Some great stuff here from Kurt Angle in this match. I think the one that stands out to me is the fact that we're getting so many three-man spots in an era of the 
take a powder, roll out, you roll out of the ring. Yep. The double German, where yes. Ray goes flying. Beautiful. They, yeah. They, the crowd go fucking wild. Yeah. They, they literally. I think Kurt is maybe the most popular person tonight oh, on yeah. the whole card. I think so. Like, yeah. They are so excited him. for the idea of him successfully defending a belt, which is really that something never happens. What is it about Kurt here that you're liking so much? Is it just that he's more serious? Yeah, it's it's the it's serious. Look, he looks like a like a shaved gorilla as well. He does. Scary looking. He, he looks badass, and his intensity. Like I, I always thought Kurt was a very intense wrestler, but he has fucking dialed it up to eleven yeah. here. Like he literally looks unstoppable. And he's like silent here. Like usually he used yep. to a bit of like Kurt Malvin off and the no, like, he's serious. No, yeah. pure focus is not something we've seen in a, a while. Like Dynamite Kid to him or something almost. Just like mm. intensely serious competitor. But the problem is here about Kurt, and you would not know it from this. I don't think Kurt has physically been in as worse of shape as he's ever been here. Really? Yep. This really? man never in his career as bad as he is here. Because he's wow. basically muscled through a broken neck, yeah. you know? He's, a, he's about to go to Vince McMahon and say, I'm too injured, I'll come back, and then fuck off to TNA immediately. Wow. But the problem here is that he, you know, he was upfront to them about the issues that he had. He said he had a painkiller yeah. addiction. And then Vince is like, okay, cool. But also, we need to get Cena over, so maybe you can come oh, over here. Oh, fuck off. Are you serious? And also, as well, Batista's been injured, so we need, we need a champion on SmackDown. And Kurt became the guy. We, we've always talked about this. Yeah. If you're the guy when it's multiple matches a night, or you're going to go from brand to brand to be a champion, that's the death sentence. Yes. Yeah, that's the kiss of death, because you're always going to be worked way harder, less appreciated. You'll never mm. be given the long-term view from the bookers or whatever it is here. Fans are with him big, but all I remember is from Sabu's book. He was like, when Sabu showed up around summer around this time and Kurt's in the locker room with him, they're like, yeah, just so you know, if you give him a painkiller and he will ask, you will get in trouble. Jeez. As in like, there's a rule, like don't give yeah. Kurt pills. So we're in 06. Eddie Guerrero's passed away. There is a wellness policy, mm-hmm. but we are far, far, yeah. far from Kurt's rid of exempt because we need him too yeah, much. The, the culture of pills and stuff being done that shouldn't Fuck be done me. is still there. Yeah. You know? Because random is random, right? Yeah, just fingers on lips, everyone. Yeah, like. Randy's fine. Don't worry. You don't need to test him today, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Ray619 gets caught into the ankle lock. Oh, he, so good. He taps and the ref yep. doesn't see. Why would you do that to this crowd? I know. I know. You Put in the water. You yeah. can't have your underdog face tap to the guy you want to win in the first five minutes you cannot do that fucking awful there's your kiss of death right there like you know Randy gets put in the ankle lock as well he taps that's the spot you do the the chicken shit heel taps himself you know not the up and coming baby face and just remember as well Rey Mysterio they keep saying he's like embodied with the spirit of Eddie Guerrero he's already given up yeah, he's given it. up. He's given up five minutes into this match. He's doing this in Eddie's honor, and he's given up immediately. But the referee's like, not looking. You got me, Eddie. You got yeah. me, Eddie. Yeah. Watching my back. No, oh. no wonder Chavo fucking turned on him. Yeah. You, you know what? There's a way you can do it. If you're fucking so adamant that we're not going to put Ray over as a serious competitor, give him a bit of the Eddie Guerrero kind of charm, where he like, you know, he manages to look out or he manages to cheat a I little know, that's, bit. That's like... JBL's gimmick now. <laughs> 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 You've got me, Eddie. <laughs> Big old boost out for Ray, and Taz is not got it in him to explain this away. Did you no. hear his excuse? Ah, mm. oh, no, Cole. Crowd's kind of on the weird side tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking WrestleMania, man. <laughs> we get the RKO to Kurt. Kurt kicks out. Dude, it's, it's like no wonder people are obsessed with yeah. this guy when he just tapped out both guys and, and kicked yeah. out of the RKO. And RKO was like, that's... that's- it's still... Primo at this yeah, point. That, that isn't put it? down the Undertaker yeah. last year type of a thing. Ray tries to do a cool WrestleMania move, the corner six one nine. Nobody knows. That slippy old post ain't playing any yeah. favors. He, it's the mercifully 
it's so kind of outside the box, literally, you don't really catch it on camera. Yeah. But you literally see the entire front row going like, and you fucked up chance. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna ask you here now, like I can't think of a time like at any point we've done wrestling review and four, like oh six here, where the crowd feel is emboldened to be like, We don't like this. Yes. We can change this. Yep. And I know this would get like way worse with the Raws after WrestleMania and they whatever reason they found a way to cool that off in recent years it's not mm-hmm. the case anymore i think there was a, a minority of fans maybe in their minds and they made they kind of took the fun out of it or whatever is it john cena is it having a guy at the top who everyone is so no not this yeah and now that they're so used to booing him if it's any like trish ray every if you're not on board with them that's it fuck it we're mm. gonna shit all over it i think that's it i think genuinely this this john cena effect that's been happening recently has made people be like hey, we don't like him and we boo him, so why don't we just boo everything we don't like? Because there was but... loads of shit people didn't actually like in the Attitude Era. But you but put no, up with they it. They put up with it, right? Yeah. I don't know, different, maybe more of a hardcore fan? I now. mean, it is Chicago as well. We've got to remember that. that like. Yeah, no, absolutely. Olympic Slam gets reversed. Ray hits the 619 to Kurt and then the West Coast pop to Randy. Ray picks up the win. A very short world title match. Yeah. The crowd do pop, but the close-ups on Ray let you know it's not the moment. We don't get the big zoom-out ticker tape, anything no. like that. No. Get him up the ramp into the arms of the widow. Immediate, That's it. We're immediate done Immediate tears from him. Yeah. Yeah, but, but it's, it's sad, yeah. I think. It, it, it bummed me out. It's morbid. Again, they say, his eyes are full of tears, Taz, and his soul is full of Eddie Guerrero. Shame he tapped those, out then. And with, those big, with this black contact lens is him crying he looks all moist like an axolotl no. he looks like a big fucking lizard thing like yeah Ray in 2022 I think since his return to WWE like a few years back wow like one of my favourite characters proper time machine as well like he compelling looks, he's so good these days feels like physically you know uh, uh, and pacing in his matches whatever it is these days storyline I feel like Ray's not been in a NAF story in years even the NAF ones like losing your eye versus Seth was like Fun. the highlight on a very NAF show yeah. I think him and Lesnar is like a massive people sleep on mm. big time that's one of my f- oh, so good and the stuff he's been doing in the recent year with with Dom, yeah, it's crazy to think that Ray. I mean, I thought maybe I knew appreciation for Ray. Did a how to episode about him. He's had his great run recently. I'll go back and like him all over again now. No, this does suck. It yeah. stinks. It it's, just it's sucks. A, it's, yeah. a, it's a bad angle, and, and it's I, not I, on him entirely. It's no. on other people, I guess. No, it's the, it's the booking. It's yeah. it's not on him at all. I don't think. I think it is entirely booking. And I had it in my head. We talked about his horrible title reign. I was like, oh man, they had something good and they fucking blew it. No, this was no, never it was good. Ne- it was never good. Like literally, they they have doomed this from the start. And apparently, the reaction this match, Kurt said in his podcast recently, was asked about it. It was like you know, everyone was surprised, but not really as, as surprised as Vince McMahon was. Yeah, because I think Vince thought. Yes, they're going to boo in the entrance. Yes, they'll boo in the match. But in his mind, once the one, two, three, and you got the belt and you point up, he thought the fans would accept no. it unanimously. And that's why we got the greatest underdog road they, of all time. And they, <laughs> might have, they might have done if he didn't fucking tap in the first five minutes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So like, you can't weak. have a face underdog tap in the first five minutes and then win the fucking belt. And you doing it for his, the memory yeah, of his yeah, friends. You can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it reveals what you really think of the competitor in question. All right, now we have a little bit here, a little backstage side-by-side. This is something that felt very old-school, very of the Hogan era. You look at the champion, John Cena, getting ready in his locker room, just putting on his fucking runners, looking looking miserable because he knows he's walking. And that's what I love about John. Unlike Roman, when he was being booed, John always was like... I'm going into the fucking mouth of hell. I, yeah. hope, I hope I come out the other side. He knows people hate him. He's not 
He's not blind to that he's fact. Pretending that it's not happening. And you could to Triple H with like a team of guys all yeah. giving him the rub. I love this. I thought JR did a great job up until the end because he starts off being like, hey, I don't like hip hop, but John Cena, he was the first kid in his block to listen to hip hop. He's always been different. March to the beat of his own drum. He's the new school. I'm more the old school, but I admire his passion. And he's like, Triple H has lived a life of privilege. In Greenwich, Connecticut, he's had every training, every every advantage you possibly could have. And I was like, I was getting chills thinking like, yes, you're building the story of the blue blood who just has has everything mm-hmm. handed to him. And then you go at the end, and he's got manicures and pedicures and pedicures. all sorts because he's a big girl. He's some yeah. sort of fancy lad. Yeah. And I was like, you, you had you it. Blew it. You, you fucking blew it. Anyway, here's an evening game match. And all, <laughs> it also gets a bit like desperate, I think, yes. where JR is literally like, I need you to understand, folks, that John Cena's the good guy. The crowd are going to boo him, but you've got to realize it's, he's it's, a goodie. It's not like all these other matches. You know, like over half the card where you boo the, <laughs> the wrong person. It's different here. We actually care about this. They say it's tradition versus hip-hop. <laughs> Do ultimate rivalry, you know. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, it's not even a game match. What am I talking about? It's a Playboy pillow fight. The first ever Playboy pillow fight. As Tori Wilson takes on the new Playboy cover girl, continuing the tradition that has gone on since WrestleMania 20, I believe, mm-hmm. where we had Sable and Tori. Then the last one was Christy Hemme. And this year it is Candice Michelle. She is now the Playboy cover girl. Huh. It's a piece of business that went on all the way to WrestleMania 24 with Maria. I think Ashley is next year. Mm. This is an odyssey on this card. Because mm. it feels so much like we're away from this. And yeah. yet this is a big it's part an- it's of It's another this. jump in the time machine. Yeah. This is to quote Don DeMello, a little something for daddy. <laughs> Bring out the girls. <laughs> oh, we got all types of girls. You want vaccinated, unvaccinated? <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, yeah, I really like Candace Michelle's music. Well, let me show you what love is. Let me show you how to move your body. Because too much love and never hurt nobody. Hey, but love I'll tell that. you what I love more is Tori's little dog that wears a hat. Oh, yeah. Chloe. Here's a great little info, about, a little bit of information. That's her shoe dog. Aww. She's had Chloe all the way since she started wrestling. Even when she was working with the NSA in Big Apple Takedown, she had Chloe. <laughs> like. Yeah, Chloe got a little gun. Didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> she was packing heat. Um, Chloe sadly passed away in 2021. Oh, but that's, that's a that's long a good age. To- for, for a little, little dog. dog. For a little dog 17 like years. Fuck me. Yeah, and there's a great article from like 2019 whenever it was where it's like where are they now with Tori Wilson and Tori has had by all accounts a fucking amazing retirement mm. because she just seems to like live her best life she's married to some fucking super hunk they're both loaded they live in a massive mansion and they just take pictures of themselves by the pool having fun fucking hey. and they they had a little bit with WB.com where are they now with Tori she's living her life having a great time and it's like and Chloe's still here as well oh. and Chloe's kind of retired now and just this little dog is like kind of going Meh. Time for my treats. <laughs> I'm going to sleep now for the rest Aww. of the day. So like literally, the dog got as close to the undying lands ending yeah, from the rings totally. as possible. So a big pop for Chloe, who is probably more vaccinated than Candice. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> I, um, but the, the dog hasn't read the science. The, <laughs> the, uh, with Candice Mah- Michelle's hair this way, I'm getting big Carrie Heffernan vibes <laughs> from King of Queens. Yes, she massively. Looks, she she looks hair. like Leah Romini a bit yeah, as well. I've never yeah, noticed that bit. before. But with the ringlets in her hair, she, I'm getting big Carrie energy. Shit, I'm a Candice fan now. She got that big old WrestleMania hair here. It's meant to be a Playboy pillow fight. I like 
there is legitimately a story here because Candice and Tori have been like friends since they were on SmackDown the year prior and right. they came over to Raw and the idea was was that now that Ashley Mazzaro was here the two of them kind of were like oh we don't like the new girls so we're going to bully you and then they got Victoria who was like a legit badass to mm. basically be their kind of you know their shooter to like so they would like you know dress up in cute outfits and hang on the ring apron and Victoria would beat the shit out of people which is a really great little gimmick for them to have they end kind of muddy the waters a little bit and had it be like they're Vince's personal sexy ladies oh, you're like Charlie's Angels these are Vince's sexy ladies <laughs> And they did the idea that it was Candice was going to be in Playboy and then she thought that immediately because the only story you can tell other than the Mickey one is you're jealous. And the two girls who were jealous of the other girl, well, one of them became jealous of the other girl or at least in her mind, she became jealous and because Candice is in Playboy. So Tori must be jealous even though she was in Playboy twice. Mm, so they're having, a pillow, okay. they're having a pillow fight now. Playboy I mean, pillow I mean, fight. You know what? Bless them for at least having they something have of a story. story. Yeah. yeah. You know, more... usually you wouldn't even bother with that, would yeah. you? So. Yeah, I mean, there's only WrestleMania like in 19. They're literally like, you're the girls who are in the Miller beer commercials. Let's go outside and roll around for a little bit. Fuck and, me. You know, yeah. A grim sign on a hard cam. Tori, keep your dog. I want your cat. Hey, that's me. <laughs> and, and, and actually, when when, when Tori does come out with Chloe, he literally goes Pup, puppies, <laughs> actual puppies, literal puppies. <laughs> he doesn't know whether to shit or wind his watch. Candace Michelle and Tori Wilson roll around. <laughs> Candace gets stripped like pretty much within five yeah. seconds of yeah. this match, and then like because it's so short, the gimmick that she had was she. Reveals the scissors that she has on her. And then she goes over to Tori. What is kind of a scare. Like, whoa, careful there. Yeah, easy. Maybe we know where the lads at ringside had three pairs each in case this one didn't work. And she basically has a go at Tori Wilson with the scissors for around a minute. And then it's like, mm. fuck it. Just rip it off. Yeah. So I, they rip it off. I'd want to stay away from this bed because, you know, it's the same one that still has edges cum stains yeah. on it. He didn't finish, Billy. <laughs> yeah, Ric Flair came in. He bled all over it, though. <laughs> <laughs> same segment. Same segment. Yep. I want to take a backdrop onto a bed. Yeah, it's oh like, hell yeah! I actually I, I got a lot of like good vibes from this because uh, watching this match made me re- think back to like going to people's houses whose beds I didn't care about them yes. being broken. Don't give a fuck about your bed. I was super fly perched sixteen feet high. Hope your bed's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they have a, a like a couple of spots on the bed, and then the vibe of the match is ruined as Jim Ross just goes. Candace looks haggard. What? Yes, she looks haggard. What a thing to say. I know. Why'd you say that? She looks haggard. Ugh. Come on. <laughs> Ugh. Send her back to OVW That's for a few months. shit. Like, she's on Playboy. Don't call her haggard. Weird comment. Surely there's something you've got with Playboy saying, like, you got to put her over as being hot. Like, Surely, like, right? The most beautiful woman in WWE. Playboy aren't going to be happy about that. The magazine is briefly taken out. This obviously was a match that's time was cut and cut and cut again. Uh, yeah, because we, we she goes under the bed for the gimmicks and she yeah, falls out. All sorts. At yeah. first, at first, I thought it was a dildo, but it was the shillelagh. It, she, that was a little gag like, uh, I thought just, Hornswoggle was definitely coming out Saints like. Row dildo yeah like literally I thought like. that was a, it was a dildo it was only when we were on the outside in a second but I was like oh it's actually the shillelagh but she goes for the magazine oh, she gets a dog's arse in her face I know yeah, not, not a nice spot today. although I think Chloe much like Rikishi cleaned up for you don't worry be all nice I know, but, know, now baby powder. Can, but now I know that Candice is against Vax she's definitely going to get worms oh for sure <laughs> for sure <laughs> 
sorry, I've just realised I'm on fucking magazine watch duties here. I haven't even got Candice's cover here. Oh, oh, gotta go read Playboy, guys. Be back uh, in yeah, it's, it's for the podcast. It's, uh, Ali, I just ordered it off eBay for the show. Like. <laughs> Come on, guys, just because my face is burnt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. WWE. Oh, Jesus, no, that is just a nude photo. WWE's. Adam Bibolo! WWE's Candylicious Challenger. Candice Michelle, out of the ring, out of her clothes. Outrageous. Outrageous lack of immunity, if I'm saying like. And then also, interview with Keanu Reeves, The Enigma Speaks. Oh, wow. Ooh, ooh, first time ever. All that in one magazine. Look at SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, that, that wasn't worth looking at. <laughs> yeah, I feel this is uh, feeling the victim of time cuts and also there being another magazine that's using a great gimmick earlier. Yeah. When you have Vincent Man being smashed with his magazine and Candace having her face briefly rubbed with her magazine. Nah. Didn't really do it. Tori does the quick roll-up and Jero's like, well, folks, that was bad. See you next time. You literally. Yeah, he couldn't get out of him quick enough. Bowling shoe, $2 steak. I hate this. <laughs> Adam, it's only going to get worse. Oh, oh yeah. dude, I know. Trust oh, yeah. me, I'm well aware of what's to come. Uh, the, the women in this match will get their just desserts at a later date. Ugh. Press conference recap. I was really, really annoyed I couldn't find this online. I, I love the rest of my press conferences. Triple H being like, lol, this will be easy. I love you to completely no-selling it entirely. Yes. They, this is unbefitting of a WrestleMania main event. I need a package to tell us a story. Yeah. There isn't a story yeah. here. It's Triple H wants that belt. Yeah. That is not befitting of a WrestleMania main event. The idea of it is that Triple H is like, come on, like the guy who pumps up his fucking Nikes, he's been champion. The only reason he's been champion is because I've been taking care of business earlier this year. You know, him and Rick had their fucking blood feud or whatever. He's like, my eyes weren't on the prize. Now they are, and I'm going to take it. It's very hard to take John Cena seriously when you have a guy in a suit at the press conference being like, I'm taking this fucking seriously. I'm going to beat him. And then here's a guy in a baseball cap and a t-shirt and jorts. And like, no, nobody likes me, but I'm going to do my best. It's really hard to buy into him at all. I feel like a video package could have done this justice. But I still still feel like just on its own right, you know, this is one of these things where they they had to explain so much why the crowd's going to react this way. That like if you did a video package at this point it was going to be overkill. Yeah. Either you tell us why in the video package or you tell us why throughout the night. But as it stands, they've mentioned this shit like twenty times. It feels like already. Mm. But you know, double theme entrance for Triple H. Oh, he gets both bites of the a, cherry. He's a big deal, guys. Yeah. I don't know. He's he's now known as the Monarch of the Mat and the King of Kings. There's something about him on that big wobbly chair coming up that makes me laugh. Maybe seeing that big wobbly chair is about Cody Rhodes making kind of go. Hmm, it doesn't seem sturdy. I think I could symbolically destroy this at one point. It's not the wobbly chair. It's not the crown. It's not the fur. It's is not it, the sledgehammer. It's, it's the, the little, little bottle. It's the little bottle. Plastic yeah. water you've bottle. Got, you've got swords and a big stone sledgehammer. Yeah. yeah. That looks like Flint the Time Detective's dad. <laughs> and, and you've got a little water bottle. It's Give him like, a goblet for fuck's yeah. sake. Can't I you know? just use a goblet for one time? I want to be Conan so bad. I oh, really does. Maybe if I dress like... This is him. Like This is his vision board come to life yes. right here is what it is. He also has special Iron Cross laden entrance gear as well. It's his favourite. Thank you to the person who reached out to me with a three-page essay on why it's okay to still use the Iron Cross. Not though. It's not, is it? Nah, uh, you know. and, and it which began with a, yes, everything you said is true, although... <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking... He's laden in them. Yeah. He's, like, he's not Triple H, he's Triple Iron Cross. Yeah. I think he thinks it's a H. <laughs> <laughs> like, I genuinely think he does. <laughs> Yeah, you know, this is like kind of what the, you know, the SS used to use as a H back in the day, you know? <laughs> John Cena has a special gangster entrance, and I am not sure this was the right mode to go with Chicago. 
I had no, I, I, I could not remember this. Really? The little documentary about the, the mob and the yeah. depression. I was I just like, Al what the fuck is going on here? With the proper sort of old timey voice yeah. like this. I'm kind of talking about a lengthy period of time where no one got what they wanted and people had to rise up together in an I'm, underground movement. It's not what the people of Chicago needed to hear before John Cena yeah. made a fence. No. Probably, you emboldened them. I'm yeah. properly glamorizing the mafia as well. Yeah. <laughs> talking about them taking a stand like they're heroes. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you, the only, only right way to do a mafia-themed entrance is that if we have someone maybe main event at a WrestleMania in New Jersey, you do the Sopranos entrance. Oh, yes. And then... Have them driving. All the way through. Walk this morning! <laughs> and come out, the minivan comes out, and you come out of there. You got a big Gandalfini-looking motherfucker in the front seat. Still <laughs> back the cigar. Oh, yes, there yeah. we go. Perfect. <laughs> I, I, I've heard a lot about this entrance, because it's obviously CM Punk's first appearance on yeah. WWE TV. Most of OVW. I think Rob Conway is there. Yeah, well. a lot, a lot of little cameos there. I heard a lot about it, and I was like, you know, oh, probably one of those high-production, cool entrances. <laughs> it's so silly. It I like, like it, though. It feels like you've been to a theme park, and it's like, oh, quick, 2pm, they're putting on the Mafia <laughs> show. <laughs> we, can have, we can have our lunch while we watch that. It's the like, Blackpool Mafia. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all the plastic Tommy guns. I, I really enjoyed it though. Oh, it's too, it does. I enjoyed it no for favors. the wrong reasons. And like, I was waiting there, like, I think I'm gonna shoot him or like, what's the? Like, yeah, seriously, I, what's they the surrounded point? the ring. And like. then Cena, Cena turning up and firing a Tommy gun. <laughs> he fires as, it. And it's actually you see that you see the blanks, <laughs> yeah. you see the blanks in the cartridges, and yeah. like, I, I think he's a face. It's meant to be uh, cool. They think, yeah, that's they think, it. They think there's an idea. This will get cheers. That's it. There's an idea in the back where it's like, love him or hate him, the fans will respond to something that's cool. Guns. What's cool? Oh. Guns and the mafia. Yeah. yeah. You know? And they think they think it's it's a, it's a slam dunk and it's but not. I don't think the people of Chicago are that fickle. No. Exactly. Definitely not. They greatly underestimate If them. anything, it's insulting to them that they're trying to they're win trying them to, over Yeah, trying to win you over by... thing if he was from Chicago. He's not. You know? But it's like it's it's a naff it's a naff entrance. Yeah, you know, Cena had a lot of better ones. Mm. I can't remember at this time how, how what was his response like when he was in like Boston or other parts of Massachusetts. Oh, he still get booed. He still get booed. It was unanimous everywhere. Yeah. And we're not even at the point as well where I'd say that you get the let's go see the Cena sucks. I feel right. like it's no, that's years. That's yeah, that's, that's 2008, 2009. The, you would see in Raw at this point when he shows up, and the, you can see like when they cut to the crowd, the kids literally being too scared to say anything Damn. because they're trying to say they in their mind still it's like. It's hip hop versus tradition. It's old footy duty fans, and then like you know the young, the eighteen to twenty four, they love John. Yeah. But it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. And it's kids younger it's than kids. that. It's yeah. kids, and it takes them going away from TV fourteen to realize all along. Oh God, the most of the people who like John aren't eighteen plus. Yeah. They're all the kids. children. Yeah. But they're never going to embrace kids when we're having a show that's, that's like, TV fourteen. Yeah. So John's kind of a guy without an audience at the moment because they feel scared. For him. when I was fourteen, I wasn't like I wasn't into John Cena, but mm. I didn't like I didn't. I wasn't one of the the haters You'd either. Hate him. I, I, I was. was it was hater, because yeah. he was because he was in the main event all the time. Mm. What I'd simply do was not watch the main event. Yeah, that's fair. That's just what Turn I'm doing. It's, it's not what I want to see. Easy. But like, it just becomes so apparent in like later years, and like when we would when we would go watch stuff like that we time and we and stuff, when yeah. we stuff we covered in season two when we'd hear grown ass men fucking yelling and screaming yeah. and then you see and that not, line and not as well because it's like kind of oh I'm going to get into it it's like yeah. you're genuinely furious and, and you're angry and, and, yeah. angry, and like. then to hear it like in a live show where the where the people shouting let's go Cena 
their voices are so much fucking higher yeah because they're children yeah. and it's, it's it's grown adults so yep. oh this will teach those fucking children like, i know it's 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 so uncalled for uh yeah I, i'll never forget when i was at the hall of fame at wrestlemania 25 oh. and when cena showed up and like because the lad i i went to wrestlemania with like you know I'd go around his house, we'd watch the pay-per-views, and we'd watch the Cena main events, and we'd be like, fuck this, fuck's sake, fuck yep. this. You know, the type, the real university reaction, we all sat around drunk, going, how can we sort out Scientology? I fucking hate it. Like, <laughs> I fucking hate it, like, you know? I want to fucking change the world. And, like, John just appeared. You know, everyone was filing in, and John appeared, and we went, Aah! like, because you're just gut instinct. And, like, yeah. these 40, 50-year-old people turned around and go, guys, it's not the place. And we were like... Oh god! Felt like I was glad I had a beard and hair as big as I did because you couldn't see how red I was. Yeah, and it's like I don't think anyone in their right mind should let a wrestling show affect them that much. Yeah, yeah. Oh, open yourself up. Wrestling. Be, oh, it's wrestling, but it shouldn't it. make you upset. It should make you go, oh, and you know, go on the thrill ride. Let yourself be emotionally invested in the characters in the moment, but don't start thinking fucking. This guy is emblematic of yeah. the downward decline of wrestling. Yeah. No! Em- embrace the re- wrestling pizza chef only to immediately find out he's anti-vax. Uh, Come on! No, Luigi Primo. <laughs> no, he's fucking Waluigi Primo. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously. I got a polio. <laughs> <laughs> he wa- he was You'll on- be tossing that dough much longer. He was on right. top for three fucking days. You blew it. Fucking <laughs> blew it. <laughs> we found the one way to turn him heel. Like, you know. Triple H is so orange here I wrote there careful Stone Cold Steve Austin will hunt you (laughs) he's got form here it's funny seeing Mr. Reign of Terror being embraced by the audience that would would have if they had fucking YouTube if there was any other opponent I know and that's what's so funny I think Triple H is like the only guy in on the joke here because he keeps turning the crowd and be like you fucking idiots that's the thing about this match I love the most is Triple H is he doesn't feel like he's like oh the crowd are cheering for me yay he's like this is so easy. Yeah. Isn't it easy, folks? You know. I got him right where I want him. Like. That's, and he kind of outschools John, but the crowd, it doesn't get, it gets, it makes him big headed in a way that you don't think Triple H normally would. And he tells that story very, very well. There are many, many attempts that John makes in the match to show that he's improving, and every single one of them gets shit on. Mm-hmm. The You Can't Wrestle chant almost always came after a cool new move John was brushing mm. out. Yeah. Look at Fishman, boo! Don't even try! Yeah, and I, you know what? It's a lot to be said for the man who kept trying in spite of never getting any positive feedback. Yeah. And then we were all sitting around in 2016 be like, whoa, he's one of the greatest of all time. How did that happen? Because mm. he never fucking stopped. Hustle, yeah. loyalty, spec. <laughs> no, he, he, never, he, he never stopped learning he never rested on his laurels i guess no. like yeah. i think the one thing that is here that he he got rid of later on that was the one scene of trope that i think still stinks to this day which is the baddie triple h holding 80 percent of the match and then john cena you know oh, the lol cena wins yeah, yeah he comes cena. out right at the end yeah. you know although they do have their rest holes and there is the moment well where triple h just no sells that you can't see me and gets up and gives him a move anyway mm. which was a little indulgent for the monarch mm. of the match if i do say how do you think of the, the, the boo-yay punches? Is that a valid, valid form of, uh, of wrestling? Because I feel like it's like every main event we're going to have in this season is going to have that in spades. I mean, I like everyone likes a good boo-yay spot. Yeah. 
main event of WrestleMania. It's a bit house showy, I yeah. think, for what is meant to be the match of the night. JR literally saying to ignore the crowd as we're going. <laughs> ignore them. Yeah, they'll go away after the after the event <laughs> is over. The ultimate ref bump. He gets low blowed by Triple H. Yeah. <laughs> And that's when Triple H busts out two important elements of his character. He gets out the hammer, never named, too cool, mm-hmm. and also he's a socket. Yes. Which pops this crowd mighty. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, never mind big time, his sledgehammer. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, baby. Yes. Cena gets bonked with the hammer. No referee. The fans are furious that his shitty fucking sledgehammer shot isn't the end of WrestleMania. Yeah. Can you imagine? I'd be happy with that. Like, you wouldn't mind as well. There's no ref. The fans are furious. But, like, there is a pop for Cena kicking out, admittedly. But when they pan across the audience, there's people fucking shaking each other, having mm. full-blown arguments. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. screaming at each other yeah. at the top of their lungs. It's amazing. Imagine if there was Twitter properly back here. Oh, seriously. Mm. My God. We get the FU, a kick out from Triple H. The pedigree is reversed into the STFU. Oof. John Cena picks up the win, even though Triple H gets the three hands coming down. Face turning coming for the mon- monarch mm, of the bat. Absolutely. He gets put over huge, but Cena ekes out his victory. And again, much like Ray, even though we're in the midst of our giant leap forwards, it feels like the crowd aren't on board no. with no. our designated choices. They liked the idea of that Batista guy earlier. Yeah. But as it stands, the new is not what the fans want. Nope. I, I, I think it's got to do with, because we saw the same thing with Roman. It's the the idea of a chosen one. Mm. It's the, We the should idea. choose them, not you. Yeah. Like. Because, Austin, Austin was a chosen one. Yeah, but the fans chose him. Austin, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Austin, you know, they, they reacted to what he was doing to make Vince go, you know what? That's it. Cena was picked. But I feel like I could take anyone, like, I could take Roman Reigns, but like, you're all fucking cheering for him when he's doing cool shit in the Shield. Or I could take John Cena, go to WrestleMania 20. You're all fucking cheering for him when he's doing rapping and doing yeah, stuff like that. Big was words. it too much? I, 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 I think it's because they, they made the same mistake with Cena and Roman, which is the lol Cena wins, yeah. lol yeah. Roman wins. It shows you actually that the mechanics of the match are a lot more important mm. to people getting it over. Is. I don't know if they think that that works, especially in the later years of John, because kids are so into those characters. Yeah. But they th- that they don't think that kids can understand a story more com- com- complex than yes. Goody beats the baddie. Yeah. Or yeah. notice the pattern of lol Cena wins yeah. or anything like that. Because yeah. kids don't, you know, I never noticed the fucking New Age Outlaws pattern until yeah. you pointed it out. Like, <laughs> you don't clock so, those kinds so of things. So that's why I think it is, is just sort of like, it's the the older wrestling fans feel like younger people are being pandered to and they're being talked down to yeah they don't like that particularly i think that's the problem you've got this show that is i mean you want to talk adishera mode Mm. we've had more blood more weapon shots more more gimmick matches more sexy storylines you know more salacious stuff with you know fucking talking shit about god and all that like compare this to WrestleMania 15 15 seems like a day of church compared to this and that was the raging climax and that was the raging climax with Vince Russo at the helm Mm -hmm. so that was something I was interested in this season always was like I think they're going harder on that than they were back in those days and you know the story will become a few years later like oh the attitude here was this time we went kind of a bit too far but then we cleaned up our act it's like no it went too far you 
kind of tried to clean up your act, then the ratings went shit, then you tried to make it twice as dirty. Yes. <laughs> it's super salacious. But it makes for a fucking banging WrestleMania, lads. I mean, oh, this yeah. one, other than 17, I think this is my favourite WrestleMania. Close, thir- close joint thirds, 21 and 30 together, I think. Mm. But this is a banging show. Yeah. A really good show, I think. Not perfect. A lot of issues with it. No. How did you get on with that? I'm interested to know. It's your first full-time you've, you've viewed WrestleMania 22, yes? yes? Never. Seen, in fact, I'm pretty sure that over the years we've known each other, at various points, both of you have been like, oh, do you want to watch WrestleMania 22 tonight? <laughs> or, you know, yeah. just for fun. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And I've always turned it down. And now finally, finally seeing it, after all the hyping up you've done, it definitely met that hype. Mm. I wouldn't say it exceeded it or anything. I don't think I quite agree with you that it's like up the tippity-top echelon of WrestleMania's for me. But it was a very, very good show. Considering that we've had a lot of bad luck on this podcast with WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Know, right? Very, very few good ones. If you want a good WrestleMania, don't typically go to the Attitude no, Era. No, don't. Stay away. Like. But this was really, really fucking good. And it breezed by. I watched it all in one go. For four hours. Yeah. 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 Very easy to watch WrestleMania. How'd you get on with this one, Billy? How'd the nostalgia hold up for you? I enjoyed it a lot. There were some matches I remember enjoying more in the past but we've added new context not yeah. so much I, I remember because Benoit was one of my guys yeah. at this time so I, I, I was very invested in that match when I was 14 felt weird now and it's it, and it yeah. like that, we said like we said during age. it like this is the first time that it felt weird watching Benoit yeah because yeah, of where not, it is yeah it's it, like when we're watching him in season one you know, it, it there's just, enough distance. He's a different guy. Yeah, or, you know, or even your mind, invasion. Yeah. There's like, you know, we can we can divorce it in our minds. Mm. This is I don't know. I Too just felt weird, I felt weird watching it. I get you. Yeah, um, you're sandwiched, yeah. aren't you? you know, yeah, between, between one, two tragedies. Two tragedies. The, yeah. you know? the triple threat on paper. I could barely remember the match, but I remembered that I, I knew that Ray would win it mm. based on where we where we were going. And I feel and as on well pa- as in, on is, paper like, that could that could be match of the night. Because mm. I think, like, you know, even though it's very dispiriting for Ray and not the right choice, and da da da, it's still a fucking banging quick match. Oh, it's a nice, know? fast triple threat yeah. match, yeah. But it could have been so much more. It could, with those three talents. Yeah. Well, yeah. well it's no good a time as eight to ask you guys your match of the night and MVP then. Adam, I'll go with you first. This is fucking hard. This is There's, tough. There's going to be a couple special hard. mentions, I suspect. Yeah, genuinely. Very this, this is very tough because the, the match quality on the whole was very high. I would say towards the end of the show is where it started to tail off a little bit, got a little bit weaker and weaker. Yeah, I think the Playboy I mean, pillow fight with no pillows and that main event. That main mm. event was the drizzling shit. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. yeah I, we didn't actually yeah. say I don't think, but I thought our main event was crap. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. a very standard, boring match. I felt like I, I've watched that match on its own, like, as kind of like, you know, I remember showing that to Joe as a kind of example from, from you know, why... John, or how John would get reactions a certain way mm. but when you're at the end of a show with Four that, hours. With that yeah. crowd yeah. it's not it's on its own maybe but the, as an end of a show it's, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't and, work and again Adam it's going to get worse because they're going to put him against Sabu in a couple of months I know and I it's, it's going to only get worse in terms of what reaction you're going to get Sabu on the fucking podcast I tell you what though the match quality was so high I'm actually very excited for the rest of season 5 I'm we're going to get some we great go. matches we're, we're going to have some amazing highs and unbelievable lows. I can't fucking wait. Well, give me one of your high okay. give me a match, match for this night. Match of the night is going to be... Uh, oh, man. Edge and Mick. Mm. I'm going to say Edge and Mick. I could give it to easily to the Money in the Bank match. I could easily give it to Sean and Vince, genuinely. But I'm going to say Edge and Mick. Even though I've seen it a couple times before, I was just 
I've never ceased to be stunned by it. Like, yeah. not just the spots and the wrestling, but the acting in that match yeah. is next level. And probably because a lot of it isn't acting. Yeah, like, I know, right? Suffering, like. But that is definitely it. And for me, it's going to be Edge for MVP as well, because I've never been sold on Edge as a singles guy. I've missed out his entire singles Ooh, run pretty you're much. You're not going to get all of it here, but I you'll know, get glimpses. I know. Rated sure. R is what you want to yeah, what you need so to I say. Hear. Yeah. But yeah. this was like tippity-top tier storytelling and emoting from Edge. Special, special honorable mention to Ric Flair because he <laughs> legitimately blew my mind. Yeah. I expected fuck all from him and he delivered two death-defying bumps. Yeah. Billy, match of the night, MVP, what are you thinking? Match of the night, special mention to the ladder match and then actual match of the night I want to give to Vince and Sean. As, as, as much as I enjoy Mick and Edge, I do, uh, like I said, I, I do think it is... A step down for Edge. Edge deserves more from a WrestleMania. In terms of this. positioning. In terms yeah. of position. Yeah. Because I, I fucking loved Edge. MVP, I'm gonna give it to. We've got all these. We've got all these new people. Got all these new players in the show. Yeah. yeah fucking Eugene. It's yeah. given to Mick Foley. Hey. Uh, you nice. Know, an old, an old player. He. I know it's another match he shits on. He's, he was great I mean, here. I should say he shit on his match in his memoirs in 2006. Yes. Yes. Who knows Maybe. if that's still yeah. the case yeah. now, you um, know? He's still got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, and we are going to... Yeah. We're going to see a, a lot of Fuck Mick yeah. this season, and we're going to see him continue to have it. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> that is very exciting. Well, God. But, but I mean, before you even say your match of the night MVP, I don't think you actually said. How did the pay per view hold up for you? Does it, does it still meet your nostalgia and your oh, yeah. love of it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this, this for me is like a comfort food WrestleMania. Yeah. Okay. I, think, it's, I think it's still my second favorite. Yeah. Okay, I, I nice. feel like this is a match where like there's there's so many different things I like in it. And there's so many different aspects of the wrestling business all in one show. That's a good point. Variety is yeah. a massive benefit of this show. They give yeah. you everything. They're, they're like... dual-wielding hardcore spectaculars with you know genuine silly shit. Yes. You know, and also some really good technical wrestling. A lot of people who are getting their run in the sun who I felt never mm. got it. You know, it like it makes me feel so good to see, you know Rob Van Dam win a, win a match like this. Yeah, I feel like when Rob Van Dam wins this Money in the Bank, it's like you know with, with the the Cena Punk Money in the Bank when Brian won the Money in the Bank and that that yes. one. It feels like yes, we all knew he should have had this ages ago, and he has it, even though Money in the Bank's only been around for two years. So definitely still holds up for me. Yeah, match of the night, I'd be I'd be tortured to try and pick between like three of them. You know, the mm. the, the ladder match is incredible. Edge and Foley is amazing, and I think I'd gotta buy a scooch. By a scooch, it's got to be AAA. It's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> By a scooch, it's got to be Shawn Michaels and Vince yeah. McMahon. Again, like this show has got so much about it that's like there's these different elements, different aspects of it that I love. But like even within this match, it feels like this match in of itself is like an onion of layers. Mm, absolutely. You got Shawn Michaels. Can he still go? Can Shawn Michaels bring out a nine? A, you know. An incredible WrestleMania performance from literally the least equipped person yep. ever mm. to do it. Can you overcome the shadow of Bret Hart that you idiots yourselves have created? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, can you just, can you have a match that has got blood and gore and weapon shots and you know spectacle? Yeah. Like half an hour after it, yeah. probably the arguably the best of that example that WWE has ever done mm -hmm. on the Big Show. Yes, you can, and I feel like this this match speaks so highly of Shawn Michaels and speaks so highly yeah. of. Whatever you want to call it, you know, Chris Chris Hero called you know American style wrestling being like the passion play. It's about morality. Yeah, that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are moves. Yes, there's the catches, catch can, all that. 
But this was ultimately a very pure evil versus good. Absolutely. And I always hope when the good guy has to get a little bit evil, mm. you know, go back to that dirty old well and the heartwarming aspect of Sean be like, I'm still me. I'm not, you know, I've not come out the other side as a horrible no, person. You've got to touch the darkness to see the light. Yeah, there's kind of like, there's an aura around this match and a kind of a, if your understanding of wrestling goes beyond just what's happening in the ring, there's a lot more enjoyment to be had here. But let me tell you, I wasn't prepared for how great it was to see Vince McMahon get the shit kicked out of him mm, monumentally. Yeah. I mean, it's always fun, but now more than ever. Oh, yeah. Cathartic. That's an extra spicy layer of meatball. And on that, I, I went back and forth arguing about it, but I really think it was one of his best nights, even though there were elements of it that were genuinely shit. I thought I'd give Jim Ross the old MVP here. Hey. Because this man literally got his job back. It's yeah. meant to be one night mm. only, and then he's back next month at Backlash, and then he's back on Raw. Fucking A. The man literally with one performance got his job back. And he's been in that position before on Raw, you know, on, on Raw and on pay-per-view, and it's not coming through. But there's something here, and it was special, and it was the black tar heroine, black hat Jim Ross. It was. Absolutely. Mm. Thanks everyone for listening along to this episode. The debut of season number five will be coming at you next with Backlash. Yeah. Backlash going to be in the house. We got a little bit of God coming with this very, very Yes, yes baby. Uh, yeah, things are going to get a whole hell of a lot sillier very, very quickly. Sillier, more extreme, more bananas, more drama. Going to be trying to watch along with the Raws myself. We'll have posts on the Patreon page if you're watching along with us and this stuff you want to hear us covered or little behind the scenes bits or memories of seeing it live or watching yeah. it. Thanks for everyone who helped out and pitched in. It helps us, if anything, set the scene of where you guys are at with this. And there's a lot of nostalgia with you coming into a this lot. one. Yeah. So we'll have to try and handle with kid gloves. Yeah? yeah, this might be the first time I watched the Raws along. Ooh. Just to experience I mean, it, it is again. your fucking my, period here, Billy. Time, I mean, but I was more a SmackDown. But now you but get to finally see what was happening. I guess see, I mean, the I, flagship, Billy. Yeah, I guess see the <laughs> flagship. And as always, if you're listening on SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast and your audio, don't forget to leave us an old rating or review. It helps us out absolutely massively. And the greatest thing you can always do is recommend us to a friend or someone you see on the web looking for a podcast recommendation. Catch us on socials. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash podcast, where you can see loads of videos. We've got some previews from Patreon content. We've got some clips from classic episodes and clips from current ones. And you can follow us over on Twitter at podcast for some more casual goofs and tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Ran out of steam there, buddy. Tweets. It's been a long recording. This podcast is 100% fan listener supported. And as always, you get access to hundreds of hours of content over on the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash AE podcast, Smackdown crawl, book reports, video episodes, all this much, much more for as little as $5 a month. There are also commentary tracks and Q&As available for higher tiers. Whenever you want to back out, you can stop backing us. The reason we don't have ads every two seconds is that we want to be fan supported. And that's because of our amazing backers over at Patreon.com forward slash a podcast you want to give us a ruffle on the head and say thanks for the episode you can do it there or you want to be selfish and get all that audio for yourself you can do that as well both types are valid at patreon.com forward slash a podcast and thanks for our lovely backers for seeing us through to another season yeah. touchwood no more pandemic please i'm on my way i'm botching it stuff things Botchamania.com. 
stuff things. <laughs> stuff things. Well, we've got a lot of nostalgia to unpack. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll see you at Backlash as season five continues. Until then, it's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. And we'll catch you next time on the Adam Shira Podcast. <laughs>